me, Damien? It's all for you. This is blackmail that come out say What is it that you're trying to say? His mother was a Yes, yes, John's going down right now. Episode 181 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the king of Skype and the 85 top 10 lists. And of course, still the toxic offender, offending more and more people every day, a.k.a. Moods. Yeah. And of course, I have my mini Mexican swinging off my jock tonight, Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP. And welcoming back to the show, JP's complete better half and the girl that almost got as shit-faced on last week's show as I did, the cool killer, a.k.a. Carly. And finally, back in the house, if he's awake, the man that has been confirmed to have narcolepsy, but only during my dub-dub-dub reviews, the Sacktown Snore, a.k.a. Mike Merriman. What's going on, motherfuckers? Yeah. What up? What's up? I think I pissed off yeah. everybody with that one. That was amazing. I like how my, my <laughs> I don't know intro what to keeps say. growing every time. Well, actually, it was a compliment to, to Carly about the Cooter Killer because Jeremy's name in one of the chats is the Cooter Killer. And I was, yeah. She likes to shut I him made, down. Yeah. I made Ew. that his name. He's the one who made JP the uh, Jizz Mopper. So I thought. Oh, that makes you know sense. What? Yeah. That makes but, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on, guys? Well, uh, we officially have moved on from 1985. We're moving on forward to the 90s. I feel I feel pretty good about that. I, it's it's been. I think we posted that 96 show in 2016, 15 or 16 or something like that. Oh, it's been yeah, it's been a long 16. Time. Yeah, 
yeah such a long time so it's pretty fun to do that i'm i I was very happy with how the 85 show turned out it was a beast a mammoth of an episode and uh it was a good time i'm sure people are probably a lot of people listening to this are probably still working their way through that um but if you have finished that you know just want to throw this out there we have recorded our 25 through 11 video version uh that will be on the patreon by the time you hear this it will already be there so check that out um and if you you know aren't on the patreon if you join you can check it out um it only costs one dollar uh, which is pretty good price, I think. Uh, so yeah, check that out. And uh, I just wanted to let everybody know about that in case they have forgot because that other episode was so long. <laughs> and uh, also, man, my fi- like that somebody dropped a comment on that YouTube video uh, that you put out for the episode moods, and they're like they time stamped where you're completely gone. <laughs> <laughs> and you click it and, and I'm like, all right, so let's go. And you're like, I'm fucking done. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> all the comments are about who was drunk. The other one's like about Derek well, being the wasted one thing the whole was time. Really funny because they said that guy's really wasted. And Moods, yeah. of course, thought he was talking about him, as did I, because, you know, we well, knew Moods was wasted. But the guy yeah. hadn't even got to that part yet where he thought Derek was wasted earlier. Well, when show. he said, no, it was it was the guy in the background. And I was like, well, I know it wasn't JP and Jeremy doesn't drink and Dave doesn't drink. So I'm like, it had to have been Derek. I didn't realize Derek was like shotgunning beers in the intro. <laughs> so I didn't even realize he was really drunk. I couldn't even tell the difference, but I guess. Yeah, I didn't that. realize. Oh, no, I noticed he was definitely a little tipsy like at some point but yeah man that was fucking funny as shit dude like (laughs) moods went from like completely fine to blasted in like the course of one one uh number of our of our top 10 oh, dude, yeah, I drank so, so much. it goes from zero to 100 it's the best that's what happens when you drink <clears throat> vo- fucking that much vodka i guess huh? yeah dude it just fucking it just hammered me like literally just fucking just <laughs> took me right out i was like whoa man i even i was like i knew it too and i was like oh man i'm fucking i'm fucking blasted but at least it was towards the end of the show and it, i mean i listened back and i was like oh my god i sound so shit faced this is so bad but at least i made it through without me being a complete jackass Shit, so. no it was it was funny like fine it, it wasn't like obnoxious yeah. yeah it was just funny um i still think the worst i've ever seen you was at the on that live stream we did <laughs> that was i, re- I replayed that a lot when i need oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah the live, oh that's the product literally drank i think i drank 18 beers but i didn't eat before i like literally <laughs> like yeah that's the product of empty stomach and way too much shock top man that was bad and, you know, like I said before, in my defense, like, I can't figure out the Google Hangout thing sober. So, and in that state, yeah, that's what happens. That was, it, it actually is pretty funny. It was, pretty Dude, funny. It was so funny. So bad. I'm, like, staring at the screen. I'm, like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is on YouTube. So bad. <laughs> Just so bad. It's great, though. It's great. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was a good episode. I mean, that, I mean, that was the product of, you know, drinking for eight straight hours. You know, the show oh, ended up being yeah. six and a half hours, but we were drinking, you know, from the start and. You know, I mean, it happens. We had fun. The show turned out good. So, again, you know, check out that and check out the extended list video. That's just uh, me, JP, and Dave 
uh, were the ones that did the video. So um, yeah, but it's video, which is cool because we've never done video before. Yeah, and I think we might have just started a new thing too because I think when uh, we do the top ten in nineteen ninety one, which happens to be JP's birthday year, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll do the top ten as usual, and then I think we'll try to incorporate it. Whoever wants to jump on the video version for the extended list, we'll put that on the Patreon too. So, and I think we're gonna try and flip this a little bit quicker because this show I thought was about a year apart, but it was actually only about nine ten months. It was actually closer together than I thought it was um, from the the previous show, which was what was the last seventy two was the last yep yeah okay 72. so seven so seventy two to uh, to eighty five so we're going into ninety one I think we're gonna try and shoot for maybe like August prep for maybe like three months hard on this and then get it done mm-hmm. before we get back into you know full blown twenty two shots because we're not really too sure because yeah. we're still in the quarantine right now and you know obviously. You know, usually we take the breaks in the summertime because I'm busy every weekend, but with the future not for sure, I don't know what's going to happen. So we're just going to continue doing shows until things start opening up where I can go camping and stuff. But as of now, we got a lot of shows planned and, um, yeah, we do plan to flip that one in three, four months, though, which will be fun because, you know, I'm already enjoying the prep, even though some of the most of the movies I've watched so far have been shit. But, you know, I mean, there's some good ones from 91. So, Yeah. You guys excited? Yeah. Are you excited, Carly, about the 90s? I don't really remember at that point what people said about <laughs> the 90s. Um, at first, I was like, oh, I don't know. But I- I'm kind of excited because there's a lot of movies I have not seen from that year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with 85, it was kind of obvious who would be on the list with this one. I don't really know besides, like, probably two movies. And then there's, like, two other movies that are, like, some people don't even consider them horror, really. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited to kind of dig in looking at the list of stuff. I just, um, like, you know, I think it'll be interesting. I was absolutely flabbergasted. Like, you know, I looked at uh, the list and I was like, okay, because I'm thinking 91, you know, there's probably not that many films and stuff. There actually is a shitload of films from 91 Mm -hmm. that are available. There's a lot that are on media. You know, I started going through the collection. I started getting a little bit off. You know, I I started adding things like Ernest Scared Stupid and the Adams Family and, you know, Sounds of the Lambs, which is always an, you know, of, there's always an argument for well, that, that one. That's going to be the, there's two. Yeah. The other one's Cape fear. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Cape think fear, the exactly. two most popular fear, films yeah. of 91 are Cape fear and Sons of the lambs, the two best considered best films, mm-hmm. but they're also the two that some people might not consider horror. So it's interesting for one, it'll be interesting to see if all of the hosts count those. And then two, uh, you know, It'll be interesting to see everything else after that, if or if they're not counted, everything, the whole entire list. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, 85 had a good solid nine or ten films that you thought were going to be on multiple lists for a 100% sure. Mm-hmm. 91, mm-hmm. there are like, you know, that those two films and then maybe like one or two others that are probably going to make everybody's list or close to everybody's. But after that, it's like it could be anything yeah there's a big toss-up on films for sure and there's such a big quality dip too right i mean you got films from like west craven here and you know things like that all the way down to like some terrible terrible shot on video but the the major thing about 91 is um there's a lot of sequels a lot of franchise franchise sequels you know we got critters sequels we got nightmare on elm street we got howling you know scandals. silent night deadly night you know, they're Bound like part fives night. and part six and they're the too. and they're the higher weaker sequels <laughs> yeah. too so that's kind of the weird thing about this year it's just prom night four like some of the worst ones right like basket case three silent night deadly night five you know like 
there's tons and tons of sequels, which is, yeah. you know, for Howling my six, there's a number six for damn it. For my OCD, well, yeah, it's yeah. tough, you know, because I'm one of those people that likes to watch the movies leading up to the sequels and stuff. But the thing is, it, the irony is a lot of these films don't even matter. You can watch them as individual sequels because they really don't have a lot of continuity within the franchise, which is kind of a good thing. Unlike Bas- Basket Case 3, I guess, kind of does a little bit. But yeah, well, Basket Case 3 is like one that's weird because like it's a damn direct continuation of Bass Case 2 yeah, that was shot back yeah, to back. Yeah. See, like, Prom Night 4 kind of sticks on its own and shit, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I was shocked, though. I was I was making up my list, and I, I was like, damn, man, I own, like, close to 70 movies from 91. I was like, damn, that's a lot of other movies. Crazy. So it was good I that, I you know, I don't really have to go and search on line for digital copies youtube Tubi, fucking all that type of shit and stuff so you know it, it's fun it's fun i'm you know looking at the list right now i'm like yeah there's a lot of shit on this year but it's gonna be a fun list i think it'll be i own like 25 yeah i think it's gonna be very interesting to see we might have a very wide range of films we might have like the most on top 10 lists on this one who knows i've already watched six yeah, I've already watched nine, but one of them was by default because of the Omen Four happened to be from '91. So yeah, that was pretty lucky. Yeah, uh, well, we used to do that a lot. We would kind of even do shows specifically to cater to those. Actually, this was well, obviously completely random because we already had the show planned before we yeah. had the randomizer. For well, this. So we didn't just... even have it planned. Somebody else planned it for us. Yeah, exactly. This is a Patreon pick. So, um, but yeah, man, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I, I would like to do it quickly. You know, again, so I think everyone's jumping back on as far as I know, um, from what I remember. <laughs> yeah. 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 The only person that might not is Jeremy. I don't know. He said he was, but uh, you never know with him. So. Yeah. I, I do vaguely remember him saying that he'd be kind of interested, but, you know, that might have been Mike my imagination. I know Mike said if he doesn't do it, Mike would want to do it. Oh, really? Because I know Mike's, yeah. not, Mike's not a big fan of, of list episodes which I, you know it's funny because they're like some of my favorite things to do because you just get to explore so much i like to be in the broad range of things and just explore and, and watch a lot of movies that you know i probably would never check out like fucking immortal tale sins or some shit i don't know what the fuck it is but yeah know. but when you're for a whole year though that's a little different than most standard lists because you're you're uh the base of movies you have is so vast and it's probably going to you know the research that goes into it i'd probably be looking up stuff that i haven't seen that you know just got lost Mm -hmm. through the years so it's not the same as like oh your top 10 slashers where it's like most people like just a judgment call says a lot of people are going to name the same movies they talk about all the time otherwise i think with a whole year worth of movies there's like so much to yeah. there's a lot bigger chance that you're going to pull out like little hidden gems at oh yeah i've already watched i've already seen a couple gems like um i know you guys the moods said it sucked but i really liked the whatever happened to baby jane remake like i really liked it and then the one that i watched today it was a thriller for but i still just am watching like anything right now but it's called she says she's innocent and it's a, it's a tv movie with katie seagal yeah, Seagull. Is it Seagull or Seagull? Oh, Katie Seagull. I know who that is now. I've always heard it as Seagull, but I'm assuming it'd be either Peggy from Married to Children. This, yeah. damn it. <laughs> if there's anybody on the show that should know that, it should be me. Yeah. I yeah. did 60 fucking episodes of yeah, Married right? to Children. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, she, uh, she's, she says she's innocent. 
it's it's a TV movie, dude. And I was so damn into this damn thing. Like I'd never heard of this before. It's probably like made for Lifetime or something. But um, the the end, I, the end was what sold me. I was like, yo, this got mad dark. And uh, that was that that was cool. And then like even even the runes the rune stone was like pretty solid for a you know 90s vi- video film but there i think what's fun about this is like there's like some pure garbage when you get to the bottom of the list and stuff like some shot oh, on video dude you don't even have trash any idea like you know i'm a big fan of shot on video and stuff but i think 91 actually has one of my least favorite shot on video films i've ever seen like beauty beauty queen butcher man is is like bottom bottom barrel like you can't even scrape that shit so far down there (laughs) it's horrible science crazed oh it's one of the worst films ever dude it's so it's so bad so wait till you get to if you're gonna watch those (laughs) on a different level of bad shit so you know but besides that i mean there there's some jemmy type films because like a a lot of these films have been, you know, direct to video and stuff. And, and like everybody knows the nineties was like a year where everybody was kind of out of it. So you do have those little gems and the early nineties are much stronger than the, the late nineties. It's just factual. Yeah. They like were just 91, 92, 93, 90. They're all have some great films in them. Still producing content for home media. That was it. It just wasn't anything big studio for the most part. There were still some studio films in there, but a yeah. lot of it was straight to yeah. video market and stuff. And, 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 and still, and like, you know, like you said, with TV films and shit too, which is kind of interesting. Like I watched Children of the Night, uh, the Tony Randall film, you know, he directed Hellraiser 2. That is one I'd actually never seen before. I knew about the movie. I even remember the cover art uh, back in the day, but I never watched it for some odd reason. And it actually was pretty decent. You know, I mean, I saw Tony Randall had directed it, so I knew the production value was going to be a little bit big, but already, you know, within 10 films, I already saw something I, I thought was pretty damn cool. When, when you talk about studio films, like dude, people under the stairs really stands out this year of just being like, wow. Yeah. Like, I've had higher was, budget studio was... films too. Right. I mean, a lot of these films would be made by whatever. And then they, they just go straight to video kind of thing. But I mean, yeah. People in Stairs is probably one of the bigger budget movies of the year. For that's Christ what I'm saying. Sake. It really stands out. You're yeah. like, wow, like they're really, they weren't really doing shit with like wide release tour at the time. Dude, but, like, like West, People Under the Stairs. Little Wes Craven there. And Child's Play 3 are probably two of the biggest studio films out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Yeah, scissors? I mean, especially if you don't count Silence of the Lambs as like marketed towards it. It's, it wasn't marketed as a, a horror film. Well, that's, a, I, I'm kind of, I'm still excluding that because I'm still on the fence about it. But I mean, then there's Scissors, which wasn't like a big studio film or nothing. I don't even know if it even had a theatrical release, but uh, that's a, that's a cool film. It's more of like a thriller, but it's really dark though. It's pretty good. But I think Body Parts got a theatrical release though too, didn't it? I'm pretty sure. Body Parts? Yeah, I yeah, I remember that playing at the drive-in when I was a kid. Yeah, so I mean, there's some, but I, but these are smaller budget studio films. They were really getting out of horror <laughs> at the time. So, I mean, when popcorn is one of your like standout films of the year, Jesus, I forgot about popcorn. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> yep. pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to doing it, but um, yeah. yeah. So I, I told JP put me on standby if it gets to like maybe a month out, and Jeremy. Well, that's what I'm... says he's not gonna. It's probably a good thing to have him or have somebody on standby because Jeremy obviously is just, you know, having a tough time, not really super reliable right now. So who knows? You know, you might just. Yeah, maybe you should just prep with us. (laughs) Whatever, man. (laughs) And I am counting Ricky O, man. I'm counting Ricky O. 
You're and, counting Riccio. Yeah. Because that, that shit's got straight gore. It's got horror gore, man. It's more of an action. Listen, I love Riccio, man. I'm I had a blast watching it, but yeah. is it a horror film? Definitely an exploitation, Jap exploitation. But it's got it's Horrific. got the horror gore. I mean, it's meant to be in that level. It's it is straight exploitation for sure. What about Silence of the Lambs? I would count Cape. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, so I want to Cape Fear will count towards the end based on how bad the list is for me. I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I can I, tell you right now, Cape time. Fear won, and Silence of the Lambs won. Um, our in the in in ninety one on last year's summer series with Duncan, those were the two films chosen to represent ninety one. I always feel like Silence of the Lambs is in the exact same ballpark as like Seven. It's literally yeah, like well, the, it's like a really see, dark serial killer I type. Seven a, a straight horror film, pretty much. See, I never. It's weird because I've never perceived it. I I just see it as like a serial killer thrill i mean there's definitely arguments there i'm not going to argue against it. i mean if you think it is a, i mean yeah i guess to a degree I, I agree but i mean in reality i think those films are supposed to be just like dark thrillers you know they're not supposed to be like that horror kind of thing. but again i mean who cares i mean what your perception of horror is and what your how you categorize it is i guess your own thing right that's I, the way uh, it has to be because if you put rules on it, then it just changes everyone's list. Okay, it really does. Let, I mean, some people consider way. Ernest Scared Stupid to be horror because it has those horror elements. It's a straight, I mean, up, I, it's a straight I up comedy. It horror. Do you consider Adam's like Family kid, to be? Like a kid's horror movie? Do you consider right. the Adam's Adam, Family? I, I've never seen Adam's Family all the way. I've seen clips. I, I don't remember. But I mean, I wouldn't gotten. hate somebody if they put Adam's Family on their list because it, it, it sort of fits. You know mm. what I mean? So um, is it. Uh, he, okay, he, when we did the 91 series with du- Duncan, whenever the two films got selected for 99, 91, I was mad because I was like, man, I was like, both of those are like, like so loose of horror films. I was like, People Under the Stairs or, or Child's Play 3 or something should have been on there, you know, as like the popular vote. But, um, and then I watched them and I was like, you know what, like I, I'm still, I still would rather have at least like one of them be like a straight horror film, it's, you know, cause this is the top, these are the two best films representing 91 for horror. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, like, you know, mm-hmm. just because it's so limited to only two, it, it kind of stings that they're more thriller, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. I do think, I did think that like the way that I, after I watched them, I considered Silence of the Lambs a horror film, and I considered Cape Fear a thriller at the time. Yeah, it, it definitely has the elements there, but it just has a you know a detective angle. I don't know, man. It just it I always see it as like like a thriller with horror elements, but you know the arguments there, man. I mean, for which I'm, one? I'm, for Silence of the Lambs. I mean, because it has the whole. Yeah, I kinda, thought that one was more. Horror it has than the Cape. cannibal. I mean, I mean, I think you know. Hannibal is more horror than Sounds of the Lambs, just giving some of the scenes and stuff, you mean, yeah. involving cannibalism and shit like that, and I mean, there's definitely a heightened argument right there, but, I mean, I would never say that Sounds of the Lambs isn't, shouldn't belong on a horror list, you know, but I've just always considered it to be more thriller, like, it's like that detective it is police more, story. Yeah, it's like the crime aspect it, to it. It is the crime aspect, but it's that's not the, about, like, there's you know, elements of... That's Giallo too, right? Like, Giallos are more exactly. thriller. But I mean the the re- mysteries ex- exactly, but it still has that element. I mean, giallos are an interesting thing because you know they're the ones that straight up you know influenced the slasher film. I mean, it's that kind of stock and kill kind of thing. It's that 
horrific element to it. This one is more police. I mean, more of the you know the investigative portion. I mean, the, the thrillers have that too, but at least we have that aspect of killing in the horror way. So I think because you have the aspect of like the the girl in the hole and stuff mm-hmm. that really helps it with being a horror film because that shit's scary. It is yeah. um, the Buffalo Bill stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a specific case that Hannibal's advising her on it being buffalo bill if it was just like a regular old serious well i don't want to call serial killers regular but you know what i'm saying if there wasn't all this like creepy stuff added to the fact that buffalo like bill he wants to wear her skin right like, yeah, exactly. that, yeah if it was just like he wants to like you know um take pictures of you naked it might not be as <laughs> Yeah. scary yeah. as like it I does come off a little bit more thriller so wear your skin it does come off a little bit more thriller i mean if it actually showed him you know skinning somebody and putting skin on and shit and it got like into that type of area i think i'd be like oh yeah okay this is definitely well, like, diving into horse prison shit. break it's pretty mild though. pretty horrific yeah, yeah that and, like too. when he wears a dude's face to pretend to be like yeah. a paramedic and shit. right i, I mean I and guess. the dude hanging up like the angel or whatever that it's pretty fucking graphic. Yeah. It bites the face. There's off, arguments dude. either way. I, I mean, like I said, if someone has sounds of lambs as their number, I'm like, whatever. It's it's well, it's it, better it, than it, deliverance. You know, I mean, no. there's more of an argument there. Deliverance. Than deliverance. <laughs> I'm never letting you live it down, man. Yeah. I well, okay, but okay. Let me ask you this then. Let's say Silence of the Lambs was somebody's number four. Mm-hmm. Does it does it take this thing away from it being is it like more justifiable to put it at your number four favorite or, you, or does it does that not matter at all no i mean I, I, the way i look at I it mean, if you're you putting it into a top 10 should be fine on any play you don't yeah i, I don't okay. see the placement well you just matters. say number one so i just didn't know if you meant if it was somebody's number one well, i mean i didn't mean it it doesn't matter if it's number 10 number four or number one it doesn't if it's on a top 10 list that means you were it's considered to be you know you're considering mm-hmm. it to be horror so if if that's where you want to place it then i'm fine with that kind of thing i, mean, I think i mean i think there, there's very there's there's a there's a lot of films in this in this year i mean look at david cronenberg's naked lunch i mean it's categorized as straight drama i think that's a weird category for naked lunch to be in even though it is based off like a book and stuff and it, it's not intended to be straight horror but it has all those elements you know of like you know there's a lot of drug use and there's a lot of tripping out of hallucinations and bugs and just weirdness it's, it's a fucking strange film man it really is a strange film and every time i watch it i always get this you know i i, I get sucked into it like it's a horror film even though it probably isn't but it's one of those fin- those films that's completely on the fence for myself. I mean, most people would probably not consider it that, you know, but I kind of do, man. Have you ever seen Naked Lunch before? Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Uh, it's very going to watch it for this. It's very strange. Yeah, it has a great... Is that on Blu-ray? Does Criterion put that yeah, out? Yeah, Criterion put it out. It's okay. actually... I was watching it the other night. I got sidetracked. I got like 10 minutes into it, so I didn't count it, but uh, I'm obviously going to rewatch it. But even like in the first like 10, 15 minutes, I'm just like, oh man, this movie's so fucking bizarre. And I love the feel of it, man. It's just... It's straight hallucinary. It's it's trippy. It's fucked. And I love it, man. It's great. Here's the thing about Silence of the Lambs, right? Well because like you want... Oh, we're still like, Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, here's the other thing the about thing Silence about of the Lambs. <laughs> he didn't no, even hear the like, thing I said about Naked Lunch. He was thinking about Silence of the Lambs the whole time. I, I don't like, know yeah, anything the, about Naked Lunch. The thing about Naked Lunch. Yeah. Um, but no, like, so if you if you do consider it 
then it's probably going to make every single person's list. If you don't mm-hmm. consider it, then it leaves a spot for someone else. Honestly, truly, but, I don't really care. If somebody thinks that something is horror enough to put on a list, I, I just like to bust your balls because I've never, ever even considered Deliverance to be a horror movie. I don't know why. I just what? never have. What? I and just, was, I never that's have. That's the and, one that always surprises and me. And like I said, man, like, I think I, I always go back to the whole aspect of I know of, you don't care if horror. somebody has something that's non-horror on no. their list because you had fucking Dead End Driving on yours. So yeah. I already know you don't care, but I'm just saying, <laughs> fucking deliverance, <Adjust>. man. <laughs> I mean, I but, get why people well, think when it's it comes hard. to a movie like it's just expl- when, straight when exploitation. Consider Cape Fear. The reason I would I would accept Cape Fear as horror is because the way Robert De Niro portrays the character is yeah, like so terrifying. much more amped up, and uh, it's almost like cartoonish level of like being over the top in his delivery he chews the scenery like he he comes off as like a straight villain that's stalking the family and you know he's looking to play out his revenge where if you see the original mm-hmm. cape fear like the guy plays the character as well too but it's a different portrayal so it feels like they with de niro and scorsese they were really going for like to put a scare in like people watching it as far mm-hmm. as how everything's playing out and that finale on the houseboat was like pretty that's yeah. yeah the final Definitely. act like sells yeah. it but it, yeah, it's such crazy. a long period of like not horror in that movie um but what i'm what i was saying though is if you consider those two films because they're considered such great movies it automatically eliminates two spots for other films because i can't see like if moods considers them horror I would be surprised if they didn't make his list. If Carly considers them horror, I would be surprised if they didn't make her list. Same thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Else on that. I agree because when I when I first well, just because they're great uh, films doesn't mean they're my favorite films Googled, either. Yeah, I googled no, no. ninety one, and those were the first two movies that jumped out to my eyes. Was like, oh shit, Cape Fear and Silence of the Lambs. Well, those are probably going to be on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I guess if if you're if you're doing the old school version of like you know, your highest rated stuff isn't at the top, then I could totally see. Because honestly, Silence of the Lambs and Cape Fear are not favorites of mine. Like, when I consider, like, favorites, you know, I I love those films and I think they're great, but they're not ones that I revisit ever. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think they're fantastic movies. I wouldn't say they're my favorites. I've rewatched them, though, multiple times, so I like them enough and I think they're great. But this particular year, I don't have many favorites favorites you know what i mean like like there's a couple films that i go to often from this year but for the most part i don't consider any of these films to be favorites of mine so i'm more basing it off of what i think the best films are this year for example because it's i i don't like i don't consider any of these films my favorites really you know what i mean um so well they don't have to be in like your favorite you know top 100 or whatever but just favorites of the year like once you break down and watch like 50 60 mm-hmm. films and you just take your 10 favorites they don't have to be you know those films that are necessarily going to make your all-time favorite list kind of thing this year actually does have a couple of films that i absolutely love i already like right off the bat i already knew pretty much what my number one potentially can be i've talked about this movie so many times and you know, on my channel, I, I probably even mentioned it on this podcast before too. So, what? Ghoulies go to college. It's actually uh, ghoulies not- go to college is actually not from this year. Yeah, it actually isn't. Oh no, nothing but trouble. <laughs> I don't even know why that's delicatessen. No, Scanner is delicatessen Street. from ninety one or is it from ninety two? Like uh, the French 90. film? Is it ninety yeah. one? Oh shit, man, it must have passed. Yeah, cause I think it's actually not dubbed as being horror, but. 
I think it is. Though. Yeah, that's what it is. It's not sensitive for as well. I've never seen it. Uh, subspecies is, is great. I love subspecies. Puppet Master Three. That's the best one. Shots. Uh, yeah. It's the second best one, but. Yeah, I think it's the second best now. <laughs> Which one's your guys' favorite one? The Littlest Strike is just so. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I meant. Yeah, I meant like that. Up, it's out a of the blast, first like, man. collection. Yeah. I, well, out of the original Littlest franchise, Reich is hella good. Yeah, if you took out of the original franchise, because yeah, the the Littlest Reich is more of a I new start. Like, Puppet Master one through six, kind of like the first era of Puppet Master, and then they started getting like crazy with like Axis of Evil and oh, the, when they fought demonic toys movies <laughs> and all that. It's almost like that's like a whole, even though it's still Puppet Master, it feels like a different like creative body behind it, sort of. Well, that's because the the Nazi trilogy would like all three of those were made at like one time and for like fifty bucks, so they have that same kind of appeal to them. I mean, all all the full films think the are back in low budget at all. What is it? No, the first one sucks. No, the I first one's it. not great. I, it, it's entertaining, but it's not a great movie. I think it's the third just one actually little to nothing one. happens in it, and then the second one well, a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. And then the third one, I was like, "Holy shit!" They finally made a good puppet. Yeah, movie. even the second five. one has a has a soft spot in my heart. I always wish they would have continued from there, where the puppets are the one they're driving away, and they're like, "There's a, a, a child's mental hospital down the road." <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. let's check that out. I'm yeah, like, I've yeah. always wanted to see that. Technically, oh, shit, that's Christ. the last in the timeline puppet master 2 is the last film in the puppet master timeline yeah yeah the timeline. Yeah, oh yeah that's master. right and then four or five is like one big film dude when i did duncan's puppet master franchise i got f- part four i was so pissed because like i got part one i was like let me get number three that's the best and then i draw like the one coming off of three four was just absolute garbage i don't mind part four and See, five if some you watch like it, four five. yeah four and five is like i mean at least it goes together you know it's one big movie it's kind of fun yeah it goes together in the goddamn trash can because <laughs> that's bad, what's fun man. about this year though man there's so many just fun little like films to watch like i'm excited like i, ha- I i've kind of put off like the the main films for a little bit you know and i'm kind of just focusing on like some sh- shit that i've never seen that's only streaming or like on youtube or something and i'll get to the other stuff eventually but that's the stuff that i'm kind of excited for I always like, do. I always go back and forth. I'll watch like something I own and I'll stream something because if I, I find if I'm just streaming something or watching on YouTube like over and over and over again, I'm just like, Ugh. oh, Del is on Prime Video too. Is it? Yeah, I actually have the Blu-ray. I have like a Region Two Blu-ray of it. So, um, but yeah, oh, I always I always have to mi- mix it up, man. You know, because I, I the stuff I watch on YouTube, I just watch on my computer, like on my laptop and stuff, right? So, and I usually watch it after I'll watch it on my TV. I'll just kind of flip it on, maybe try and fall asleep to some bullshit. So it's just the way I do it. Yeah. Man. That's just the way I do it. I, the only portion of this year I'm not That's looking forward to is just trying to attack these sequels. Cause like, Oh my God, some of <laughs> these later ones. And I'll, I know I'll force myself to watch all these, but like, I almost, with Freddy's dead. I almost died when I was like, I Oh yeah. Scanners two and three or came out in the same year. I'm like, that just goes to show you right there. The quality of those bullshit. Those films, movies man. are awesome. Fuck they, off. They are shitty. I know they were filmed back to back and obviously in, Oh, they're horrible! It, it's they they're made like, two films they're out of like one budget. X-Men movies before X Men, dude. They made two movies out of one budget. You can tell it's garbage. But, oh, but Basket Case two and three are fucking grand slams. Oh, I would. I didn't say they were grand slams, but I definitely no, but watched I those when over. We're doing that show, I was complaining that they took one budget and made two movies, and you're like, yeah, but it's fucking. They're good. And well, I'm like, they're oh. fun. I wouldn't say they're good. There's a difference between fun and good. But scanners are. Not they're just piss poor in both categories. They're not fun and they're shitty. 
Is your number one going to be Necromantic 2? Oh, yeah. No. Uh, Necromantic <laughs> 2. I like that movie, but I, me and Carly tried to watch the Necromantics uh, back on Valentine's Day, <laughs> and we just ma- like made like giant steaks, like huge, like thirty dollar. Oh man, fifteen dollar. Like, what was it? it was, how much did we pay for that? It was like thirty five dollars to watch Necromantic too. <laughs> yeah, I was instantly they upset. were these giant fucking super thick T bones, and I I'm just like, you know what? I normally don't have a weak stomach, but I. Dude, I cannot watch this right Everything now. Everything was gross. The yeah, slime, it is the, gross. It is what gross. bothered me in that movie the was like the sliminess gross. of everything. Yeah, Ugh, me too, was... man. I hate oh, slimy, fucking snotty, gooey. Oh, that shit always grosses me out. And that's Which one, one do you like better, moods one or two? Two. Um, but two, two, has, two has that like unnecessary like pian- like video with the like the what the hell was it like? In the middle of the movie, it's just like this long extended scene with uh, like fucking video or something i can't remember it's been a while since i've seen it i think we talked about that actually when we reviewed it too there is one scene that's very long in the middle of the film i can't remember exactly what it is right now it slipped my mind but kind of brings a lot of necromantic 2 is a better made film than the first one for sure Um, i always kind of gravitate to the first one a little bit more i don't know but the second movie's probably better they're both some fucked up shit but hey you know that's how it goes but, uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking over, like, a wiki list of 91. There's some interesting titles here. It's, it's funny because 91, yeah, it's like the tail end of, like, a Be lot of franchises. Be careful with those, though, because um, usually we go off of uh, IMDb. The, IM, yeah, IMDb. Yeah, yeah we, we use one source. We use one source because, it's honestly, it's the most reliable one, for sure. Fucking nudist colony of the dead. Yeah, there's some, <laughs> there's some ridiculous titles, man. <laughs> <laughs> Scream Queen Hot Tub Party. <laughs> that one cracked me up. <laughs> to go perfect double feature with Bikini Island. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Fucking sorority, sorority babes in the dance thon of death. <laughs> I actually have that one on DVD. Yeah, really? That's amazing. It actually got a DVD release. <laughs> I have a 50 pack that had about 491 movies on it, and like they're all like. That's amazing. Fucking shot on video bullshit have you have uh, either of you guys seen t- 10 haunting tales from the japanese underground <laughs> no but i know I mean, shake I mean, rattle and roll three came out that sounds year. Interesting. what about holy virgin versus the whole the evil dead <laughs> what the hell was that <laughs> sounds oh, great probably sounds not great. a sam raimi production <laughs> <laughs> uh that's man. fun look at the list dave made well this has been a good 91 show guys yeah, I mean, I mean, I, we kind of had to bring it up, you know, last week. Oh yeah, I mean, it's we're looking, fun to we, talk about. Yeah, we were just looking for. I mean, that's one of the funnest things about the show is you know finding out what next year we're going to be doing. So you know, when you're excited, yeah, for it, you I, talk I'm about it. very happy to get the '90s just because like I, I have a love for the '90s because I was born there, literally born on '90s. I just feel like we're never, we're never going to get to the 2000s again. It's just gonna keep Dude, going to keep it's it's going to go listen, 70s, 80s, that 90s. That was the first one, right? Wasn't 2002 the first one we did? I think so. Yep. Yeah, well, so I'll 2002, be... then 96, then 86, then uh 76, then 82, 82 then 72, which is just fucking bizarre. It is bizarre. And then uh 85. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude, it's crazy. Well, yeah, you can that, see the, but... the 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 um 
the rhythm has kind of been broken with 85 because it went to 91. So now we're on like a different path. So who knows? Maybe we'll end up at like 2007 or some bullshit. So yeah, yeah but but have you seen Mika Droid Robo Kill Beneath Disco Club Layla? <laughs> no, but I want to. Some of these Japanese movies. Yeah, some of these Japanese movies I want to check out because you know most J horror is associated with like they're so hard. To uh, find. The more modern stuff that came out, but all these Japanese movies from that era, I bet they're like a lot different from. Uh, what is commonly known as J-horror. They're hard to mm-hmm. find with, like, subtitles, though. You can sometimes find those films, but it's, like, in the native language, and, like, because they don't really have mm-hmm. any other release besides a Japanese release, and why would you have English subtitles? So, but, yeah. YouTube, YouTube are- is very plentiful with these films. It's, like, for whatever reason, the companies who own these films, like, don't give a fuck enough to, like, get them off of YouTube, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, you find films in the 80s, and they're like, fuck you, I own that, like, strike it down but like uh with the 90s like there's so many like video films that like i don't even think anybody knows who owns them so they're just like there but you find a lot of tv films on there which is nice that yeah. people upload the tv films because otherwise yeah. like, where else would you find them because they never well, get released dude there's like a <clears throat> plentiful amount of uh 1991 lifetime-esque thrillers on tubi and yeah i've I know. been I working s- my way i know i, I was books. looking up the titles for those two <laughs> I, I i get into those damn things man lifetime movies can kick ass sometimes i got hooked but. on the christmas ones this year at christmas time it was re- like really? every time the wife would come up she's like are you seriously watching a lifetime christmas movie again i'm like i can't stop they're so bad i just can't stop watching <laughs> and now i'm knowing that she kept like texting people behind my back she's like she's like moods is watching another lifetime tv movie and laughing at me i'm like what the did i become that guy like, were they called like strangled by my ex on Christmas Eve or something? Like, no, they, it seems they, like everybody's watching non horror. No, ones. these were non horror <laughs> lifetime movies. It's because uh, just every the, movie, like, Hallmarky. Yeah, the Hallmark movies, pretty much. And the funny thing was is that they were pretty much all the same movie. They all pretty much have the same storyline. It's ridiculous, but I couldn't stop. It was like a train wreck, and I ended up watching like at least a dozen of them. It was bad. <laughs> I got really into the Christmas spirit this year, I guess, but the wife just couldn't believe it. She's like, I can't even watch these things, and I'm like, I know. I don't know what's wrong with yeah, me. Yeah, I, I cannot do it either. I never could before, and then all of a sudden I was like, I don't know. I was watching one. I flipped to, to the channel, and Candace camera was in one of them, and I was like, just started watching, and I just ended up watching the whole thing, and then the next one, and then the next one. I'm like, what am I doing? Let me ask you this. What, I was so embarrassed guys... about it. Okay, I was so embarrassed about it actually at one point that I wasn't even logging those into my uh, into oh. my fucking box. <laughs> now when I think about it, like I never did any of them because I watched a lot of movies at Christmas time that I didn't log in. There. Yeah, because I, I follow your letterbox pretty, pretty. Yeah, JP is always making fun of you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'll be like fucking moods. Watch the entire exploitation fucking genre in one night. The other and then night. watch like the Goonies <laughs> the next night. I do. I get like you watch the entire exploitation fucking subgenre. I, I don't know what it is. I, I'll get on those kicks. So I'm like, oh, I feel like watching, you know, uh, Long Weekend or something. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm watching Wake and Fright. I'm watching Dead and Dry. I'm like, okay, that's just how my brain works sometimes. Strange, but um, Hallmark christmas movie talk that's interesting yeah anyways um but we should probably move this along we'll do it live okay well no. we'll do it live fuck it do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Alright, JP, we got some news. 
this week? Yeah, we do. Not too much here. It seemed like it was like more popping a couple weeks ago with news, but um, so first up, I don't know what this is, Mike. You probably know, but uh, Quibi announces a horror anthology series called Horror Accidental. To me, what I, it seems like is a streaming service, but everything is in like ten minute episodes, which just seems fucking dumb to me. Yeah, it's like TikTok decided to make a streaming channel or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have Quibi. I know it is live now because, you know, everyone I'm sure is familiar with How is that spelled? Is that spelled with a Q? Yeah. Q-U-I-B-I. Huh. What? Yeah, it's like a paid subscription. It's like Tubi, but Quibi? Yes. Weird. sounding. Hmm. But I'm pretty sure that it's like concept is like to capitalize on the attention span of you know the 15 to 24 demographic or whatever. gen z 10 minute 10 minute uh <laughs> attention span. yeah it's basically like little what? quick productions like so it's like you watch a five 10 minute video and you're done and moving on to the next thing wow that's interesting yeah like sam raimi has a anthology on there called 50 states of, F- of fright but they they're doing another one called horror accidental but I just, I just am so against this concept. I just hate it. I don't even want to check it out because I don't even want to support it. Yeah, it's like I mean, I don't mind watching horror shorts, but I don't know about a platform where it's exclusively just that. Like if 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 that was just like a feature or like its own category on there, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I was like, like I don't, yeah. you know, like when you watched, uh, you know, like the the movie channels back in the day and stuff in a movie channel or a movie would end at one point and the next one wasn't starting for 10 minutes. And they just kind of fill it in with like some kind of short, usually an mm-hmm. animated short or something like that, or something kind of relative to what's just been played or what's coming up. That was always cool. But a whole platform of just shorts, man, I think, I think I'd go dizzy watching that shit, man. It's, too it, well, it's not just like shorts in terms of like, Hey, a short film. It's like everything they do is in that concept. Yeah, exactly. Where they'll do like entire, yeah. like from what I understand, it's like entire. Okay, let me just fucking read the. <laughs> Quibi is an American short form mobile video platform. Okay, and then it says um, the company plans to spend one point one billion on commissioning original content in its first year, totaling eighty five hundred short form episodes, including one hundred seventy five shows. Um, so they do original programming. Uh, unlike many streaming video platforms, Quibi's content is made specifically to be streamed only on mobile devices and can be viewed in either horizontal or vertical video within the same video, instead of typically typical half-hour TV episodes or two-hour films. Uh, Quibi will be delivered in episode episode chapters of ten minutes or less. Like they put, subscription they, they, service. So they have some of the um yeah, it's like subscription. Some of the original cons tent Chrissy's Court, it's a Judge Judy style show. Uh Spielberg's After Dark, a horror series written and created by Steven Spielberg. The show is unique on the platform in that it can be viewed only at night. That's kind of cool. Hmm. Uh Kill the Ephrons, a survival reality starring Zach Efron and his brother Dylan. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> to remote parts of the world. A punk, a reboot of the celebrity prank show hosted by Chance the Rapper. So like wow. scare tactics. <laughs> Nothing about that sounds appealing to me. But so the, they're taking the concepts and every, one, every episode is 10 minutes or less. 
um, which I think is marketable and w- can work, but I just don't like it. I don't want it to work. I don't want that to be the thing. I mean, short attention spans would probably favor that, but I don't know. I don't like the sound of that. I don't think that would be worth my money or time. Yeah, it seems like a pretty bold idea for your entire platform to be based on that format. Yeah, sounds like a Shutter thing. Like you said, it could be just like a short little seg- thing on Shutter or something like that, like an extra, Dude, not like a full uh, subscription thing. So imagine like the people get adjusted to those that short format, but then they can't even handle that, and they only watch like thirty seconds of each thing, and they keep moving on to the next one. I think it's the YouTube <laughs> oh concept, right? Like mm-hmm. YouTubers. For the most part, I mean, there's some different things like Let's Plays, for example. I mean, those are obviously long form. But the concept of like where you're on YouTube and you just go from video to video to video to video of the rabbit hole, that's kind of what they're trying to turn into a, you know, like original content specifically made for that. Like, But they're trying to capture that same demographic of people that do that. But I just don't know if I would. I just don't like it. I like because honestly, like I was looking at some of the um, shows that are on there. Like I, I saw some clips from some, and I'm like, wow, this looks cool. Like, but I'm like, oh man, ten minute episodes. This <laughs> like just seems. I just don't like the idea. Well, when you when you were referencing like YouTube generation, I can I can say like yeah, like kids growing up today. I'm in, I'm talking like kids, 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 little kids. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, they they're kind of growing up with that with um, content overload is what I would call it where there's just so much at their disposal where yeah. it's like hard for them to even focus on one thing because while they're watching one thing you have your list of recommendations on the right hand side so their focus is already probably divided on like the next 10 things to watch so like a five minute video they'll get like 45 seconds into it it's like oh but I gotta see what this one is over here is and it's like they just never stop and just like just watch the damn video you pick but it, it doesn't happen like because i can see them with my own kids like my older one is starting you know she's not little 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 anymore so she's starting to uh like morph into like an uh, someone who watches actual f- the full length of things what my younger one is like to kind of like click this click that click that it's like come on like f- for me being old i'm just like man just pick something and, and watch it and watch the whole thing. You might like, like the rest of it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, moving on here, we have uh, HBO max has ordered a shining based series called overlook, which I am in favor for. I think this could be good. I think that if you set set it in the overlook say like before jack nicholson gets there there's a lot of history that we don't necessarily know about you know what Mm -hmm. i mean some stuff that was just teased i think you can make a complete awesome little tv series based on that um but it says the jj abrams is producing it's called um overlook the site notes that hbo max has handed out the production commitment to a one-hour drama described as a horror thriller that explores the untold stories of the overlook uh abrams will produce overlook alongside with uh, a couple other people um is it uh, one is it one story or is it like an anthology type thing where they're just telling different stories within the hotel no, uh, I'm, doesn't I'm it take dating. place with the first settlers came there and built the overlook or something like that? Oh, okay, That's what I thought. I cool. 
doesn't say that. I here, thought maybe they would just take certain guests in certain rooms and tell a story that, that mm-hmm. you know happened within the Overlook or something. I mean, you could do an anthology type style. Anthologies are mostly dead. Like they don't really happen much anymore. I could see it being like a um, jumping around to different time periods per season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That yeah, I, I missed like the episode, to, like the, basically like what Shutter did when they brought back Creep Show. I missed that style of anthology. Now we mostly get like each season will be its own story, but I really miss just tuning in every week or whatever. And it's a brand new thing, brand new cast, and all that stuff. I, I always liked oh, yeah. that growing up, and it's, that's when what I'm I was growing like up, that. that was a yeah big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that concept is kind of dead lately, but I I. Which I thought I was coming back, watching. considering they, they, you know, they brought Creepshow back, mm-hmm. anthology type stuff. I thought it was really going to come back. That's why I mentioned maybe the Overlook just kind of exploring certain stories within, you know, guests well, in the one location, just kind of, kind of like what they do with the Friday the Thirteenth uh, anthology yeah. series. It was Friday the Thirteenth, you know, the story and every object had its own kind of story and shit, which is kind of cool. Well, maybe them airing Creepshow the first season on AMC where a bigger audience will see it. Maybe that'll like wet appetites or maybe AM- if it gets good ratings, AMC will take notice and be like, hey, let's fucking look into doing something else like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't yeah, know yeah. how it fits with general audiences. Like, I know we like it, but um, like I love, uh, you would I think just know I won't work. watch it probably because I don't watch TV to begin with. So I mean, like, Twilight Zone was pretty popular, right? Like no. the big stuff, the big ones. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I didn't think it did very well at all. I heard people talk about it when it first aired, and then I never heard anything again. Dude, I actually forgot about True. the new one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! I'm not even talking about the new one. I'm just saying it worked at one time. Like I'm talking. Oh, about dude, oh, of yeah, course yeah. it worked well, at one time. Yeah. Well, the original Twilight Zone was fucking, like was groundbreaking. Uh, Tales from mm-hmm. the Dark Side, all that shit worked at Monsters. I mean, Tales from the Dark Side, I mean, or, I mean, uh, Twilight Zone has had what? This is like the fourth Twilight Zone show or something? So I think so, yeah. yeah Black Mirror is the one that seems to have yeah, made an impact. The 50s, 60s one, and then they had the early 80s one. The, and then the 2000s. Which lasted like one or two seasons, and then this new one by Jordan Peele. Crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it obviously does work, but... Uh, Bring back monsters. Come on. Let's do another monster. <laughs> monsters is cool. Yeah. What were you saying, Carly? You wouldn't watch it? Like, I mean, like this Overlook show, it's like, you know, I love The Shining, but just for me, I just don't watch TV pretty much at all. So anytime I hear about any series, no matter what, I feel like I just never give myself the time to watch a TV series. I mean, so, but I don't know. I'm kind of interested by it, like depending on what they do with it. The format um, for me is where it's at, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they were to, I mean, to me, the the way that the series are now, where they have one storyline per season, kind of thing. I like that idea. It's a little exhausting. I think it's just being overused. I think honestly, doing the anthology format would actually would be kind of cool for this because there's a lot to explore. The Overlook Hotel is huge. It always has lots of guests. There's a million different stories, right? I think it would actually be kind of interesting. For myself, that's the, I would rather appeal to that than like a full season of just one, you know, linear narrative, you know, I I mean, that can get a little bit tiresome, but I think changing the stories would be interesting because like I said, there's a million things you can explore in there. The the one big flaw I've seen in like, you know, American Horror Story style where it's one, story for the whole season is so many people there's filler give episodes up. too right so many people give up on the season if like there's one episode they run into that they don't like yeah they'll they, be the like oh fuck episodes. this i'm out i'm like, yeah. like what 
Like, see, I'm not I, saying you I have to with finish those, it, but I'm like, come on. I always hear like, oh, it started off really good and it ended shitty. Like that's that's what I constantly seem to hear with American horror stories. Every season, mm-hmm. I swear, I've heard the exact same thing too. Mm-hmm. It starts out really solid, and then oh, the last episode was garbage, and I'm like, fuck. Like, yeah. Is it just yeah, your it expectations like are too high? Those damn things. I mean, it's but, tr- like, it's who's writing these things? Stephen King. Um, <laughs> Ryan, but, but no, yeah. seriously, the um, the Overlook thing. I actually, I'm normally with you where I think the anthology thing works good. Work, work. Like I would like to see that usually. But honestly, like, I just feel like something as epic as like, the, like, I feel like you can make a whole, a whole season out of, you know, the opening of the overlook, you know what I mean? Or the, uh, the, 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 the twins, you right? mean them you driving, the whole season. them driving, that? To yeah, the, that would be super the whole, cool. the, no, no, they no, have no, a no, 10 no. episode, 10 hours of them just driving, driving, just driving, driving the to the overlook. It's literally no, conversations they, in the car and stuff. <laughs> That would be fucking fucking amazing. Uh, That's exciting. No, like the them building it, right? The 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 over built over an ancient Indian burial ground, or or the um, twins, right? Like that story, you could make a whole season out of like that family that went there or whatever. I would love to see that. Um, There's a lot of or like the 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 New Year's party, right? Mm -hmm. Leading up to New Year's party, you could make a whole season out of that year. Oh, so what you're basically I, saying, so I, take certain aspects of the movie and, and create, you know, you well, know, yeah, full like season narratives out of it. Were, Which you could. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. In the movie were part of that. I feel like that could make something. it, I feel like that can make it more epic, but you could also do an hour long segment on just the twins or just the bear costume blowjob. <laughs> just, you know, like all the other. Oh yeah. Too. That's a great hour. Or I could, I could see that as uh something you know but i don't know I, I i actually carly says she probably wouldn't watch this this is one that i probably would watch um, it would really like the ideas you just, have are awesome it's just like i feel like tv shows never do it right the way H- hbo scream is a great HBO. example Dude, but this is Terrible. fucking hb fucking oh man oh, like okay. they do yeah carly it's not just tv right yeah it's you're not HBO. fucking realizing this is home box i'm sorry i didn't okay i didn't understand educate me please it's fucking hbo dude everything they've done has been good pretty much right <laughs> yeah and i think they're trying to launch it for hbo max that new That's streaming service is. so you know it they're is. gonna go for it like which they're doing something else for hbo max too that was interesting the only I problem with hbo is that you know they do have really high production values and put out good shows and stuff but they just they never run as long as they should deadwood i always bring it up that's always the biggest disappointment ever you know it's probably just the cost the production cost of their shows it's like it literally was they they said they couldn't do like they had that series planned for four seasons and they only got three due because they didn't have the funding to do the fourth and i'm like what the fuck man the ratings are like crazy high on this shit and they couldn't even finish it but but HBO series never seem to run very long anymore because they do have good I production mean, values. So Netflix has yeah, and same. HBO Max they they're seeming to put a big emphasis on. They're trying to make this a big thing. You know what I mean? See, that's for worrisome. those of you who don't know, it's it's basically Disney Plus but HBO content. Hopefully, they plan yeah. it out good where they're you know let's not let's we're gonna do like four or five seasons and they only get two because the production values or the production cost is too much and then can't do anything else, but. I don't know HBO. I've always I mean, I, loved them, yeah. but at the same time, they're frustrating too because they. I remember they canceled one show. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was the same thing. The ratings were good and stuff, but they just didn't, didn't have Carnival the money to go or something. 
yeah. Well, that one last, what, two seasons or something? And it was, yeah, I don't know. But they've had problems with that, with budgets. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, yeah but I think that I think they're trying to... Um, there was a... I can't remember what it was. They announced another show that they were doing for HBO Max. And I, I don't want... Um, oh, yeah, wait. I know there was a show Jordan Peele was producing, but I don't know if that's just straight HBO or HBO Max as well. He was, like, doing that... Uh, wasn't it like a Lovecraft town or something like that? I thought he was doing a show called that. Um, but, the, uh, you know, with the thing when it comes to a streaming service is you always got to keep in mind is like they're totally going to run like the algorithms and formulas to see what shows are actually driving subscribers because that's the problem with Netflix shows, why they always get canceled after two or three seasons because that they figured out that after the second or third season is when – those shows no matter how highly rated or quality they are the uh, about the third season is where it caps out bringing in new subscribers so they're like well if it's not bringing in new people anymore we're not renewing it well netflix is yeah. a huge 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 difference than than tv because to them the ratings don't really matter right they're not getting paid based on ratings they're getting paid based on subscriptions mm-hmm. yeah. so how many subscriptions come in they, look, mm-hmm. it, they can have every single subscriber, current subscriber, watch a show, and it it not affect it affect their business, right? Like they're not going to make more money off of that. So mm-hmm. it's really the new sub- who's buying Netflix for the Tiger King, the people so, who are already there. It does not matter. So how does it show with you know with uh, with certain shows that are on there like Santa Clarita Diet that got canceled after the third season? Like why'd they cancel it? Because did you guys why. notice also that Santa Clarita Diet was like trending as like not like in the top ten recently? Well, that's that's what I was wondering too. That because makes me so mad. I know because yeah, that's, that, that's kind of frustrating that they don't even look at you know how many streams are happening on their certain shows and stuff. I mean, obviously the popularity should factor into what they keep and what they don't and what they cancel because that show that kind of sucks that it, it got canceled because it was it was fun. It was a really fun show and it seemed like everybody yeah. was watching it and talking about it and all of a sudden it was like. Oh, they just announced they're canceling after season three. I'm like, what the fuck? This is why I don't watch shows when they're on. This is fucking bullshit because it never does end. Yeah, no, yeah I, I, mean, I mean, I think, I think, I think they got a flawed that. system there, man. The subscriptions is no, nice. it's flawed for for the the true TV and cinema fan. It's flawed for us, yeah. but for the regular Joe who, like Mike says, watches a TV for three seasons and and gets kind of bored of it and moves on, it's great for them because they take what they would have done as a fourth season and just make something totally new and mm, do yeah. a first season of exactly. a new show to try to capture people. That's that's the fundamental flaw with Netflix yeah, is you're never going to get a Friends that runs for 11 seasons or yeah, 12 seasons for sure. or uh, How I Met Your Mother or The Office. You're only going to get the occasional orange is the new black they over but that's just the, it's just the bullshit it's just bullshit i mean they should honestly incorporate that a little bit though i mean yeah i mean it's tough because because it's not like an hbo where like you're gonna have hbo subscribers but then you're also getting a cut of whoever has hbo in like their actual cable or satellite package i think there's netflix it's a hundred percent I think there's a lot of cons to that, man, to be honest. Like, I mean, if, you know, if they continuously shut down shows, 
based on how they do things, <clears throat> I mean, don't you think you would end up losing subscribers too? I mean, I understand it's like a, a well, revolving do. door. Yeah, they do. It's a revolving door. Like people are going to leave Netflix. They're like, fuck, man. You know, I've been watching this show and this show, this show and this show, and they canceled all of them. Fuck Netflix. I'm unsubscribing. But they might get more subscribers. It might just even out at the end of the day is how they're yeah. kind of seeing it. But I mean, at the same time, if you're going to keep, if you're going to incorporate, you know, the stats on your, on your, um, you know, your streams on the certain shows and stuff, keep those. You won't, yeah. I bet well, you won't it, leave. I, I don't know, man. More the problem is, it also, is it doesn't seem to bother the regular person when a show goes away. They don't even fucking well, that, notice. But They'll that's be also like, because we live in the day and age where there's so much content, man. They literally forget about it 10 minutes later. Unless you're a hardcore that, but that's thing, right? Thing. That's yeah, the problem. The there's too. an overload of shows on there. I mean, honestly, dude, there's well, more TV shows and in, in, in those type of series and shit than there is movies on Netflix. At least there is on Canadian one. It's fucking insane, that, dude. That's, that's honestly the only, the, one of the biggest the only reasons reason why I never even click on Netflix because when I'm when I'm going for the new releases, it's 90% shows and I'm like, I don't have the fucking time to get involved with a show because I'm one of those binge watchers where if I click on something, I have to watch the whole thing, but I know I really don't have the time because I got to prep for these damn shows and everything else I'm fucking doing at the same time so i'm like i i, I mean i'm i'm the exception to the rule i guess but at the same time it's like man well there's two cam- there's way too much content with, with netflix there's really two camps of like netflix subscribers slash viewers there's like the people that are watching like breaking bad on there for the first time because they never had amc or satellite in the first place yeah. so they're watching all these shows they're just watching like the archives and the entire catalog. Then there's like the camp that I fall more into. It's mostly like the original shows and like maybe if they actually get a decent horror movie or make one on there, I'll watch it. But what? I rarely ever just get on Netflix and browse for stuff. I usually, if I, especially now, uh, it was different like, you know, 10 years ago, but now it's like, mm-hmm. I mostly I only just get on Netflix, Netflix when I know ahead of time. I know, man. If somebody recommends something that's on Netflix, that's when I turn it on to watch the movie or something like exactly, that. But, yeah. but I mean, the, yeah. the horror films are so far in between now. It's crazy. Like the wife, she uses Netflix to watch because she's a TV fucking show horror, man. It's just crazy. I meant not as in like slutty horror, but you know what I mean? But um, she like she, she actually watches the show The Ranch and it's like Aston Kutcher's show. It's, it's yeah, it's, I, it, know it's, oh, I know a lot of people that watch that. It's pretty much uh, it's pretty much fucking the 70s. Like the la- last season had like everybody from the 70s show on there. It's kind of funny, but I actually <laughs> kind of cool. like the show. Yeah, like Red's on there. It's, it's actually really funny. It's cool to those type of shows because it's like the 70s show, but like on a ranch setting, but it has swearing and it's kind of dirty, but it's serious and it's funny. It's actually a pretty entertaining show. But again, you know, it's like I'm very hesitant to, to get involved with it because I mm-hmm. hate when shows fucking end. But mm-hmm. oddly enough, this one, I even said to him, like, because I remember when the show first came out a couple years back, three or four years ago or whatever, we actually watched the first three or four episodes together. And I just kind of forgot about it. I just kind of fell out of it kind of thing. And uh, she was up, she was watching it the other day. And I'm like, whoa, this shit's still on. She's like, yeah, it's on like season six. I'm like, holy fuck. So JP, going back to what you're saying, like, you'll never see like, you know, those long running series on there. This is a Netflix original series that has lasted that long crazy well six is, is it, six is okay they've had a few sixes sevens a little bit but i would like be nowadays. surprised if it keeps going mm-hmm. um now the other thing is there is the random situation where you have you know do people come do people subscribe for this you know what i mean it, and also but how do the they cost know of but how do they know that what people are subscribing for that's because where I, they look at what new subscribers watch yeah 
Yeah, oh, like let's say you just make an account. What is the things that they're watching? And then they take all that and put it in a big oh, pool. Oh, so so it, you subscribe on May first, and the first thing you watch is the ranch. You're like, oh, there's a bonus point. Maybe for the it's ranch. the first yeah. thing you watch. In, maybe <laughs> it's the first things you watch in a month. You know yeah. what I mean? Plus, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I if, get that. I if get you, that. If you but. have the latest update of net of Netflix right now, when you go into the main screen, it even shows it right there. Like what shows are the top trending? So I a lot of times that's driven by new that. subscribers. I yeah. love yep. that they've added that. That it's is pretty interesting to look little, at. It, yeah, yeah, and that's what I saw. Santa Clarita was trending in that area that like a couple weeks ago, but um, it also matters how much the show costs, right? Like, it is mm-hmm. is the ranch a cheap show? That might factor in of keeping it <laughs> Honestly, down a little bit long. It's funny that you bring that up because I was watching an episode with uh, the wife the other day, and I said to her, "I was like, man, this show is like super low budget. Like, I mean, not like cast wise. Like, the cast is actually quite inc- incredible, man. There's a lot of big names on there and stuff, but uh, just it's totally shot on sets, and you can tell. Like, the background on the sets, on the sound sets, is literally just like cardboard. You can tell. It's that cheap." It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So, but it well, just like, kind of reminds me of watching yeah. like old school shows and stuff like that, where you totally could tell that they were shot on like sound sets and stuff like that. But this one, it's set outdoors, so it's even more obvious that it's a it's a fake background. <laughs> and that, and that's like the it. thing: original content costs so much to produce. Yeah, yeah. Compared to like just buying the rights to a show from network TV and throwing it on there, that they're their business model is only going to allow a show to run so long unless they're seeing the financial benefits from it. Like, uh, that, that's just the way it is, unfortunately, because they don't have, you know, advertisements. I heard, I thought I read like a story like a month or two ago about like Netflix. And I might even got the email where they sent out like a survey to like a certain amount of subscribers that said, would you like be willing to like take a re- like a uh, reduction in your subscription cost if we put like a a ad? And now it wouldn't be like Tubi where it's like ads throughout it, even though Tubi's not crazy. Dude, Tubi about is it, but, so easy to watch. Yeah. It's like a thirty second ad or something. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it goes by cool. Yeah, no, I seen it, it goes by time though. It goes by time. I've seen the thing where they were talking about potentially putting ads. I don't think they would, but I mean, it would probably help change the the way that everything goes because they would be able to make revenue off of what's actually popular and not what's actually getting yeah, and not people to subscribe when they're being watched. Um, but yeah, that no, no, that is a, that is a fundamental flaw with Netflix is, yeah. is they cancel shows that are being watched or very popular shows. They won't yeah. always do it. Like sometimes they'll keep a show around simply because a lot of subscribers do watch it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, that- it, it seems to be secondary in their thinking of traditional TV where you have HBO, where if, if, you know, a certain million people tune in for Game of Thrones every week. You keep it on because it's a ratings hit, um, and you don't cancel it after four seasons based on you know whatever. So, but uh, the the thing with Netflix now is, you guys are absolutely right. I own, I pretty much exclusively watch their original content these days. I don't go in there and check out the horror section like I used to. That's what I use Shutter for. Um, but you know, for the most part, their original content. But like Tiger King, you know, restored my love of Netflix again because I was like, man, this is awesome. This is why I like Netflix. And then, but, and I remember a couple of years ago when like the ritual came out and like that other one with the, the, you know, the plant creature, the plant society that's like sacrifices people, the little period piece there and bird box and stuff that I was having a lot of fun with Netflix, uh, original movies and content then, but lately it just seems like Tiger King and nothing else. 
<laughs> was Vivarium, was that in the Jesse Eisenberg movie? Was that a Netflix original? I don't mm, think so. Is sure. it on Netflix? I think I they just focused on TV show content. That's why. So I've lost. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. A few years, a couple years back, man, the, you know, the, the original Netflix horror films and stuff was... I thought it was going to keep moving forward. I thought the progression was there, but it, it kind of took a step back as TV just kind of overtook everything. And I'm just, I just don't click onto it anymore. I'm, JMP, not, I'm not looking up, for that shit. Tubi got brought up. Who's that bottom Fox? Was it? That yeah. I'm worried. Out, Tubi? Worried about that. I know. I, I just don't want the, if, if they just, Oh, they're going to start buy charging, it, but keep sure. everything the same. No, because... they're going to start charging for sure. Well, the I thing mean, is, they, they might not charge, charge but they might charge. get stupid with their ads. Because right now, Tubi's ads are fu- like it's not Dude, Honestly, if they were yeah. even bigger ads, I wouldn't even longer ads. I that doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. For, mm. If it's free, like if if I'm paying for it, I don't want ads. No. If uh, I, I'm not paying for it, you you could put two minute ads on there, and it's still not going to bother me. Yeah, I'm as long paying. as you leave your movies uncut. I yeah. don't care if there's an ad. The thing anymore. about Tubi that's great is they have stuff that nobody else has, and that's what matters to me. There's a lot – like when I was looking for 91 yeah, movies, there's a lot of TV movies and stuff that are not on Netflix, not on Shutter, not anywhere. It's, there's a lot of uh, of content that is just like more rare, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is it's regional. It's very extensive. Yeah, because the American Tubi has things that Canada doesn't have and vice versa too. It's kind of funny. All right, so uh, moving on from that, uh, we have some. I guess these are really just that's that's kind of it for the main news. But there's like some release announcements. Um, Stephen King's War of the World, or sorry, Spielberg. Stephen Spielberg's War of the Worlds is coming um, to uh, the um, 4K, the 2005 Tom Cruise version. So that's coming to 4K. Uh, one of the best films of the year, um, The Lodge, that's coming to Blu-ray, DVD, and digital on May 5th. Did cool. you guys see The Lodge? I still haven't seen it. It's good. I think it, From, it was playing here very briefly, and I didn't get a chance to see it, and I haven't tracked it down yet. Yeah. So, that movie's great. Um, that's so what I've heard. Jaws, 45th anniversary, 4K, uh, hitting June 2nd. That will be a buy from me. So. 45th anniversary, man. <sighs> That's yeah. a good buy. Definitely. Uh, I then don't we, think anyone would argue with that one. <laughs> then uh, The Hunt, if you missed it, is coming to DVD and digital on May 26th for digital and June 9th for Blu-ray. I haven't seen it. It's on, on it's, so it's on the list. What mm-hmm. talking about? <laughs> I have a, on the list to watch, so. Good. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, and then we have We Summon the Darkness uh, coming to June, Blu-ray June 9th. I know you didn't like it, Moods. Garbage. Oh. Did you like Did it? You, you liked well, it, Carla? Um, I will save my thoughts for the His and Hers podcast, but... Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I enjoyed it. I will say. Oh really? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't find it. Oh, were you guys all in that first episode? Necessarily. Yeah. We just did. I just. I just think it was. I just thought it had a good setup, but it didn't. Kind. It didn't. Oh, there's uh, so many problems with it, man. I had so many problems with it. It's crazy. Yeah, it didn't follow through with like the promising setup to me. That's. But you know, I'm. Yeah. I'll 
look forward to hearing what you guys have to say, though, because I know some people did like it a lot. Yeah, actually, a lot of people. Going into it, man, I had heard nothing but good things. It was kind of crazy. So. I um, Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, um, but we're supposed to do that next, so I'll check it out. Um, and then finally here, Dahmer, it got announced for Blu-ray, which is made my top 10 of 2002, one of my favorite films from that year. Um, the 2002 one? Crazy. Yeah, the Jer- Jeremy Renner coming to Blu-ray from the MVD Marquee Collection. So pretty excited oh, yeah. about that. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of uh, that movie. I think it's the best Jeffrey Dahmer thing we've ever got. It is a good one, actually. It's super underrated. Mm-hmm. Renner does such a great job as Dahmer, and oh, I love it. Yeah, it's a good one. Yep, it is fantastic. So that is the news. Cool. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> Now, our feature presentation. Yo, who this? Yo, Moods, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, oh, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, player. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. Alrighty, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 181. This is a Patreon-picked episode. Um, unfortunately, I can't remember who Patreoned it, as usual. So bad with that. Uh, but this particular person may have picked the Scream franchise also. So if it was you, thank you. Uh, and that is, of course, the Omen franchise, which does have five films in it. All right, so we might as well jump right into this. Um, first film from 1976, directed by Richard Donner, is the original Omen. It is the original Omen. <laughs> yeah, true facts. That would be the Omen. Yeah, Richard Donner, man, he's fuck, man, he's had an awesome career, man. He's done a lot of good shit, man. Of course, he did Superman, Superman Two. Well, there's a Richard Donner cut of that. Um, he directed Modern JP's favorite movie of all time. The Goonies. The Goonies. Uh, all the Lethal Weapon movies, which, I, that's so awesome that he did the Lethal Weapon movies. Um, so he's done a lot of great movies, man. A lot of movies that I love and shit, but um, quick little synopsis on the on the Omen. <laughs> this synopsis is ridiculous. Mysterious, mysterious deaths surround an American ambassador. Could the child that he is raising actually be the Antichrist? The devil's own son? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the short version. I didn't want to read the other one; it was too long. Whatever, it's a short, long of it. Um, yeah. So, where do you guys want to start with the Omen? Well, I'll just say that um, I I think I watched it for the first time as a Patreon pick, um, probably two years ago, and I thought it was good and and really good and liked it a lot and stuff. And then we watched it for seventy six, and I liked it a lot. I think it was my number like two film two or three i think mm-hmm. uh of the year um but after watching it this time i just thought that it was like really good like better than better than i thought before i guess and i already thought it was pretty good so 
um, I think I just was like, as I was watching it, I was just like, dude, this is such an engaging movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's like this one, I saw this as a kid, and um, it's not one I really went back to a whole lot, and I always kind of thought of it being like kind of slow and boring, so watching it this time around, I was super into it from start to finish. I mean, there's like maybe some slow aspects uh, once you get into them kind of investigating what's all happening, but even those parts, um, I was super into, and I actually think there's um, a lot of eeriness to this film that's still really holds up um just you know the acting i think the little kid is actually really creepy in the movie you know he's not exactly the main focus i mean i think you're mainly following um the father in this film is like the central character but um i think that it's well casted with the little kid i think everyone in this movie um does a really good job so i I was super into it this time and i was surprised because i like i said in my memory i thought it was going to be like kind of slow boring older film but uh, I, I was very, very uh, intrigued with this one. This you liked it because it wasn't a Hammer movie. I did, yes. <laughs> that, that, that's also, what I'm trying to say. Well, it is. Uh, it's kind of British, so yeah. That is yeah, true. When, that is true. I, yeah, that's when, something I didn't really notice in this movie, but yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the kid, it was a good idea. They didn't give the kid too much to do. Just yeah. Let's let's let the kids look the kind of creepy look of an a supposed evil kid do the do the work. We're not going to give him tons of lines. We're not going to have them running around like just murdering people you know nothing was over the top really when it came to the kid um i think this first omen even probably more as we get into the other movies i think definitely this original one it doesn't get talked about as much or enough i think about the kills the kills are pretty solid in this movie um Mm -hmm. i I remembered most of most of them from memory but like watching the movie again i was like damn like they were pretty brutal, like what happens. And um, what, I, I think something. Oh, go what's ahead. Interesting about the kills that I like in the first Omen film is they're all they're almost like Final Destination esque, where it's just like they they could happen. You know what I mean? It it it's not necessarily <clears throat> fact that you watch it and you're like, "Yep, devil's doing this." You know what I mean? <laughs> like it could like it's wind and and it's not it's not in your face supernatural. You know what I mean? It's like a pole falls off of a, a building and impales the priest, which by the way, looks hella good, way better than the remake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and the glass and, and the, the decapitation, which is hella good as well. And, and the suicide, you know, Damien, it's all for you. Like, I love that scene. Super creepy. Her hitting there's the glass some, there's, is perfect. There's something in general about, about like hangings that get to me i don't know if it's me just too. because like the, the way you're just <clears throat> looking at like the body just kind of like dangling there i i think i don't know what it is and it's not even like the face or the torso it has something to do with like the legs and the feet just, just swaying like, back and forth just dead. swinging there like i i've never considered a fear of mine but like i started thinking about it after watching this like just how horrifying that would be like to come home or like walk into someplace and there's just like a body hanging there. So for this to happen at like the kid's birthday party where obviously everyone reacts the way it would probably really happen. I think, yeah, it was just pretty terrifying. And just the way it's set up too, where she's just like, Damien is off, like calling everyone attention to it to make a big production out of it. Um, something I also found interesting that I kind of liked is obviously, you know, the whole Satan thing. There's like religious 
undertones to it, obviously, but it really feels largely that this is taking place with within like a secular world where they're almost kind of learning about relating like stuff in the Bible to like the real world as they hmm. go. Like that's interesting. I never have, really thought about. Wait, before. what are you saying? I, see, I always, you talking about? I've always taken this movie like it's set in our world, like. It's just yeah, this shit is just happening yeah. in, in in the actual reality. That's interesting. You see it like, differently, though. Yeah, like what I what I mean, like so, I, comparing it to like a movie like The Exorcist, where it's like straight up, like probably what like you know deep deep rooted Catholics would think. You know, there's just like you know, it's an over the top production with Reagan being possessed and all this crazy stuff going on, which is cool. I mean, it's a it's a cool horror movie. I love it, but this feels more like taking place in. We're like it's a bunch of non-believers that are almost being converted throughout the movie because of all the circumstances going on. Is you even have like the guy like the they're doing the prophecies and the omens. You said you like the uh, the final destination aspect of the kills. Well, you can even call. I mean, that's even a play on the omen because like all those pictures he's taken when it shows like the shadows and like the the prophecies. Mm-hmm. And the omens of their death those are omens in themselves of omens yeah. of things to yeah. happen to the characters so it's pretty i just like the way they tackle kind of like the secular world and with the religion it's almost treated like it's a very european style i think of religion and life where it's like people might have like the vague belief in god but most of these characters aren't running around like scared of the end times and like oh my god like this is going on it's yeah like because it's more it's like natural like in I mean, they're not in The Exorcist either. You're just dealing with a priest. I think it's also because of where it's set, too. It's also set in England, too. I mean, if if this whole movie was set in Italy, where, you know, religion is a little bit more profound, right? I think you would have a a little bit different look at the way people perceive what's going on and stuff. Like I said, this is an American in England for the most part of the film when all this shit's kind of going down. And I think the people there just, they just kind of, they're living in a reality. I mean, you're either religious or you're not in these particular people you know they're, they're kind of in the middle ground you know they're you know they're not per se religious freaks or nothing but they're not totally against it but they are willing to learn and accept what exactly is going on i just kind of take it like it's sitting in the real I, I think it's very much reminiscent of how people would be like myself like i mean i'm not i don't really believe in a lot of stuff and and i don't know man like i mean if that shit's i mean i would be open to inter er, accepting and interpreting what might actually be happening and and i see that in these characters man especially with robert and you know and with the mom and stuff like that i mean at first you don't really want to believe that shit because it seems asinine right but i think the progression of the narrative is really really well done i've always thought this movie is just Mm -hmm. so well done in its aspect because when you first watch this movie it, it appears to be such a slow type burn but once you watch it a couple times you're like man the pacing is really fucking good it never mm-hmm. it never pushes any aspects of what it's trying to achieve too fastly that's what they do completely wrong in the remake too they try to they push things too fast a little bit it's it's kind of strange how when you when you actually compare the two like how differently well, yeah, and, uh, and poorly they're done like in that in that one it's just poorly done but this one it, 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 it does mm-hmm. it it creates it creates these characters in these beliefs and incorporates these beliefs and then the the progression of the narrative is done so well it's so well it's very atmospheric it's acted super fucking well which really does help in the movie i think this movie is just you know and like you said about the kills man i've always said this about the omen man is that the omen doesn't have an over-the-top kill count 
And it's for good reason, too, because they didn't want to make the movie over the top. It's supposed to be more subtle. Hence, like, the whole Final Destination-type kills, because it adds this kind of supernatural element to it, which is, is kind of scary, because they could actually happen, right? Um, you know, and plus... That you know the the fact that they yeah, don't like even the, the one kid. where the the uh, guy gets impaled. Um, if you watch the Omen Legacy, which is on the fourth disc of the Scream Factory box set, it's yeah. a feature length documentary. Um, they had talked about the fact that like they based that on an incident in which a cross fell from a church and killed a man. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, like some of these instances are and you know the glass thing like that freak accidents happen like that all the time when you're dealing yeah. with construction and things like that so it's a nice little like you know it's not just like the, the the son of the devil just rising up and you know looking at someone and they're bursting into flames and stuff like that it's, it's more of this like subtle sort well, of that's, um, that's, eeriness the, other, that's the other interesting thing about you know, this film too is that you know a lot of people perceive that that damien is causing you know these deaths and things like that but it, it's actually not it's it's the it's the the evils from beyond that are really doing this shit because at the time damien's five years old in, in this whole film he doesn't even know exactly what he is Right. Yeah. So, no, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's so, not doing it at all. It's no. The, it, it's, it's totally the de- essentially the devil, you know, around him and 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 you know, yeah, the, mainly protecting him. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's the thing because it's, Damien, it's, Damien it's like needs an to grow. egg, right? You need to nurture yeah. and and need- and you know. Uh, protect it until it's into exactly. its adulthood. Exactly. And um, they, yeah, I think that's a misconception. So Marshall Rosemary's baby, like, or she doesn't know that she's carrying Satan's kid. Yeah, and everyone around her is kind of protecting the process and all that. Actually, it's funny mm-hmm. bringing that up. We'll even bring that up because that's kind of a shadow to Rosemary's Baby having Mia Farrow as the nanny in uh, the remake. That's totally <laughs> that's totally done by purpose. But mm. but I I so, I just feel like this movie's kind of okay. Mike, you can finish. Oh no no! I was because <laughs> I was just going to bring up another observation about so Gregory Peck's character Robert Thorne. Does uh, he even enjoy being a dad in this movie? Oh, the, they, they neither of them do. Well, the wife is, yeah. you have to understand like, something, though. Okay, let, let's just take it from the beginning. Because, I mean, that's that's something that is actually believable in this story. Because the the movie opens up where, you know, he's rushing to the hospital. They're in Italy at the time. And, you know, the wife is having a baby. And he's told, she hasn't been told, that her baby has died. He has been told this. So mm. he goes and talks to this priest and the priest is like, yeah, you know, your, your, your wife's baby was your, your baby was born still. But we actually have a mother that gave birth to a child and she died and there's no family. This baby's just going to, you know, kind of go to waste kind of thing. So he decides to, which I've always had a problem with this narrative a little bit. I just don't see anybody being like, yeah, I'll replace the baby and not tell the mom. And that's yeah, essentially a very what, weird concept. It is a weird, it, I've always had that I, minor I kind of problem with this because it's totally JP, 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 it's 100% unrealistic because someone who's actually adopted a baby before, uh huh, it's unrealistic as fuck to but, do but, that, man. Wait, it's unrealistic Here's to a hide a big secret from your wife? to take someone else's baby and pretend it was actually yours. This is what happens into- all the time though. It's that's actually happens. When does this happen? When does dude? Some- there's lifetime movies about 
women stealing babies and and passing them off as their own because theirs died in, in the hospital and stuff like that. Yeah, but this is no, like this supposed is to be like the guy's just giving him the baby, like, hey, you're allowed to do this. Yeah, like well, he's, he's, like, he's not doing it. Kids. He's not doing it. Well, first of all, he's doing it for ulterior motives. For well, one, I know, but I'm, I'm not talking about the motives. I'm talking about Robert just accepting and being like, this you're, is this is a good idea. Then I'm gonna actually because it's he, not a good. He idea, literally but, holds the secret from his like his wife, and it just. But yeah, why does he hold? secret from his wife well because he doesn't want to upset her that their baby died obviously yeah right? He's because it's a huge her. traumatic experience exactly. somebody suggested it mm-hmm. it's a little it's not like he went and tr- sucked I, out this opportunity no, no, somebody no. suggested it so it's a little bit more believable because it's like in front know, of you it's but, like but I'm, this the, guy and me are the only one who knows we're in italy in you know long, what i mean in the long run but, of this though in the long run She's eventually going to find out, maybe. I mean, I would assume she's eventually going to find out somehow. I mean, would you rather deal with it then or just be like, okay. How would she eventually find out? I don't know, man. People find out shit all the time, man. I mean, mean, but people have cheated on their husbands and had other people's babies and they never find out. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about this, though. I'm just talking about, like, their situation, right? I mean, would you rather – I'm just saying – if you're put in this position of telling your wife that you lost your baby to being stillborn or accept this child that's not yours, bring into your life and then have her eventually find out. I think that would even be more traumatic it than telling be, her that it she would be a, if she found out. I know, but, but I mean, you got to be realistic that would be about a it. Hard secret it's it, to exactly carry that. Your whole life. That's my point. It's one what of those things that? where I think so. And of course, it's a burden. burden to I mean, it, from the beginning. It the, depends if it matters to you or not. Does it matter that, that, that it, it, you're doing it for good? It's not like you're doing it in a sneaky way, right? It's something that you're doing to re- alleviate grief and pain and, uh, and 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 this horrible experience from this person that you love and care about. I think it's easier to hold on to secrets like that because it's it's not selfish. You're not doing it for any selfish reason. You're doing it for them. I know, but not everyone's going to see it like that, too. I mean, she could also be like, if she finds out one day and be like, what the fuck did you do? Like, that's insane. Like, that's that's just craziness because a lot of rational people wouldn't make that decision. Do you think she would love that child any less? Well, or by then, would it be like? I could see why you kind of did this. I'm I'm pissed that you lied to me. It can go either but way. It depends I on the totally person. See. I mean, you can see both both sides of the, the of the spectrum, though, right? I mean, people might take it a different way and shit. But it's yeah. Like, would you take? How would you take it? I feel like I would take it like I could see why you did this. I'd be fucking I, pissed. Really? <laughs> I would be because like, she held because the person was holding a fucking a lie against but, me. Like it's just, it's but, a lie. But they weren't holding it against you. It's they were not, holding it for you i know but see that's the way you look at it i'd just be like dude you didn't tell me the fucking truth like i would have just rather him been like yo man like let's talk about this let's take this this is what happened let's you know rationalize replace whatever but it is it's a rash decision that is strange i mean i just for like a woman i think it's different because it's like she carried this baby for nine months and she's gonna think this was her child that she birthed this whole time and then find out but Uh, yeah but uh, if she adopted it it's one thing but if it's like put upon her it's like another thing i don't know it's just a weird a very weird thing it's kind of taken away here's here's an example right here's here's something similar right like when i was growing up i thought one person was my father for a very long time um Mm -hmm. and then when i was older my mom said hey this is actually not your real father your real father is mexican and i was like oh shit for real and i was i mad at my mother for not telling me earlier no i was i saw i know why she did it she did it 
to to alleviate this sort of pain and and stuff that you go through not knowing your father but you know in the guy who ended up not being my real father i didn't look i didn't feel like he wasn't my father all of a sudden you know what i mean he still did raise me and you know help me and and my brother was his real son and stuff like that so you know it was it was easier to digest i wasn't mad about it and i think it's kind of similar situation you know where it's like you just didn't tell her that that's not her real i mean it's it's a bigger it definitely yeah i mean i think like yeah if the kid turns 18 and he tells her like yeah she's still gonna obviously love this kid that she raised her whole life but it's gonna be a shock to the system like wow this wasn't my blood child this whole time and you lied to me she's definitely that's why i see it i don't think she won't especially when she finds out it's actually the devil's son but that (laughs) yeah yeah, that would be a real low blow. Yeah, but all this is kind of leading to the point I was trying to make about someone said, did, was that you, Carly? Is that did the did Robert even really you know want to be a dad kind of thing? I think you know him knowing that it's not his child. I think that was just a kind of a stigma. He just kind of looked mm-hmm. at him a little bit differently, right? So I think that's how he plays the character in the film, which I think yeah. is fantastic. Too, I, right? I think also and, that coupled with the fact that they're like proper rich people whose nannies take care of their kids yeah yeah for sure sure. i mean there's a a little bit of love loss there and that just the way they do things as you said as you know your status in society is a little bit different too um but i mean i i I dig the whole you know uh woman intuition in this film too because the mom is like she just feels something's wrong i like that aspect that they threw that into it too all the all the animals do too exactly well like yeah like Mm -hmm. because animals have that instinct too right and so they kind of feel like it's off and stuff and i love the way it's portrayed in the film too it it, like i said it doesn't go too fast it kind of develops itself perfectly it has this great pace to it it's like it's a slow burn but everything is paced out perfectly and and you know even with the kills and stuff this it's not one of those movies that kind of lumps all the kills into one time it spreads them out perfectly and by the end of the film you're like oh wow like six people died i mean it's pretty crazy but going back to what mike said about the kills this movie does have some of the most memorable kills in cinema in cinema history i mean honestly we talked about the hanging that scene is terrifying it really mm-hmm. is terrifying for a you know a couple different reasons man because of why she's doing it which we'll get into in a minute because i've actually always had a little bit of an issue with what she says because it honestly doesn't even make a lot of sense um but uh but the kills though man i mean the decapitation scene you know, the mom getting thrown out the fucking window i mean there's some memorable ass fucking kills in this movie and it's not even even, a, even when she falls off of the damn balcony and yeah. like kills her baby it's pretty that's yeah. a kill that counts yeah that's like like yeah like <laughs> i said man the, the the those moments of death scenes in this movie and this isn't even about a it's not a body count film it's not about you know, know the kill right? scenes it's about this core narrative about you know the, the devil's son and shit like that it's crazy but they just incorporate that stuff so well and you don't really even think about it until you actually start talking about like how effective those those death scenes are and stuff and really really well done man but you know going back to i do want to bring up you know the the, the birthday scene with uh, the nanny the the first nanny um you know they're at this birthday scene and that's when we get introduced to like the hound from hell it's basically like, you know, this person that's the watching. Rottweiler. The Rottweiler is, you know, mm-hmm. is basically a dog from hell. And it's it's the evil force that's protecting Damien and stuff. And, you know, basically what happens is the nanny kind of gets influenced by this thing. There's a scene where she's looking straight at the dog and it clearly influences her to do something. It, it cuts away to something that's happening and it cuts back to her and she's on top of the roof. And she says, Damien, this is all for you and jumps off and, and kills herself. Now, I've always wondered why that scene happens like that. It's a beautifully effective scene but the fact that she says damien this is all for you because damien doesn't know what he is so what she's saying to damien actually doesn't even 
matter because he could never absorb that <laughs> because he doesn't know what he is. Plus, he wasn't the influence on her. Plus, her killing him herself, he's not he's not gaining anything from that, right? It's not about that. It's not. It's just the devil doing devil evil shit, man. I know, but like, uh, but, but you got to admit I, the, uh, the, the devil, line, the, the line. The, I the wish devil was getting rid of her. Out of- I, I think it was kind of getting her out of the way so the nanny yeah. could come in, the double yeah. nanny could come in. Yeah, no, no, I understand why she was removed from the equation, for sure, because we needed the the next nanny to come in because she was, you know, she had the agenda. I understand that completely, but why the line, the why, Damien, this is all for you? Right? She like, knows well, he it's, has it's the for her, it's for It's for his protection. Yeah, it's for his betterment and his development. Yeah. And I mean, you could look thing. at it like that, I guess. But like, I'm just saying because as a kid, even five years old, you can still kind of absorb things. He'd be kind of looking up there, like, "What do you mean? What's for me?" Like, he doesn't Maybe, know, right? I, don't, I feel like he, he kind of knows. Sure he's, he's, well, he's um, not supposed to, Carly. That's the thing. He doesn't know what he uh, is. He, he doesn't even know what he is until part two when he's 12 years old. Like at that point, because he's still the evil forces even up until the time when. Um, Hendrickson's character actually tells him to go read the scripture in the Bible. That's when he realizes what he is because he knows he's different a little bit. He has mm. powers and stuff, but he doesn't understand. And it's not. And I think they do a pretty good job in part two of even not exploiting that to the point where it's like he's using his powers, but he doesn't know why and stuff like. But once he finds out what he is, that's when he uses his powers, and that's kind of the turning point in the franchise. But you know, up to that point, he I doesn't know even what at he this is. Age though, he has a little bit of mis- mystical. I think he has like a su- feeling inside. He just. Doesn't doesn't know for sure. what it is but, like yeah. by part two yeah. that's so, what i always got from it but you telling a five-year-old this is all for you he's kind of gonna look yeah. at you and go it's, uh, i okay. feel like it's more to tell i feel like it's more of just the devil showing off and they talk about that in the documentary too mm-hmm. like um the devil wants to show off like the devil wants people to know that yeah. like even though it's counterproductive in a way yeah but you could say that about the whole movie because the prophecy is that the devil will not win you know what I mean? The prophecy says that that God and uh, will and you know the the righteous people will win. So you know, <laughs> but that's <laughs> you're what I always liked about this movie. Battle. You're completely right too, man. The prophecy says that the devil will not win, but the the, the beauty of this movie is that Damien does well. Damien technically, I mean, the evil forces win the first no, battle. Well, the right? the prophecy doesn't say that that they won't win battles. Just the end result will be in yeah, favor. Yeah, of, of course. But I mean, I mean, people, you could kind of look. Well, at that that's actually like, all of these. Most of these movies, the, the, the evil wins, which is oh, yeah. I think all but one, which is pretty cool actually, because you don't expect it. But that's not actually what was originally intended. The original ending was for him to kill Damien on the altar or whatever. No, but that's um, why but I think this actor, is so effective. I think this is why this movie is so effective is because oh, of the end scene. Yeah, I agree. And, well, yeah, and the actor, um, Gregor, who is it? All, what is it? Peck? Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Gregory yeah. Peck. Yeah. He had a real issue with killing the kid. He like thought it would be bad for his image and he just didn't want to do it. So yeah. they it filmed he's, the director finally made him a deal. Let's film it both ways and whatever one works better we'll use um and they ended up using the one where he didn't die um where the kid didn't get killed but the they they didn't like the ending so they had the the studio had him reshoot the very end where you yeah. see damien there standing next to the grave and that's the reveal of what happened um, and he said, it was funny in the doc, he said that he was giving the kid direction. He's like, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> like, don't you dare 
smile or laugh. I will never talk <laughs> to you again. Like being real, like he's like, I will never talk to you again. Telling the kid this, and the kid just like can't hold it in and cracks that like smile. And he's like, oh. it was like fucking gold on screen. Yeah, oh, so that was, never, that was never planned because I no, was... he was supposed to just turn around and look into the camera. Yeah. And he was telling him off camera, he's like, when the camera's like, when he, they, they're rolling, he's like, don't, do not. That's brilliant. I will That's never brilliant. talk to you again if you break character. <laughs> Tell him this little five-year-old kid he's never going to talk to him I'd again. I'd be laughing so and hard. And the kid just like that. can't hold it in and just smiles. <laughs> Which is very and effective. It, it worked perfect, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you if you haven't watched the Omen Legacy, definitely check it out. It gives a huge insight into it. It's a doc on all four of the original films. Um, but one issue that I have with the film mm-hmm. is because you were kind of giving your grievances a little bit. Whenever they go to um, Rome or whatever to um, check the grave of the mother. Yeah. And they see the jackal and then they see his baby, which was murdered. But the skeleton's is, way too big. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Is it? Though? It's like the, the, Fred, oh, it's, the Freddy baby skeleton. Dude, it's too big. How that, big that, is it? It's dude. It's like, did you see how long? It looks that like thing a is? football. It's I mean, way too long. It, it looks like it's three feet long. I actually, I've always had that issue because it just looks ridiculous. Like it's way too long. But I, I couldn't tell because perspective. You, it's not. There's nothing next to it to compare it. To. Yeah. I mean, I'm the just, camera just. I'm just comparing it to the rest of the skeletal structure. I guess. Yeah, it just uh, looks too big. I mean, just from you know the glance that you get of it, it just. I've always thought it just looked a little bit too big. But. I don't know how big a baby is when it's born, honestly. So I, I that I just wouldn't know. It's but, really um, tiny. There, yeah. Yes. And I it mean, comes out your vagina. Of course, it's tiny, dude. Dude. What? Yeah, yeah, Twenty-one vagina? inches is a long baby kind of thing. So you think about how short that is, really? I don't know. I well, how long would you how long would you say that one is? That one looked like it was like two and a half feet, which is way too big, <laughs> like thirty inches. <laughs> See, really? <laughs> like, like when I look at it on screen, like I've always looked at it as like a. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like really tiny to me, but I, I don't know. I just never looked at I it. I can't even like remember. Well, that's because you are tiny. <laughs> Maybe. Because you know, uh, like, it's a lot smaller than the jackal, like a lot smaller. Yeah. But uh, the, so anyway, my, my point of this is like, why? Why did they bury these two things? Well, to hide. Well, it was. It was. They had to hide the, the yeah. baby's remains. The right? evidence. But why to, would like, you get rid of any evidence? fucking Terry. Like throw it in the woods or something. Well, no, because well, if someone ever came looking, I mean, I don't know. It's just for what, evidence. Like what I'm saying is, like you're giving the people, like you're gonna bury the jackal, <laughs> like in a grave where the mom's body. It's should not be. even the fact that it's a jackal. It's supposed to be its mom. It's just being played off. Like you put a tombstone here. This is this person that was bo- or died this day, given birth. I know, but why actually put the jackal there? Like if somebody ever comes to investigate this shit. Oh, like, you mean actually put the physical jackal in the grave? Just like have the tombstone yes, like with the nothing in there. Yes, like the people that are trying to because that's kind of suspect birth. too. Though, like you're like, where the fuck is the human uh, skeleton that's supposed to be there? I mean, regardless, I mean, if there was nothing in there, you'd still be questioning. You're like, where'd the mum go? Why is the mum not there? But I mean, who would question at this, at this point? Someone that maybe I don't know. Whoever is going to investigate, no, maybe what I'm saying is the people that are in control of this. Why are they burying the bodies? Like well, because, yeah, I don't know. I mean, really, I mean, the people that are that were involved in this shit are, you know, they're not true uh, religious fanatics. So the burying of the body shouldn't have actually technically mattered. But 
No, they are. They're the ones that are birthing the. They're trying. They gave the dude the Antichrist. Yeah, I know. Because he needs to be raised into a political family and stuff. Yeah. So I'm saying, well, that, why would I'm, they I'm, I'm put saying Christians. I'm saying they're not let, Christians. Christians would, or you know, Catholics or whatever, would bury their dead, kind of thing. But well, yeah, but I'm saying uh, that besides, like the reasons for you're not burying your dead because it's like the right thing to do. Like I, I'm saying, why? Why? It, why would they not? Like, okay, how do I explain this? So, the people, the the father who's investigating this, right? Well, why? Yeah. Why is he able to find? this like wouldn't that make sense to hide the evidence well i mean it would but i mean sometimes the best dude i mean i mean they did have to go through like i said like i I know but i'm saying what the fuck is the point of burying the jackal if if you were them because if there's nothing in the grave it's just as incriminating as as having the jackal in there i mean No, it's not. If there's if there's no body, you're literally the, like if, if, if you the dig legend it up, is they're born from a jackal and then there's nothing in the grave, like versus the jackal. That's a, no, that's dude. A that, they find out when they of, open it. They don't they don't figure that out before they fucking dig into the grave that it was a jackal. They found the, the, yeah, the they, they, I thought they knew that beforehand. No, that they that's when they find out because at that moment when okay, they dig up I'm his saying, kid, like, what the fuck? I'm saying what is the purpose of putting the jackal in the grave in general, even if they don't know. Dude, I don't fucking know. Like I said, like, the way I perceive no it as the way I perceive it. You're telling me you wasted time to dig a grave to bury the jackal. Why? I don't fucking know, dude. The way I perceive it is that if you had someone come and looking and doing some investigation and they look at that gravestone and like, okay, this is where this woman should be buried and they like dig they it up and there's nothing bones? and there's nothing in there. But I if think they see it, I think dog it's the same. bones, it's going to be just as it's going to be worse, maybe. <laughs> I guess you're right. I mean, you know, I mean, it, all it does is basically conclude what they, you know, what they were trying to investigate, really. Um, I mean, but it, I'm saying like, it, like, OK, let's say you, you somebody dies and, you know, you have a, you have uh, the the, you know, people that dig the grave, the people that own the cemetery, whatever, like they're not they're they're like doing doing the jackal instead like your argument that like oh well they have to have something there in case somebody invest it's like no they they, it would be better to actually have nothing there but i'm saying like why it's almost like they put the jackal there for some sort of like reason like i don't know like why would shown to the viewer though too man it's you got to remember this is that's the payoff like it's good it looks it's like shocking and frightening it's because they find the kid for because that's at that moment that's when he realizes that the church had actually killed his baby and he's like fuck so then they rip open the other thing and like oh man no they just look at jackal first oh yeah they do yeah and then they see the baby and then he's like yeah my baby's dead in there that's right but either way it doesn't really matter but no uh, it's great for cinema like it looks awesome both scenes of the jackal and then the baby yeah, yeah. is creepy as fuck but i'm just like why did they I actually that whole bury scene, the jackal why wouldn't they just throw yeah. the jackal away or something i mean honestly i think it's more for us right you want to physically see that thing i mean if you were in yeah, a, if you were in the real world problem right i don't think so no so if there was nothing there wouldn't you be asking the question like how did they know it was coming that it came from a jackal no, I'm saying that it's a it's a problem in the script that doesn't make sense. Whether it's the jet, like like that scene doesn't make sense to happen that way is what I mean, I'm maybe saying. Maybe 
just sloppy. You would have to find out it was a jackal from another way, not fucking digging up the the remains because that just doesn't make sense that they would be there. That's the one issue that I have with the whole film. I think that's the one flaw in the script. I mean, these guys that were birthing these fucking Antichrist and stuff, I mean, they knew it came from the jackal and stuff. Maybe they were just given its fucking, its holy bearing. I don't know. I mean, that you could make an argument that that thing was important to them. The That's jackal, the consi- mother, like so I said, they buried it. They're not Catholic. They're not, terms of like, they're not on the good side. I mean, the, the jackal was part of the bad part of the story. So maybe they were actually just giving it its fucking, it's, uh, it's burying that it's supposed to have because it did birth the Antichrist, yeah. you know, maybe but then that's, why that's, bury the, the kid with the puncture in its head? <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe coming back to the investigative the monastery, part. Uh, cemetery was part of, and the then ritual. why also tell everybody where you buried it? So some random people can just go ask somebody else and then go see it. <laughs> Well, they had to go through several steps, didn't they? It wasn't like one person just like, oh, here it, it is. It was not very hard to find out where these graves were. <laughs> well, they, they, they right do now. investigate pretty quick, but enough. they do investigate like, I feel pretty like quick. I could go there and find out, like, hey, where'd you bury the, like, jackal at? And they're like, oh, it's out back down that rod, right over next to the pet cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> next to the pet cemetery. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, no, that's the, the literally the only plot convenience thing that I have an issue with in the entire film. Other than that, I think it's I brilliant. mean, they do investigate to the right people and stuff. I mean, that's one thing I like about this movie is because you don't, like, you know, if you're not fully paying attention to the locations and stuff, it actually does switch around quite a bit. I mean, it starts in Rome, you know, then it goes to, you know, the UK. Then they go back to Rome. They go to fucking, uh, I think they end up in going to somewhere in Jerusalem. Is it in Israel or something like that? And then back to UK. So, like, it, the locations actually change quite a bit in this film. It's kind of interesting, you know, for a film that's under two hours, all the different locations that they're in and stuff. I like that. <clears throat> I do, I have, a, I do have a problem. Of, give me one second. I love the stress level of the lead character, like, because even though you said earlier, you know, like, he doesn't he doesn't have that super father son connection. Yeah. But still like when it comes down to the fact that like people are telling him like, dude, this is your son. He's the antichrist. And like, you're going to have to kill him. Like it's like paint. Like you're just like, Whoa, like the weight of that actual responsibility is like, for one, you have to kill a kid for two. It's your son kind of. And three, like you still have that doubt. Like what if it's not the antichrist? And then two, well, of course, like, if you get caught, you're probably going to go to prison regardless if you tell them it's the Antichrist or not. So it's like, you know, do, like, would you sacrifice your whole existence for that of the future of the world? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's heavy, dude. It's it's a heavy weight. Really heavy. Oh, and then the other thing that I had an issue with is I feel like the performance of the preacher who first uh, meets him. I think they try to explain it away by saying he was like riddled with cancer and was like doped yeah. up on morphine, yeah. Yeah. but he's like a blabbling idiot. Like, I'm like, of course this guy's not going to fucking believe you, dude. You're saying like, eat the son of the flesh of the Christ and stuff. Yeah, I'm like, like just explain right to him that his son's the antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> like you're saying all this weird shit of look like crazy babbling moron. He's like, you um, guys are in danger. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't know. But yeah, I I, I, I kind of like that though because yes. you know he's he's kind of taken it as like because Robert's not a religious fanatic and stuff, and they even stress that in the film too. Like this guy's talking all this crazy shit, and, and it pushes him further away, which kind of adds to the element in the narrative too because he's like, what the fuck, this guy? Like he's a typical religious nut talking all this crazy shit. Like I'm yeah, not gonna but, believe it. But I like that because it pushes him further I away. Like he really doesn't want to believe the, it at all now. I like it for the result. Yeah. But does it make sense for a character? If you really thought that if you knew that this person was the antichrist, wouldn't you try to do whatever you could? Like, wouldn't well, you think like, I need to explain it to this guy so he'll believe me. Yeah. Not- you you got to remember though, if you're a priest and you've lived your whole life for God, and then this moment is there, like the antichrist is literally underneath your fucking, your nose. You might be a little bit hysterical too, because you got to remember your whole life revolves uh. around God. Right. This is a major, major threat to you because if the Antichrist takes over and and does what he's supposed to do, that's the end of the fucking, you know, the good as you know, it kind of thing. So I can see him being a little bit hysterical, hysterical and talking some crazy shit mixed in with the morphine and the riddled cancer. I mean, if your balls are all lumpy and shit, I'd be pissed off too. I'll take that excuse rather than, you know, he's just nervous because of his whole I, life honestly, I actually really like actually I really like the whole meetings with the with the priest and stuff and the way they set up his death and shit it's awesome like that fucking scene after he leaves them in the park there and then the shit just goes crazy like the evil yeah, forces I love take what, off and the storm I love the storm and then oh when he gets impaled and oh man it's just a brilliantly it's like it's almost like a beautiful death scene it's crazy man like cinematography and, and the way they shot these death scenes in this film are just fantastic man there's nothing bad about them you mean how in this this one it looks like an actual storm in the remake it looks like a soundstage studio CG storm. and then the shitty ass impaling CG fucking uh, pe- cross impaling. it looks like something Dude, off of like it looks so bad film. let's oh wait to let's save the remake okay. but <laughs> yeah um but yeah man you know I I think it's I I love that shit too man you know when they get to Israel and they go and meet the archaeologist um and they go and get the uh, the daggers you know the one and only thing that'll kill Damien right. And uh, he's just at that point, he's just like, nah, man, I can't fucking do this. You know, it's a kid kind of kid throws him into the construction site. And then the photographer goes in there to fucking get him. And I'm like, dude, I just love the way that shit happens, man, because you know that he's probably going to die because of the, you know, the pictures, of the omen and stuff. Right. He's literally admitted that, you know, he's just waiting for it. He's next (laughs) in line. It's like the whole final destination thing. He kind of knows his death is coming, but you don't know when. And you know that as a viewer, too. And then that moment, like when you first watch this film. You're just like, oh, he's going to pick him up, and then wham! Fucking greatest decapitation of all time, man, in my opinion. It just looks so fucking good. It's so perfect. That pane of glass that comes right through him and shit. Yeah, it like bounces on the top of the glass. Oh, it's so good because they don't cut away from it. They literally show him being severed, and like it's the head's bouncing on the pane of glass and shit. I'm just like, oh, fuck. It's brilliant. It's so good, mm-hmm. man. I love it. It's great stuff. Um, yeah. What else do you guys have on the film? Mike? Carly, any any things you want to uh, you know, any cons to the film and stuff? I mean, I, I kind of stated you know like my little minor minor things. I think JP's plot whole thing is completely ridiculous. Um, what? But, but I think I mean I mean but I'm not gonna. Argue, I mean that's that's what your complaint is. But I actually I like I said I think I've, my complaint is more valid than your complaint. What do you mean about her saying this one's for you, Damien? I just think it's it's oh kind of stupid when the oh kid can't when he doesn't understand that to th- to talk directly to him when he doesn't understand it just seems kind of stupid come to I'm me. the one that like whenever you'll be like people will be like man JP name. just disagrees to like hear himself disagree but then like moods disagrees with me on stuff that's actually like kind of valid you do the same thing 
<laughs> but I'm the one that gets the heat for it. It's fucking dirty. <laughs> okay, I, I will me. make I will make kind of a petty <laughs> yeah, I, I will make a petty observation here. And one thing about this film that's always bothered me, and it's you know it doesn't really affect a whole lot of shit. But I gotta say, man, when they meet the fucking the priest in uh, in Rome or whatever, the, the dude that got burnt up in the fire and stuff, where they lost all the files and shit. Man, dude, the makeup on him is so bad. It just looks horrible. It looks like a four-year-old just applied like... It looks like a four-year-old applied like paper mache to his face or something like that. I've always like kind of laughed about it. I mean, it's just a minor, minor thing. It's not affecting the, the film rating or anything, but it just looks really bad. Because it's super yeah. close. It's a close-up shot. And you're just like, oh, man. And then when you put it into the context of the effects in the film, like all the other kills, the impaling, you know, you know everything, the mother getting thrown out the window, everything is just so good and stuff. And you look at that one scene, you're like, hmm, they probably could have spent a little bit more time or maybe called on Savini to do some effects on this guy. Because <laughs> it's just not really great. But anyways, I don't really have a lot of gripes with it, man. I think uh, I think it's a good film. But Carly Michael, you guys, dog. Yeah, I don't really have much bad to say about it. I mean, I think all the kills, like you said, are beautifully done. Just like, you know, the impalements of the guy just standing there. It's super eerie. The decapitation, that and hanging are the two things that creep me out the most. And you get both of those done perfectly in this film. So, you know, besides it being like maybe a little bit slowed down halfway through, I really don't have any complaints with it. And even like the slower parts, I'm still completely invested. So... Yeah, I don't have anything major that really sticks out. Okay, so, you know, going back to what I said earlier about, you know, Damien not really being the driving force behind Axons, it's, it's the evil that's protecting him that's doing this stuff. What about the scene where, you know, he he eventually takes out his mom's uh, baby? Because obviously, Damien, they need to kill that baby because that's going to get, in, you know, could get in the way of Damien taking over the the riches, you know, the fortune and and not fame, but, you know, the, you know, the, the, uh, the fortune and power and stuff like that i think that's actually missed by a lot of people why they kill the baby um i've seen that in reviews before that like why the fuck did they kill the baby off and i'm like it's because the whole point of protecting damien is so he inherits the 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 fortune so he become so he can get the power kind of thing right yeah they're gonna yeah, they're gonna his dad has get the, rid connection, of any, the political connections and stuff they're yeah. gonna get mm-hmm. rid of any threat exactly even if it's a minor threat it's still a threat oh no it's a big threat because you know if you have two kids one might get more of the fortune whatever right so you you have to eliminate everything or if it's ever discovered that he's adopted and not like the blood kid yeah true that but that that scene though like i mean when you know the mom basically has her accident quote unquote um is that damien doing that or is that the forces that kind of put damien in that position i mean i think Mix. Yeah, I think it's definitely the forces. That's always why I thought Damien's like Damien's a little bit involved thought, with like I feel like Damien knows kind of what's going on in a way, but I think it is like you see, know the forces driving him to do. I don't think I would rather in, that like, be that way. Cognitively knows. Yeah, he's not like trying to do. He's not like this is what I'm gonna do next or anything like it's that. Like, yeah, going like back to what I think. Now. Going back I think to what I evil, think of it. His evil protector set up to death, but then the the point of the lingering shot of him just kind of looking at her is more just to get it across that it's like, he's the, he's the antichrist and he doesn't have emotion. Like, even though it's his mom, he mm-hmm. doesn't have that attachment. And he's like, it's just, this is just going to happen now. You're just going to die. And I don't, I don't care why he's not actively like trying to remove her hands from it or anything. He's just kind of watching it play out. Yeah, he's not helping or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
just just a thought just a thought the the sales of the bible increased dramatically after this film was released <laughs> i i totally i 100 believe that for sure same with the exorcist but people yeah, are like man one. i need to find some religion right now because you know reading the oh, bible yeah, apparently like, will save your soul i don't know <laughs> right so they they i mean they talk about it in the documentary too that just you know um, the amount of like people that went to church at church after this and stuff like that. It was the same with the exorcist. Like the exorcist was the first big influx. Well, Rosemary's baby was the first big influx. Then the exorcist, then the omen. You don't um, see that today at all. No, like a film. I don't know if people were dumber back then. Yeah. There's like no just impacts. Like, we're just, we're way more fucking blaspheme and fucking going to hell. <laughs> I think you know we're just I mean? so used to it. There's just so much more now. And back then, it's like something like the freaking Exorcist. No one ever seen anything to that extent before. Or even this movie. I mean, this movie still creeps me out a bit. So I can see that's being a shock to the system because movies were a little bit more tame back then and not really dealing with stuff like this completely in this way, especially with like little kids. So I don't know. I think we just became like immune to it and don't care anymore. Um, little trivia here. Uh, the goldfishes that are on the ground when uh, the mom falls uh, were actually sardines that were dead painted orange because um, the director, Richard Donner, refused to kill goldfish for the sake of making a movie. And I'm thinking like, man, like, that's commendable. Like, but <laughs> like, who did you say? Did you say you said who was against it? Richard Donner. Oh, Richard Donner. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, dude, I hope you never had to talk to any Italian filmmakers. <laughs> uh, no shit, right? <laughs> yeah. I like know. that. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. I but, always thought they were real. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, the budget was like super small at first and the studio didn't believe in it and they shopped it around a bunch. It took it took a while to get this film made. Of course, there's the whole Omen curse, uh, which follows... Um, I didn't know this, but like, oh, there's some fucked it, up shit, man. They talk a lot about even the continuation of the curse through the other films, mm-hmm. um, which oh. I thought I didn't know. You know, even the Shutter show that came out really just talk about the Omen, but like in the Omen Legacy documentary, they actually talk all the way up to the fourth film about problems that were, you know, considered the Omen curse. But they also talk heavily about the fact that the publicity department took every single thing that happened and they knew what they were doing like they were pushing it as like before the film came out like pushing that narrative of like hey this film is so dark that like you know there was all this bad stuff that happened so Mm. uh it may have been like manufactured and at least exaggerated a little bit but it, it is interesting how much stuff happened yeah yeah man it is eerie could be coincidental but it is pretty damn eerie like how yeah. there actually was like a decapitation after with one of uh somebody that was in the production and stuff car accident and i think it was the wife that got decapitated very similar and like what? eerily to the decapitation that happened there it's just crazy shit like there is i can't remember everything but greg i know um gregory peck was supposed to take uh he was supposed to be on a flight to England to go shoot uh, when they first started doing the Omen and stuff. And anyways, he ended up having to cancel the flight and stuff, but that flight crashed. And, and the flight he was on, the lightning struck it. Yeah, well, that's right. So and that then another person, the same thing happened. Lightning to, struck that just... plane too, and then they were like, "Okay, lightning, mm-hmm. lightning." You see, the thing is, I worked in the in the 
um, airline industry for a lot of years, lightning striking planes is actually crazy common. It happens all the fucking time, man. Especially like where we, it it, all the time. But planes are built with um, actually like a system to actually kind of deflect it now and shit. So Mm -hmm. it'll hit the plane, but like before it, sometimes it would take the planes out, right? Um, So it's a lot safer to fly. But yeah, that's crazy. Plane crash and then two get hit by light. I mean, it's kind of telling you something there. And then, um, was it in the Omen too, or they took off, the plane took off or something like that. And then it crashed and killed the family. And, oh, it was just fucking crazy. Just all this crazy shit that happened, man. Um, also Gregory Peck, um, before he accepted the role, um, they were going to, they were eyeing him up for the role. And then they, uh, this like in 75 when they were in Mm pre-production and before they sent him the script, his son committed suicide. So they debated on whether they should send him the script about killing a child. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? So, uh, they debated it and finally decided, Hey, I know that he wasn't the original person they had my, I think they actually thought of Oliver Reed to do the role, which actually would have made Oliver Reed would have been good in the role because he, he just has that look, you know, I think he would have been mm-hmm. great in the role, but uh, yeah, the studio did not want to pay. Actually, I think Gregory Peck even might've took a pay cut for this film, but, um, they, um, they really wanted, uh, a good, you know, name to play the part, but they, the studio didn't want to put the money up to pay a, a big name person. Still all of was probably costing a little bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, the, one of the reasons that uh, so he just the, went did burnt offerings. Yeah, one Same one here. of the reasons that um, Harvey <laughs> Stevens was cast as Damien was because um, he attacked Richard Donner during the auditions. Nah, that's amazing. Actually, yeah. that's kind of ironic that that he attacked Richard Donner Richard Donner in the uh, auditions because I was actually reading this funny little factoid on him. Um, actually, I think it was in like 2017 or some shit. He actually got arrested for uh i think it was like a uh uh road rage attack he got into like some kind of road rage shit man and he got into an altercation with some dude and punched him unconscious and shit and got sent to jail (laughs) (laughs) so i was like oh that's pretty fucking funny yeah that's pretty funny i always thought it was kind of interesting too because you know the guy that plays um the kid harvey spencer stevens uh, he didn't really have an acting career. He did, you know, The Omen. Then he did like some TV film, which I think he just had a small role. And then he has a, a cameo in the in the remake as a reporter. Yeah, was, but, but that's it I for his that. whole career. Yeah, it's, it's it for his whole career. It's just kind of weird. I guess oh, when you when you have a role like Damien, when you only really have about six words in the whole film, yeah, I mean it's kind of hard to show your your uh, acting chops, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, would you just oh, keep no. getting roles based on looking like the creepiest fucking kid ever? I mean, realistically, that's not really how Hollywood works, but sometimes it does, I guess. But there, but I, there is so much trivia on this movie, and yeah, honestly, dude, popular. I don't know if you dipped into your Scream Factory set at all. It <sighs> not, is okay. absolutely fucking insane how much special features are on those. Every every one of them has uh, every film has special features. Like the fourth disc, the Omen Four, has the hour and half long documentary there's a 30 minute thing with Wes Craven talking about the first omen like obviously the first has the most special features but Mm -hmm. there is like four fucking commentaries like two of them are new I was so overwhelmed looking through that stuff that I just watched the omen legacy but it is like it would take you 
so long to get through all those special features. Yeah, no, it's I, insane. I thought that was actually pretty impressive with all the features on that also, but uh, I, I won't lie, man. Like, I was kind of being weird this week. Like, I was putting off shit. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch 91 films. I got lots of time. And then some shit happened <laughs> in my life. And I was like, holy fuck, I got to, I got to like buckle down here and get all these Owen films, wa- films watched because, you know, they're like two hours a piece. So I found myself watching three on Wednesday and like two yesterday. And I was like, so I watched a lot of Omen in two days. And I was like, I, I'm done. I, I can't watch the features on this shit. I'm fucking done with the with the omen right now. So I think it's because, you know, you end with part four and five and you're just like, man, maybe I should have just watched the documentaries, but knowing me, I'll watch them after we do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, time, the, but... there's a bunch of different featurettes and documentaries. Yeah, like, I know. 20 minute ones, 30 minute ones. Yeah, like I, I it's it. just stacked. And be careful on that set because it's actually listed wrong. I couldn't find the documentary um, because it said it was on disc three, like the third film. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't. So I checked the first one, the second one, and I was like, well, it's definitely not on the well, fourth one. Well, there's two different documentaries, isn't there? Isn't there two different ones? Uh, I think there might be, but the main one is the one that documented the it, – it's the Omen Legacy, and it documented the first four films. Yeah, yeah. Um, that That's kind of the one that everybody knows about. But yeah, um, yeah it was really good. Turns out the Omen was responsible for getting Star Wars made. Bet you didn't know that. Well, that's an interesting factoid that I did not mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. didn't know it that's interesting nope. so why what why was the, what was the Tell driving force why. uh because it the money that it made they used to make star wars oh, okay. oh. production company okay yeah so it, it filled the coffers that's yep. interesting, interesting <clears throat> shit um all right so do we want to just get into some ratings anybody want to volunteer to go first not it Mike, you can go first. Yeah, was good. Hell no. Nah. Oh, damn it. Before I could <laughs> say no. Um, all right. So I don't have many, if any, flaws in this movie. I think that it's a really good take on the evil kid slash uh, second coming of Satan. Or, I think that uh, it has a – it's a slow but deliberate pace um it's like i said the kills are really really good and i i like the ending how it kind of sets up and how we're kind of left off with the opening um where at the time you're probably like people i think there could be more but there also doesn't necessarily need to be um it's one of those kind of endings and on this rewatch i just you know i i've obviously seen this movie a few times before but it's been a while so getting to kind of refresh my memory on everything i just think it's a really solid movie um i'm gonna go with a nine out of ten for this one cool all right um me personally dude like i think that this one is much i guess i i don't see much wrong with it it's very good um i look back at my other ratings uh, when we did it on the show and i believe me you you moods jeremy and brandon all had it at our i think number three spot yeah we did um and christian had it as number two spot and it was nines across the board every single person rated it a nine but i truly think it i feel like i have to go up it's only gotten better for me since watching it uh, not quite ready to give it a ten yet, but I will give it a nine and a half. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. Um, yeah, there's really not much wrong with this film. Again, I kind of never really ran back to this one a whole lot because I always remembered it as being like something I just wasn't really into. But um, great film, great kills, fantastic score that kicks in at all the right times, great acting. I mean, it really is a near-perfect movie. Um, I, you know, it's hard for me not to give it a 10 because it, there's not really many flaws I have with it. But um, right now I'm at a 9. I would give it just because... Like I said, it's not one that I really run back to a whole lot. So nine out of ten for me. Dude, did we even bring up their little trip to the zoo in the movie? No, not really. Not really. No. With that was pretty creepy. The mm-hmm. I don't want to like get off on a tangent, but just a a very short memory from when I was a kid. Uh, my babysitter put on this movie, and my biggest memory of the entire thing was the scene with like the, what what are they? baboons baboons and they start attacking the car that always stuck with me that was like the one thing that like years later when i revisited the movie i was like oh that's that one movie where like the baboons attack the car because of the evil kid Uh, um that was just terrifying as a kid to see you know that was not intentional like the baboons actually freaked out and and they couldn't control them. It was yeah. like an actual attack. Yeah, that's. Right. I'm not surprised Terrible. to hear that. But it <laughs> and it, I was, think, it made for some movie magic. I think that's actually why that scene is a little bit awkward too, because you know, if knowing that, it makes sense why you know Damien, hence the the kid that actually plays him, is freaking out for real in there. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if it was intentional and he knew that was going to happen and stuff, I think in the character, I don't think he would have been freaked out. I think it's kind of one of those moments where they 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 had the footage they have to kind of use it and stuff but it's a little bit confusing because at that moment like damien technically shouldn't be afraid of that because you know i mean he doesn't really know what he is but he still has that kind of evil inside of him you know but if you watch the scene closely man he's like fucking terrified it's it's awkward because it well, kind of makes still you also still a kid so no no, no for sure the fact that animals are attacking the car he's kind of scared for yeah. sure but i mean if you if you take if you contrast that scene with the end scene when he looks at the camera and smiles and you know you kind of put that into perspective it's like yeah there's that fucking evil motherfucker there you shouldn't be scared of some baboon jumping on a shitty ass 70s vehicle but but you know i mean it is what it is right but yeah that scene is interesting actually that that's good that you brought that up too because we'll talk about how poorly done in the remake they they kind of try to recreate that and it's just fucking miserable um okay so the omen uh, you know, straight up from the casting, I love everybody that's in this film. I think everyone does a great job. I think all the acting across the board is amazing. Um, the uh, the score by Jerry Goldsmith, um, which we have brought up, but he actually won an Academy Award for this, which we didn't bring up. Um, it's very well deserved. It's a brilliant, brilliant score. It's it's cued perfectly. It's creepy. It's it, it just adds to the atmosphere and the great cinematography so well in this movie, man. I think there's so many great scenes, like the cemetery scene. I absolutely love. I know JP has a little bit of a problem with what's happening in the cemetery scene, but um, it's I a sh- great scene. No, I love the scene. I just yeah, cinematically, logically, and then cinematically, I love it. Yeah, cinematically, it's 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 really great. But it's kind of funny. You again go to the remake and how poorly they did that fucking scene too. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, man, I I just love this film because it's no gimmick. It's no gimmicks, man. You know, um, it has so many great kills, so many great scenes, so many memorable scenes, man. Uh, I, I love the fact that it's you know it's a bigger film than it appears. You know, they're in different locations. They're in like a bunch of different countries and shit. And it's just, it kind of, I don't know, but it seems smaller at the same time. I just really like how they constructed that, man. I think that's really great. Um, 
you know, pacing, brilliant. Really, really great. I like the fact that they used the angle and didn't make this movie into a killer kid film. They could have easily have done that. You know, made the forces make Damien do this stuff. And, and Damien is solely responsible. And he's a five-year-old fucking little Mikey. You like know, every modern evil kid movie. Exactly. Ugh. But they, they, they took the chance of, you know, using this evil and stuff. And you actually have to pay attention to it. You're like, is Damien doing it at first when you first watch it? And should I like that? It's not a cheesy killer kid film. I'm not saying all killer kid films are cheesy. Most of them are. But this is, it just has that evil approach to it. I like, they don't shove the religious aspects and, and go into certain things that, you know, nobody but religious nuts know. They made it, they made it understandable for everybody. You know, it's not confusing and shit like that. And I like that because like, I'm not a follower of the Bible and shit. Like when you start spewing certain areas of the Bible and shit, I'm like, fucking head explodes. I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude. But this is easy enough to, to understand and shit. And, um. I think it's it actually cool. follows the book of revelations like pretty well. Yeah. I mean, that is something I, I am familiar with because it's probably one of the more familiar aspects of the Bible because of what's in the revelation. Obviously it's been done a lot um, mm-hmm. without ever having, you know, have read it before and stuff. But uh, I, I mean, yeah, it, it is very, very close to it and stuff. I've um, read more of the Bible than I've realized. And I don't know why, because <laughs> I wasn't ever religious or went to church really. Mm-hmm. Um, but the greatest but yeah, hits. I'm in at. <laughs> if, did I rate it nine before? So I'm I'm gonna come in at a nine and a half out of ten. I really enjoyed this movie this time around. I mean, I always do. I always do enjoy the movie. Um, but yeah, just this this time, I really fucking was into it. Like I was just glued to it, and it was just. It's everything I like in films, man. It has everything. I'm so not, I could see I'm myself. Also not sure if we mentioned the score. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love that shit, man. No, I was just uh, talking about the score. Uh, I was just talking about the score. Jerry it, Goldstein, it, it, it's actually. I think it's Academy definitely deserving it. of a nine point five. I think Mike and Carly are assholes, um, but you know, it's <laughs> oh. it's it's a film that it, I you know I can see myself giving it a ten eventually. It's deserving, and you know what else it's deserving of being in the twenty two shots Hall of Fame, which it now is, thanks to me and Moods's nine point fives, and I guess one of your nines. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll actually flipping a coin. Right okay. Uh, but no, so yeah, I, I mean, the three films that came out in '76, uh, you know, The Omen, uh, Carrie, and The Tenet. I still like the other two a little bit better, but this is right up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, I gotta have to yeah. watch. Oh, well, I've seen The Tenet recently, but. Carrie, it's been a while, but yeah, it's a good trio. Carrie's sure. my number one, ten out of ten. Burn off Yeah, I I recently actually reviewed Repulsion. Um, I don't know if you listened to my review, JP, but that movie is still that movie is fucking amazing. Have you still? No, I Bo- might check that out soon though. Oh man, yeah, I, you got to oh, fuck man. I've I seen it in years. Little, like, yeah, I was thinking about starting this little experiment where I take a randomizer and pick a random year from like 1950 to like, like now like and you choose in one film that I've never seen <laughs> yeah uh from each year and then removing it and just kind of doing that but that's yeah that's cool that's cool in my isn't, free time just isn't hers free. randomized podcast <laughs> all right so that is the omen that, that is the omen from 1976 the terror of the past is but a taste of the future what happened before was a hint of the horror to come. 
the first time was only a warning. William Holden, Lee Grant, Damien, Omen 2. Tell me about All right, so moving into 1978, two years later with the Omen 2 Damien. Quick little synopsis. Damien, the Antichrist, now about to turn 13 years old, finally learns of his destiny under the guidance of an unholy disciple of Satan. Meanwhile, dark forces begin to eliminate all those who suspect, suspect the child's true identity. All right, so... Thoughts on the Omen 2 Damien? I like it. He wants to kick it off. I thought it was fun. It was the first time watch for me. Um, oh, yeah. You know, not, I don't think it's as, as serious as the first one, obviously, but I thought I had a fun time with it. I think the kid is actually pretty well cast. He kind of looks like the little kid from the first one. And um, I think the kills are pretty entertaining in this movie as well. And I just kind of, I dig the storylines. Um, Overall, I, I actually had a good time with it. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel. I, I didn't really know much about it, so um, I dug it. You, did you like when the lady got engaged by the Mack truck? Yes, that was the best. That's the best. <laughs> and she, ah, man, that's my dummy death it's kinda, joke. It kind of yeah. defi- de- defies physics because she got slammed by the front grill of it, but then somehow flies up into the, like, the cabinet. Dude. But just, it was like, so hilarious. It. It's like 15 <laughs> feet in the air, and it's like sheer dummy. I love the fact that like the wheel just kind of nicks her. I mean, like, as it's running, like, as it's driving, you're like, come on, run her over. Run her over. <laughs> but it just kind of nicks her, and you're like, ah, oh, man. But it's Yeah, that's, that, that's exactly what I thought, too, when I saw that kill, because I was like, did I? I, I almost was going to rewind it to see if I just saw it incorrectly because you get the you get the big slam and fly up and then she's on the road and i was like okay it's gonna run over her head and it just kind of like bounces off her head kind of bounces off the side of the wheel and you're like oh okay i I was wondering if it was like a miscue on that when it was supposed to run her over but it actually just kind of nicks her head and just moves the dummy over (laughs) it's kind of funny schedule we can't get another shot but it definitely defies uh logic on physics Uh, though man uh, because if you hit somebody with a rig they're just going straight forward Right, they're not jumping up in the air fifteen feet. <laughs> it's yeah, they're, they're either going to be like decimated, like a hundred percent, or they're going to get smacked and thrown forward and then get run over. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> I guess there's always but but continue, Carly. Sorry for interrupting. No, you're good. I mean, yeah, I just um, like I said, I don't. It's obviously not as serious as the first one and um not on the same caliber but i thought it was actually a pretty cool follow-up um with following damien as he pretty much goes through life which you also get with part three so um i do like how they do that just kind of you know he's with a new family his family and um he's kind of figuring out who he is and he at one point he's like a nice kid and then the next it's like he's doing some you know devil type shit and he's kind of defiant about it and then other times he's all for it so i liked it i liked how it played out that's actually one thing about this movie that i've always found kind of interesting because you know the omen ends with damien smiling at the camera like super evil antichrist kind of look and shit and you're like oh fuck this kid and then it jumps, obviously, you know, seven, eight years into the future, two years in real time. And, and uh, he's living now with his, uh, his, um, his father, well, Robert's brother, 
his family and uncle yeah and right. uncle in yeah. um in chicago so this one it takes place in chicago and um you know he's you know he's also very wealthy he's also you know running um like thorn in- no yeah because yeah his dad runs thorn industries and stuff like that and um so he's very wealthy and damien's like this very proper kid it's a little bit uh, jarring at first <laughs> throw a dollar in the jar well yeah it's that proper english it almost feels like even though it's in Chicago. I heard Dave Z say that he wouldn't he wouldn't speak English. It's not true. Like that English. It, it's actually it's actually not true because my um my grandma is from England and she's been here for oh my god, since like the early sixties. She speaks like she just came off the boat. Like hundred percent English accent. She's been here for but how fucking, how old was she when she got here? Well, she's ninety now, so in her forties. Well, yeah, but this kid was five. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a valid point, um, but some people just retain their their accent. It's weird. It's very, very strange how accents work, man. It's like if you <laughs> go somewhere. Like I knew a girl that went down, or she went to, um, she moved down to the south. She was in, uh, like, just New Orleans. She was actually a nurse in New Orleans, and um, she started talking like that. It was fucked. Like she came back to Canada, and I was oh, like, "Oh no, you're definitely a product of your environment." Yeah, like, I man. would, I would get around friends who talked a certain way. And I would talk like them, but I think that's the argument that and it that, goes like, both ways because sometimes people retain them talking yeah. like, you know, American English because I mean, it's a valid point. I mean, but it goes either way, though, too, because I've seen but some people sound so much damn better and evil with the English accent. It does the old it, world. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a nice little aspect to his character because he is like totally rich and proper and stuff. And he's got that English accent. He's coming across as like that snobby English kid. In an, well, it, an helps, American it helps add to. Chicago that adds family. the aspect of differentiating him from other kids too. Like there's For something sure. off about him, and the accent helps. Good point. It definitely gives him that that true identity, right? He's very, he definitely kind of sticks out, which they don't actually even exploit in this because, like you said, up until the point where um, there's a there's a scene where it's revealed that he needs to you know read some scripture to figure out who he is and stuff. You know, he's they don't they don't actually put a you know, a point of making him like the outcast or anything. He's very much part of the family. You know, he actually has this relationship with his cousin. Uh, the cousin's name is Mark. Which I, I, believe. I really like that relationship, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I, I mean, could tell you right now. And I think they might've mentioned this on, uh, ABC's a hidden horror, but if the, if Damien was my cousin and my cousin, Scotty, and he told me he was the, the son of the devil in that situation, I'd probably rock with him. I'm not going to lie. Like, I love that dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. I, especially at that age, right? Where you're impressionable, I would be like, but I all think right, it's dude, like it's, I, I can rock with the devil, I guess. I, th- I think it depends <laughs> on your situation, though, too, because I mean, Mark is very much part of this family, and he's not a badass. So he's he's lived. He, I mean, he's kind of like the product of his father, too. Like he's a he's like a good person and stuff. I can't see him just kind of switching personalities, being like, "Yo, man, you're the devil." Okay, let's. I'm gonna fucking roll with that. I mean, there's no indication that he's ever gonna go that way. I mean, maybe the conversation between his father. No, and just because they're like such good friends, like they care about each other so much. They mm-hmm. like, like, but he's like, "Fuck you, you're no, the no, I get it. son of a jackal or something." I'm like, yeah. "Oh man," I was like, "The <laughs> bromance." Because Damien seems genuine. Like yeah. Damien seems like you know, come with me, mock. You know what I mean? Like, like we'll be, we'll be, we'll rule together or something, you know? Like he seems like he really genuinely loves his cousin. Like they're boys. Mm. You know what Mm. I mean? So I felt bad for him in that situation. Cause like now he has literally no one, you know what I mean? Like that was his one human. Like, what if you, like, 
I think it's interesting too how once he's told he's the son of the devil, he's just like, well, I got to I guess I got to be it then. Like, there's no like defiance in it. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels. I mean, he's shedding kind of his human condition, like, and his, the those attributes to kind of embrace, like, well, this is what I am. It, yeah, he just like cries I mean, it off, and then he's like, oh, it's okay now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's coming into adolescence, so it's like he's already at the age where most parents consider their kids the devil's kids anyway. So it's kind of like almost like a I always uh, was like confused a, like by that devil scene. coming of age. I was always confused by that scene, even watching it this time around, too. I think his reaction to, you know, reading the scripture and, and realizing that it was actually about him. And he kind of like he doesn't react in like, you know, he, he doesn't do that cheesy moment where he looks up from the Bible at the camera and, and kind of smiles like, yeah, I'm the fucking Saints. devil. He let, reacts let like a normal. You. He reacts like a normal kid would when you find out something kind of you know detrimental to your health <laughs> you know a little bit he he fucking loses he runs out of the military academy runs to the docks and kind of cries about it a little bit and shit and then and then kind of accepts it because i mean if you're if you are what they say you are i mean you have no choice that's what you are so you kind of accept well it, that's deal what i was gonna ask you do you, so does damien have free will mm. <sighs> like from the forces like you know, God gave man free will to do what they choose. Does the devil give Damien free? Like, is it, you know what I mean? Like, See, up so into like, that could point, Damien be like, point. I like my family and I like this stuff and I don't want to be the devil's son. Or is it just automatic because it's the prophecy? I, I think, I don't think he has free. I don't think it works like that on the dark side. I think it works on the, on the good side, but I don't, I think the devil controls that situation. I mean, hence the evils that are controlling everything, controlling basically the outcome of his, of his life kind of thing. And so he has to be, he's destined. No I, I think he's destined for it. And I think at that moment, I think that's a realization in, in the narrative is that, you know, he wants to be, you know, he still has the ability to live like normal, but and at the end of the day, he can't be that person. And he accepts it right on the spot. He's like, it's in the scripture. Mm-hmm. Like, this is your destiny. This is exactly what you're going to be. There's no going back. You're, I'm literally the spawn of the devil. Yeah, so, like yeah. the whole movie, he's kind of controlled. I mean, yeah. when he's talking to that teacher and knowing all that information, oh, I and love he's that like, scene. oh, I just, yeah, I just yeah. knew it. Yeah. It just came to me. Like, he's that's going to be his entire life. He's always going to have that, like, thing in the back of his head telling him what to do. It's kind of like, you know, just mm-hmm. that's such an alter scene, ego in a way. The but way that that scene's done, where he's just—I don't really like how they, Lincoln's birthday. The one thing about—I mean, I, we're getting a little bit far ahead of ourselves, but I don't really <laughs> like how they incorporate the, uh, um, the Lance Hendrickson character into this. I, I think it feels kind of forced. I mean, I understand really? it. Like he takes over the sergeant job because the other sergeant has died, <laughs> right? And we, I mean, it's it's implied that he is basically killed off for the Satanists to come in there and his job was to tell Damien that, you know, what Damien is kind of thing. That was his sole purpose in the film. But I don't know, man. It just, it seems kind of like the way, like that's really his only point in the film is just to do that. Like he is nothing else. Like he's just this kind of Satanist that just basically tells Damien what he is. And that's it. Well, yeah, there's a couple sacrificial that, lamb characters in this movie. I think um, with that is like, Diane. we see the, um, we see the, the this happen in the first film where like there's like almost like a society of people around the yeah. Antichrist that is like helping it, like exactly. the nanny that comes in Satanist and stuff like that. Exactly. This is just another nanny, you know what I mean? You it's mean just the another cult piece. Of thorn? Well, the cult of Satanists is everywhere, right? <laughs> the they, cult of it's implied that there's this force that you know everyone's working for the devil, kind of thing, right? And they're spread out, and that's what kind of that's what kind of keeps them alive, kind of thing, right? 
so his job at that moment was to you know go in and tell Damien what it was but it just but that's kind of it though like he doesn't it, they don't really take that character any further and stuff in fact he doesn't even end up like dying in this film at all is it just because is it just because it's Lance Henriksen that you know like he should have had more because think about it the nanny didn't get any more you know any any more ha- happen with her you know well, the nanny well, that comes in and replaces the one that killed herself mm-hmm. in the first film well she does I mean she's she's there throughout the whole film and I mean Alicia gets fucking taken out and shit though too so I guess right I mean there I is there, there is a bigger pro- there is a more of a pl- um, narrative with her than there is with Lance Hendry I just feel maybe that's what I'm contrasting is that I feel like the nanny did have more of a part like she had a bigger part in in guiding Damien into where it was and then you know ultimately ended up having to get killed and stuff um you know, and th- and this one, Lance actually doesn't die at all. He's just kind of, you know, at the end of the film, he's kind of seen at the, you know, at the funeral and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I think they just kind of. I think that utilized- what I expected was for Lance Henriksen to be in like Omen Three as like his right hand man. Yeah, that would have been cool, right? Because like it, that's mm-hmm. how I was picturing uh, Lance Henriksen's character in in omen two i was like he's gonna be the one to guide him the rest of the way like he's gonna be like his second in retrospect it actually makes sense that he would because he does survive part two and then you know into part three it's full-blown you know it cult status you know he's got tons and tons he's got thousands and thousands of followers but we'll get to that in a minute um but uh yeah mike you were still talking oh no i was just you know just general thoughts on this you know when it comes to the the trilogy, because I kind of consider the trilogy its own thing, before the other ones came along, this one always seemed to be the one least talked about. Everyone talked about obviously the original, and then the third one because I don't know if it's because of who plays Damien in it or whatnot, where it was just seemed always more visible. But rewatching the three of these, I actually had a lot of fun with this one. I thought it was better than i remember it being i haven't seen this one a ton i have seen it before though i thought like the setting you know of him kind of becoming a teenager and kind of growing into the role of what he is discovering it kind of embracing it was really good again um i think carly already mentioned it but the kills on this one were pretty strong as well i was i was kind of wondering because i i didn't remember how a lot of the kills went i was like oh are they gonna be able to match like the kills from the first one and I, I thought they were pretty good in this one um the old the uh what was it the, the, the there was an uncle and that other old lady what was she like the like one of their moms or something that was actually oh aunt marion aunt marion yeah. is uh um that's juno the caseworker from beetlejuice i know yeah, her voice it, is so recognizable it actually yeah is, it's uh that's actually richard's um auntie it's their auntie mm-hmm. okay yeah as soon as she started talking i was like holy shit i was like that's and then you hear the voice and then you look at her again and you're like holy shit that's juno but uh, i thought that was kind of for cool sure just to, for sure <laughs> yeah um but overall yeah I wouldn't rate this one as high as the original, but this is still, to me, a really solid follow-up for considering how strong I thought the first one is. And a lot of times with sequels, you you know, you're always a little worried going into them, like, what are they going to do? This was a different time for sequels because there weren't any. Like, there were very few sequels in the 70s, you know what I mean? True. Um, So it's very rare you get a sequel uh, I personally love it. I think this is a one of the best sequels ever, actually. Um, mm. 
I, I think that it's a fantastic follow-up and it and it does what I love a sequel to do and it just tells more of the story. It's the next chapter mm-hmm. in the film, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's a continuation of the story. Um I think and That's when I say exactly best right. sequels ever, like it's not one of my favorite. Like I'll watch any of the Friday the thirteenth ever this. I'm just saying like as a sequel what a sequel is supposed to do like a psycho two or something like i think it's one of the best mm-hmm. follow-ups to continue this story um yeah yeah but yeah i, yeah, I, I love sure. it i love it I, I think it's great i think it's right up there with the original honestly uh i don't have many issues with it what do you guys do you guys have any like problems with it really um I mean, in terms of filmmaking, I mean, it's nice that they, you know, they made a direct sequel and stuff narrative wise and, and it explores Damien, you know, they don't reveal to uh, or they don't give the reveal to him right away. You know, it takes a little bit of a build up and stuff. But, you know, in terms of like actual filmmaking, I think this movie has acted pretty well. It doesn't have the atmosphere as the first film at all. Yeah. Um, like at all like it doesn't capture that it's it doesn't have i mean it, it's got pretty good music i mean it's got the cues from goldsmith and stuff the music is pretty good um you know but this one it's a yeah, little I bit lopsided the the original or better yeah. yeah i was just gonna say i think the parents are more compelling in this than like the aunt and uncle characters but yeah i mean it, at this point it's not really i mean yeah actually to be honest man i won't lie i think the the biggest downfall to this film is all the stuff with uh, the thorn industries and stuff i mean it kind of it, they go into it a little bit much you know exploring the factory and and what exactly you know they're all about you know they're dealing with um oh what the fuck like the anthropology uh whatever the fuck they're dealing with in their, in their plan and stuff. Like, I think they just kind of go into it a little bit too much. It's kind of boring to be honest. Um, mm. It's not really, yeah, that I can in- see that. It's not I really that see- interesting. I feel like it does take away from the core narrative, which is Damien. I mean, we're exploring what he's going to be the head of, but it doesn't, at this point, it doesn't theoretically matter. And, you know, there's a couple cool scenes within, you know, the, the plant with, you know, kind of, <laughs> I always, I always kind of call it the zombie scene when these people get gassed out and shit and they come out and they just look like fucking zombies. It's, it's like ridiculous, but, um, but yeah, no, I, it, I it, like that he, um, you know, that they're like, yeah, he's like fucking super immune to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nothing mm-hmm. happens to this kid. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, for sure, uh, man. For sure. Um, I, I think with the thorn industries thing, it helps me because it, I get the like Bruce Wayne effect where I'm like, I'm like, this kid's going to be, it, it adds to the, the, uh, prophecy of him being this huge important person one day and i'm like okay this is the setup this is why this matters to me for sure you know what I mean? it's there but i just find they do a little bit too much with it and stuff i mean i, I can see that I, th- I think that it probably goes a little too long but you know um personally you know it, I, it didn't bother me as much but i could see where you're coming from i was Another thing I, I think is all right. I don't necessarily love it, but they did get rid of the the devil dogs in this one and they replaced it with ravens, which, you know, it's very poish to do that. You know, have the ravens representing the devil or doing the evil work and stuff. It, it, I guess it kind of works. I mean, I prefer the dogs. I think the dogs work a little bit better. They they actually replace the raven in part two and, and bring back the dogs in part three, which is kind of cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's the certain subtleties. I just don't think this one is as great as the first one. The first one, th- this one isn't as pace as good too. And it's a little bit shorter, I believe too, but, um, mm. but it's a little bit lopsided the way the kills happen and shit. Like the body count in this movie is again, it's not a body count film, but it, they kind of turned it into one because there's like, there must be like 12 to 15 kills in this film. It gets ridiculous. Like the last, that's one of the biggest critical when they're talking about it in the do- documentary, 
um, they were saying that critically, like people thought it was too much of like a horror film, like a like a slasher esque like blood like body count film. See what happens, <clears throat> like the third act, man. I mean, there's a fair amount of kills up into that point. They're kind of spread out. It's doing a pretty good job. It's very reminiscent of the first film where they space them out perfectly. But then the third act happens, and there's like nine kills in like ten minutes. It's like insane like the, and plus there's actually a twist in the end of this movie too that i absolutely loathe i think it's stupid i just don't even understand why it would why they would ever even put that in there because they don't have What's to it, do, it doesn't add anything to um with uh with Anne being a satanist and and fucking stabbing and killing richard um oh yeah i mean there's a scene in the end of the film where shit's kind of going down and stuff and then Anne, which is married to Richard, she ends up killing Rich, stabs them and shit like that. But the beauty of that scene is that Damien doesn't really give a fuck about that. And he actually blows up the place and kills her anyways, even though she helped mm-hmm. Damien get away and basically save his life. He's like, fuck this. And it, I, I kind of like that because it adds to the evilness because at this point in the film, in the narrative, Damien knows who he is and what he's about and shit. And he's like, fuck you, man. He kind of killed her off. But what was the point? Explain this to me. Why do they make Anne? A, why did they even throw that in there? Um, I, I just it, just to be deep deep seated into the uh you know the so the, she was a he's singer. getting there's more and more people it's to let you know that there's it's it's you know the the revelation is that like you know half of the people like a lot of the people will be not saved and stuff like that okay, and, so when did you and they'll be the servants of the devil i was and, like thinking that damien like had her act in that way but no, see i don't Damien, know she does I, say I, he's no. always she's always belonged to him so i guess that could mean she's always been a part of that, but well, I don't know if she was a Satanist before then. See, this, this, that. Don't this is my problem. This is what I tried to think of. I was like, did she become a Satanist after the, you know, knowing I took what it happened? Is in that moment she became like see that's even a servant of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't make sense because she says before, like you know, Damien's always been a part of me. So either she was thinking about doing it, and it was Be- like it was I pre-planned. She's like, it means like you've always had. You know, I feel the, that's what I think that's what like because you're susceptible to being controlled yeah because I, you've always uh, had that little bit in you is how I took it I guess I mean I, it depends on how you look at it I mean if you look at it from the vantage point of like I don't think she was in the satanic temple like praying on the weekends when she was by herself like yeah. I don't I don't no, think no. That I'm thinking that she turned into a satanist you know after the uh, after what happened in the first film knowing what happened to Richard's brother and stuff like that and then you know maybe she knew something about Damien and you know when they took him in and stuff and then that's when she kind of turned like I can be part of See, this kind that, of thing that's where a commentary would help yeah us but to, you know what i'm saying I like, they, they talk about that that see, line and what it means i would but hope i so. took it is that she wasn't a satanist she just had darkness in her that was controllable in the moment okay see it's um, hard to read because at that moment you're like it, it's one of it, it feels like it's one of those twists it's like what the fuck dude like there's really there's a little bit of indication that she was kind of on that side but not really it could go either way kind of thing but she does some pretty drastic shit in killing her husband you know, it is pretty fucking extreme, man. Similar um, to the the woman who kills herself in the first film, Damien. It was all for you. I don't think she was a Satanist. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, she no, wasn't no, no. Like, she, she wasn't a Satanist. She was under the, um, she was under the influence of the the evil force. 
Yeah. But if she didn't get that Damien, influence, it's, if she, know, didn't that influence she didn't get that influence, she would have never have hung herself. She would have been the nanny. Yeah. Right. So in this well, case, but she's not yeah. under the influence at this point. Like Damien and the evil forces, there's nothing even indicating that Anne is under the, the, the forces. She, it seems like she acts like this on her own, but I'd like to know what point she became this person that was willing to stab her husband and die for Damien, essentially. I mean, I don't I'd think her plan was to die. Damien finds out that, he's the devil. Yeah. That's one of those things. But does she it, know? It, that's hmm. a typical thing that happens in sequels where they feel they have to like take that one extra step because it was something that probably wasn't needed in the movie, but it happened. And then you, when you start thinking back, it's like you're trying to piece it together and you're like, okay, well, when this, because there's no sign of this, do, was she, oh, exactly. Did she get it, taken it, over by the darkness? Was she always part of the cult? So, yeah. in it, that feels like something that we didn't like the original kind of made an effort to stray away from those kind of I feel like it's there for shock value. Bit. Like we had why did the why did she say Damien it's all for you? Like it's the same situation. You know Well, you know? I, well no, it's I not though, it, but it's exact, not the same she situation. Was under the influence of the demon dog that's or the whatever, thing. That's that, the thing, JP. It's not the same. The nanny was under the influence. She had no control. No, 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 no. Stuff. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. You asked why did she say Damien it's all for you? Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, there's that uncertainty of like, okay, what did you say? Because, you know, we just had that conversation a moment ago. You remember? So like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm saying. There's, there's unanswered sort of. Oh no. Okay. Okay. That's one. Answer. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, the dialogue I'm itself, just talking about, we the, know, we understand the sacrifice part, I guess. I'm just talking about the difference between the two characters is that one was under the influence and the other one wasn't. Yeah. One was clearly. Well, you don't know that she has. Well, uh, okay. Let, let's put it into, into clarity. We know that one is under the influence. The other one, they haven't shown us this. So we have to assume that she wasn't or else it's just a plot hole, right? Not would you not? But it no, is a plot. Because but that you would be a plot hole. If, no, 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 no. if she is under the influence, say she is under the influence at this moment and we're not shown that and she acts like this, is that not a plot hole? No, because certain, certain you say it all the time. Everything doesn't need to be explained to you. Yeah, but at that, if you're going to throw a crazy twist into the end of the film, yes, that has to be explained, dude. She, it didn't seem like she was going to be pulling some crazy shit like killing her fucking husband, man. That just seems like it's thrown in there. Well, for... she throws the line out that Damien's always been a part of her, so you yes. assume that means that okay, there is some kind of fucking influence there. Yeah, that's one little thing, but it doesn't prove that she's under being completely under the influence of the so totally what, different what is thing, the or other just alternative, or just saying some, well, the, some crazy the, shit. I guess, I guess it brings into the question: is like, is she doing it because she's a full fledged Satanist as part of the conspiracy? or is it more just a family aspect because it comes out of nowhere i don't it starts making you ask like well the reason i don't think that yes. she's like a satanist is because that it would break the film because there's no there's nothing shown to us that suggests that i know that's what i'm saying yeah. it's a problem with the movie man that's, but if you that's take it the I'm other saying. way it depends I on how you look i think like it's, it's a problem like it's just an, an ant having motherly instincts to protect a nephew i mean that's the other way see i personally think it's a problem thing to do too it's fine that you don't but i'm just saying i personally think it's a flaw in the film i think it's it's there for a lot of shock value man i think it's just thrown Mm -hmm. in there i think if it was developed a a little bit more i know it's a twist but it's like it seems like a left field i mean a lot of twists are from left field but sometimes you can explain the twist though too in this moment it's like it's just she literally turns and stabs them it's, just, it's like a thrown in twist like at the very end too it just that's what happens 
then something happens she's and then that's it's, kind of it. It's, it's, a, very, it's a very sequel type twist in nature. She fucking the t- that's the type Richard. of thing that happens in sequels a lot. He blows, the shit blows up, she fucking burns up and the movie ends. Yeah, it's not like, oh my god, so mind-blowing, I knew it all along type of twist. It's just like, we're going to throw this in I would have loved it so much smile. more if, like, if it just, I mean, the fact that Damien walks away from that Here, Here's Here's, an, here's another cool, reason. It's okay, cool. check this out. Here's another reason why I don't think she was, like, a uh, long-term Satanist who, you know, uh, did this thing. And it's because she's thrown away as if she's a tool. Right. But other people that follow Damien's words and stuff, he'll keep them around as followers. But it's like, you know, because she burns up like that, it looked to me more like he used her and was done with her. Whereas like in Omen 3, we see the people that are devout followers, like, you know, they're, they're kept around a little again, bit. Like, I mean, it's again, with even Lance Henriksen's character, right? Mm. He doesn't just use him and toss him aside. Like he's around, you know what I mean? That's it's a, it, but the the stepmother or the aunt was a tool. So she was discarded as if she was a tool. Um, that's how, that's how I took it. I see where you're coming from with like the, like there, there wasn't any, we don't spend any time with her really. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I would actually be interested to watch it again and yeah. pay attention to any that scene specifically and see how the acting was done or check out a commentary there may be an explanation you know what i mean there may be of course we might have just, just missed it. i'm just going off what i see visually and like you said you actually just proved my point a little bit more there, we don't spend a lot of time with her there's really no indication besides maybe a line in there so it, it's kind of a mystery twist it really kind of doesn't work for me but you know that's just me so I just I just see so a lot I, of problems with it, but I did a little I did a little digging on Wiki and supposedly her turning and that character turn is supposed to and I don't know the Bible too well, so if any of you guys know more, she's supposed to represent the horror of Babylon. That it's a reference Dude, to that I, they, the you know what? I they I'm pretty sure they mentioned that in, in the special features too. And I totally I, it all ran together. Yeah, because in the Bible, the horror of Babylon actually used that line stating she always belonged to him. So the fact, so, See, that, so I, I guess, it, I guess in the big picture, that wasn't a, a piece of throwaway dialogue. It's just that because of my lack of knowing biblical stuff, well, okay. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Again, th- this is my problem with that, with that even more is that, you know, for somebody that doesn't know that type of scripture and, and follow the Bible like that, I mean, there's a lot of people out there, out there that don't. You see that mm-hmm. as uh, like a very fucking confusingly odd left ball twist. Um, it may make sense to people that know that shit, but in, in reality, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, dude, we don't know. Because we're not Bible followers, so it's like I know. It's but now that you do know, it like you you could see where it like okay, I could you definitely can see where like I know it makes a little bit more sense. Maybe but a tiny I, bit. I still see a tiny bit, but at the same time, so, it's like you could you still yeah. would like to, some development leading up to maybe oh man, maybe she is going to kind of turn herself. It, it seems left field to me a little bit, but yeah, um, yeah, man, I don't know where the fuck were we? We didn't even really even start from the beginning of the movie <laughs> I, I mean honestly i like i like most of this movie um with uh i like following the kid damien where like i think teen teenage antichrist is such an interesting point <laughs> you know what i mean it's like mm. it's like what the it's because it's it's kind of like coming of age too it's yeah, like metaphorical it's metaphorically to like not knowing who you are and like how to find yourself and stuff like that which kind of works and you know then you have this whole military academy thing that i think is cool and he has like the typical 
kid problems, like people razzing him and stuff about, you know, whatever and the bullies and shit like that. But little did they fucking know he's the damn son of the devil and he got powers and shit. I like, I like Um, actually it's kind of a metaphor for like, you know, him being in fucking training for, you know, the rest of his fucking, you know, rest of his life. I mean, obviously the military, that's what it is, but it's, I don't think it's ironic that he's in you know, a military school setting, you know, it's like drilling him. It's teaching him to be this kind of person and shit. I, I, I kind of like, do that, you think, actually. do you think Damien's likable? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do. Isn't that weird? I don't know, man. I, I mean, he's, he's not dislikable. Too. I don't think he's someone I would gravitate. Like, he's kind of dorky. Like, especially at the beginning, him being like in the car with his cousin and then kind of like, you know, BSing a little bit and like complaining about their aunts. It's just, it fe- like you said, it feels like a coming of age film and you forget for a second, oh, this kid is, you know, Satan. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I-, I-, I liked him. Yeah. I need to watch it again. I want to watch it again because there's a- there are more scenes with the aunt. Like at the beginning with the uh, with the uh, the great aunt talking about the um, you know Damien's bad for Mark and stuff like that. Mm. I'm curious to see like look at her reactions and see if there's any tells uh, a little bit more. You know what I mean? Because yeah, that, that I agree. It, I did. I forgot that she did that when I rewatch when I watched it this time. So I didn't wasn't like looking for it. You know what I mean? But I think that would be an interesting thing to pay attention to really? i always remember just think about that. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? And then of course you know it happens again, and I'm just like, I don't. know. I don't know what's going on with that. So but anyway, uh, if you guys want to get into ratings, yeah, anything more on it? Yeah, I mean, I do like the way this movie starts out. Um, you know, it takes place like like a week or two after you know the uh, the thorns have been buried and stuff, and uh, um, it basically we get reintroduced to um, the Bergenhagen. Um, character and stuff and you know he goes and tells his friend about that you know Damien with the Antichrist and stuff and to prove it to him they go to this place and of course uh, they show him the mural and stuff like that and and of course the fucking place collapses on him and kills their characters right I like that it's kind of important because oh, it yeah plays, that is a cool opening I yeah like it, it is cool because it takes it's like a direct it's like right after the events of the first one and then of course you know there's this literally this mural painted in this uh, in this cave about you know that looks exactly like Damien and shit and of course the evils take over and, and it collapses and kills him and stuff like that but it plays into the end where they actually excavate it and stuff and then you know and then gets real carnage towards the end with that shit too so but I, I i really like that opening scene man i think that's awesome yeah I, I dig it too yeah i think it's a good continuation of the story i actually think like the, the trilogy it's it flows pretty well with like the natural next steps in the evolution of that character so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but i mean it's just again you know it's like I like the aspect of the evils are, you know, they're protecting him all around and he just doesn't even know, you know, it's like, well, yeah, they're, like they're the coming to kill him. Of like that Satanist side. I mean, kind of similar to Rosemary's baby where the, like at that end scene with the party where like all these people out of all sorts of walks of life are gathered up in there to see like the baby and they would, they would come off as a, just normal people in everyday life, but they're part of the secret sect of dark satanic folks looking I, I to, can't... I don't know why I can't remember what it is, but I mean, the thorn industry is in like this agriculture type thing. I can't remember exactly what they're trying to develop, man. It just totally slips my mind right now, but oh, they're um, trying to develop a killer. Michael Myers like, <laughs> 30 years. Back. Yeah. Right. So when, so when Damien fails, <laughs> another thing that I, I remembered. Um, so if you watch the movie, um, 
which I thought was a nice, I think they talk about this in the documentary. I don't think I noticed when I watched it. Um, but no, maybe I did. Um, but they like at the beginning of the movie when, you know, the limousine takes them to the military academy or whatever. And they're asking that dude for cigarettes and stuff. <clears throat> After that, uh, building set on fire when he kills his aunt and stuff, when he gets to the limousine, it's the same dude. So like that even is more like shows that like there's, it's like deep, you know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, when he drops him off the first <clears throat> time, he doesn't know that he's part of it, and then when he picks him up, he is. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of. No, no, I don't know if he was in it the whole time. You know what I mean? But he probably was, though. I mean, I don't think it's just coincidental. No, that's a, wait. What are you saying? I'm confused. You the, confused are you me. talking about the driver? Yeah. So he drives him to the military school before, uh-huh. and this is pre Damien knowing who he is. And then yes. he picks up Damien after the events of, you know, the fiery showdown at the end. Uh-huh. So he picks him up. But I would I would be under the impression that he knew who Damien was the whole time. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. We're he's basically he's just another he's another another pawn in the game. Like he's dropping yeah. him off and he's dropping him off into Henderson's uh, uh, under his watch. Like he knows. Yeah, but I just He's think making it's sure so he gets cool there. Yeah. how there's that little like you that's something you might not even notice, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I I yeah, I noticed it. That's cool. Yeah. But um Yeah, ratings? If you guys have anything else to say on it. Get into ratings. Um yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead. Head uh I, I love this movie. Like even the issues that you guys had, like they don't really bother me. Um, I think that it's a fantastic sequel. I, I love, I actually think that the casting, like Carly said earlier, was very good on Damien. I, I think he's perfect for the role. And I honestly could have just spent a bunch of time, like, following his character. Um, and, you know, that I think this film is the strongest when we spend time following him and his process. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, who's after Carly? Yep. Sure. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Like I said, it was a first time watch. Um, don't think it has like the same atmosphere or, uh, you know, seriousness that the first one has, but, um, it's a fun movie. I think Damien is oddly likable in the film and you actually kind of feel bad for him sometimes, which, you know, you don't really feel that way. You think he's kind of like the evil little kid in the first one. And then in the third one, you don't really feel bad for him either so it's kind of interesting seeing him in the teen years um i do like that they you know followed along with his story and kind of made the sequels like this uh, sort of you know like jp said it is kind of like the psycho effect where it's a um you know a follow-up of sorts and not trying to be um something totally different and there's you know lack of continuity continuity or anything like that so um, I enjoyed it. I thought it had good kills and um, was pretty one of those ones that I would probably rewatch um, for sure in the future. So I give Jeremy this one on an show. eight. <laughs> I give this one an eight out of ten. Um, I'm a little bit indifferent on the the. I think the casting on Damien is good look wise. I don't think the kid's acting is overly that great. I think there's moments in this where he's just. He's a little oh, bit weak I, at times, man. I think he's a little I bit weak just in delivery at times. Um, you know, I actually, you know, overall the acting in this film isn't as strong as the first one. It just, it just definitely seems a little bit lower grade. Um, 
the thing I miss, you know, from the original film is just the atmosphere, man. You know, I mean, the music in the in the film is pretty good, but it's better than you know the visuals, like the actual atmosphere of the film. It just doesn't capture that at all. I mean, it's not trying to be that type of film, but I think at times you probably could. It becomes more of a body count film, and it almost becomes goofy to me at times too. Like another thing I don't really care for it's is a little bit over the top. It is a little mm-hmm. bit. It, it gets a little bit crazy and shit like that. I think there is some missed opportunities too. I think they probably could have even dumbed down a little bit, maybe got a little bit crazy with. Uh, you know, when Damien kills Mark, you know, he gives him a brain aneurysm, but I mean, they don't really take full advantage of that scene. I mean, if you wanted to get fucking crazy and, you know, do something special like they did in the first film with the kills and shit, you know, pull some scanner shit out your ass and explode his head, man. Like it's just kind of a weak kill. He gives him an aneurysm. He falls to the ground and he's not even bleeding. It's like, what? Okay. That was kind of weak. Um, maybe he had a little bit of remorse for him, which he shouldn't because he's the fucking spawn of the devil. So that, that scene always kind of confused me a little bit too. But, um, you know, I, I do like this film. I think it's a good sequel. I like the continuity, the continuity, as Jeremy would say, <laughs> um, in the film. And I respect that when they do direct sequels and they, and they keep it going. And, you know, even with part three, because it takes place like 20 years later and stuff. I like that. But uh, um, I don't know, man. I think the pacing in this one's a little bit, a little bit off just with the, the Thorin industry stuff, man. I think there's too much of that in there. Like we understand, like they don't exploit that in the first film because they don't have to, you know, even though this film is a little bit different because it's half of Damien not knowing who he is. And it's half of still kind of a mystery. You know, people are coming into that, into that light or getting picked off like the reporter and stuff like that. She's going there to, to interview and she may be a problem. So she gets fucking killed by the rig and some defying physics laws and shit uh, way, which is, you know, it's funny, but it, it comes across <laughs> a little bit goofy to me um but overall man it actually still is a very very enjoyable uh sequel um you know i like the fact that damien walks away and he wins again it's fucking great you know they, they don't cop out in this man he's that's the way it should be he's the spawn of the devil he did what he needed to do um you know and he won so eight out of ten i'm also at an eight mike all right so i think this is a really good natural um progression in the story i actually think the casting of damien's cool like i'm cool with him i just think the overall cast is a little lesser than the original i think it's hard to match also the uh the story of the first one where everything's kind of coming together it's not quite a mystery because everyone knows going into it kind of that it's dealing with like the son of satan or the reincarnation of satan or whatever but i still liked the way it all came together. I like the characters a little bit more overall in this one. But other than that, you know, this one to me doesn't have many flaws uh, on this rewatch. I was really entertained by it. The kills were really good. And by the end of it, we're kind of left off in a similar situation on the first where he's alive and ready for the next stage of development. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this one an 8.5. Sweet. Did you just say point five? He did. Yeah, is that allowed? <laughs> point five That's out of wrong. ten? That's a crazy rating. No, eight point five. Oh, all I heard yeah, was point five. 8. 5. <laughs> I, didn't, oh, I didn't hear the eight yeah, part. Eight point five. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, wow. <clears throat> I mean, this is bad, but it's fucking <laughs> after, not. After, it's after not I slaughter claws bad. About it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Well, that happens. I mean, me and JP are actually used to that. Like, Jeremy will fucking say a whole pile of nice things about a film and be like, yeah, it's pretty average, five and a half out of ten. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I've done that in the past too. I talked about like Troll 2, how much I liked it. And then I was like three out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right. So, but, uh, yeah, that's the Omen 2, Damien. The birth of evil was foretold in the omen. In 1978, a terrifying prophecy was fulfilled in Damien Omen 2. And now, you will witness the ultimate challenge to the future of mankind as the trinity of living terror is completed in the final conflict. Alrighty, so moving into the 80s. 1981 with the third film called... Well, it's conflicting what it's called, actually, because I've seen different titles on it. Um, IMDb just has it labeled as the final conflict. I've seen it which titled... Which is dumb. What's that? <laughs> I said, which is dumb. Yeah, I mean, I've also seen posters where it says The Omen 3, The Final Conflict, which makes completely more sense, but I've also seen a lot more where it just says The Final Conflict, but... Why would it not be the Omen 3? The final conflict. I know, especially considering it's sense. like a damn trilogy at that point. You know, it's like the same story. Like, I could see if it was just something different. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. if it was Omen, like, you know, it was just like, why? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, man, 1981. Kind of interesting, you know, it was the year of the slasher and we got, you know, the, well, at the time, the final film in the Omen trilogy. Kind of interesting timing, but... Synopsis. The now adult Antichrist plots to eliminate his future divine opponent while a cabal of monks plot to stop him. Thoughts on... Yeah, see, um, that's right, because Wikipedia even says Omen 3, the final conflict. Yeah. yeah it's so. funny how this dude grew up like really fast in three years yeah in three well i mean even if you look at it from the original film in 76 the the sequel came out in 78 and it's taking place seven or eight years later so yeah, i mean this thing. one uh, this is what three years later and he grew 20 years so 30 yeah years so old. the really i mean okay if the first one came out in 76 and he's five five so he's 13 in the second one so that'd be what like two years 80 80 what almost like 1980 or something right oh like in real time yeah in real time and then another no in real time 81 1981 in real time would be he'd be five years yeah okay so five so 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 20 more years later this would be 2001 where ladies and gentlemen it's 2001 in in element three (laughs) No, seven, six, or eight. No, because eight years later in the second one. Yeah, fuck, man, that's weird. Yeah, so I mean, they don't really pay any attention to real time, but yeah, he's uh, he's so. What we got here is uh, Damian Thorne is now running, or he's now running uh, Thorne Industries at this point in the film. In uh, in the states, and there, well, the goal is is to become the ambassador to America in the UK. Yeah. Basically. And then shit can really hit the fan. Basically, you know, take the job that, you know, Robert once had, you know, his adoptive father. That was the goal all along. Mm-hmm. So basically what we get in the beginning of the film, there's this amazing, amazing suicide 
in the beginning of this film. Um, yeah. Well, that, I was confused about that. So, like, the, they're, like, he's suicide. He is, he said, like, what everybody believes is he set the gun up to where the door opens and it killed him. Yeah, it's just he's under the influence. Right? Because. No, no, I know that, but I'm saying, like, that's kind of dumb in a way. Because, like, why wouldn't he just shoot himself? in front of everybody why why not make it more why not make it more dramatic and do it in front of people it's like a big fuck you to you guys i don't know even though he's not saying fuck you because he's under the influence does it in front of people but it's like he there's a saw contraption so like i mean honestly maybe he couldn't reach the trigger man and he had to he had to fucking rig it up and you know by calling in people through the door i mean it's just a a pulley system why couldn't he reach the trigger JP, come no, on! No, I didn't think he could. You're ruining it. such a great scene. To do it's it. the best scene in the whole movie. No, I'm just uh, look. I, I'm saying if you're gonna kill yourself, right? Why would it, why would it be like? Wouldn't people be like like why like? Okay, let's say like the people, right? The people that open the door, like they're gonna be like, why did that guy like set up this? thing to kill him like why did he did well you could chalk just, it up like, maybe he couldn't reach the trigger and he had to fucking do a police system the trigger it's a, it's shot, a gun it's a shotgun y- yeah you can reach the trigger dude on a shotgun okay man i, I don't know i never tried to kill myself before you honestly can reach a trigger <laughs> i don't know um, man maybe it's for it's fucking dramatics man i you know, I mean, we don't even know I'm that the just, I'm people. I'm saying, like, I like the scene. I think it's cool and stuff. But like, do you, the, you don't. We don't see even that know that is like weird. No, because I'm thinking that you know this is Damien's way because they are under the influence at the time. I mean, it could have been the forces. It could have been Damien himself. I mean, he's the fuck. He has his powers in effect now, and we don't even know that those people that are follow or that are opening the door aren't his followers. Right. So no, I'm just saying anybody though. Like, just in general, like it's just a weird. It's just weird, right? Like, you think of other people who have, like, killed themselves, like, on TV. Like, uh, it reminded me of that guy that shot himself on TV, the dude from Pennsylvania, like, like back in the wire. 70s. Yeah, the dude in the like face, yeah. At yeah. The, at the press conference. Like, yeah. I'm, like, that, I'm like, this is, like, a weird, like, saw contraption, like, like wonder what, what, like, what I'm saying, like, what would their reason, like, what, like, is a natural thinking, like, what would you think that person did that for? Well, like, Maybe again, I, he's I just under the influence. He couldn't bring himself to do but he's, yeah, that's what but he's under the influence. So, like, they, that's what you would think if you were them. Like, oh, he wanted to kill himself, but he didn't want to kill himself. So he, like, set up this thing to where when we opened the door, it killed him. Well, yeah, because well, he, also, cause he technically doesn't. Dramatics too. He technically also doesn't want to kill himself. Yeah. Why would he want? Mm-hmm. There was no indication why he'd want to kill himself. It's because he's totally under the influence, right? No, no, but I'm saying the people, like, they're not going to think that. They're not going to be like, well, that guy was under the influence of the devil. That's why he killed himself. No, that's why yeah. That's why I put forward that maybe those people that saw that happen and opened the door, they were... Yeah, but I'm saying followers. even if they didn't, like, anybody, I'm just saying anybody, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think they would eventually see the contraption he constructed and be like, oh, he wanted to kill himself but didn't have the courage to, like, guilt. Well, I mean, it is I a good point. I don't know if I want to use courage, but he... he <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He couldn't bring himself to do it himself. That's what. So I'm he's asking. like, I'll that's yeah, I'll set I'm it up to where. Yeah, gonna, I mean like, that's plausible. That's plausible. Like, I mean that happens too. With you know, you get people that are killers and whatnot, and they, and they go and do some shit, and they let the police shoot him. I mean, but also happened. you know if he's under if he's under the influence of like the satanic powers and all that too. I mean, I think we kind of mentioned this earlier about how like it seems like the devil or whatever in these movies kind of wants to make a 
big show of things too. So there could be that well, aspect. That of was it the as point. Well. That was the point I made, Mike. It was. It was. You know, that was his uh, splash into the ambassador seat. Was making it just super fucking um, cinematic. You know, almost, and mm-hmm. you know, and it was in front of his followers too. It's like, hey guys. So I'm you think coming. it's more cinematic for him to earn like the? I get what you're saying because like it's going to make it more known that he's now going to be the new ambassador because it's going to be attached to this horrible incident and it's going to resonate with people. But you think it that like if the guy just shot himself, that wouldn't be like the contraption makes it more. It's not as dramatic. Yeah. The contraption itself makes it more. The the personal shooting yourself, it just seems a little bit more closed, closed doors, a little bit more low key. If you set up this big kind of, you know, theatrics, you know involved in the suicide it, it just kind I mean, of I guess. people want to talk about fucking that shit man like weird. holy shit dude this guy fucking set this up and dude but anyways when it fucking blows the hole like right through his face and his brains lower, i was like damn that's a fucking great that's, great that's a great moment it's a fucking mm-hmm. great kill man it's like it's one thing about this franchise man say what you will about it you know it's not even known for like i mean people just don't think of it like that but it does have some amazing kills <laughs> it's weird right there the- should be should not be like good kills in in the omen yeah <laughs> it's but just they, weird but they really i mean that one is definitely the best kill in this in the film i think there's a little bit missed opportunity too with the uh you know with the um the disciples and stuff because i mean there's like what seven of them that are coming after mm-hmm. damien at this point and he ends up taking him he gets wind that they're coming which is which is kind of a little bit convoluted too. I never understood if, if you guys could, um, you know, kind of explain this away because, you know, Damien has these powers. Like he can control things. He he should he kind of knows things at times and things like that. And but in this instance, he doesn't know that, you know, that there's um, a, basically a crew of disciples that are coming to kill him. Um, he kind of overhears it on the street from one of the guys talking or from them talking and shit like that. And that's how he becomes aware of what's going on. That the fact that they're, they're coming to kill him and that there's a second coming of Christ going to be born. Dude, this, like he doesn't, movie... he doesn't have that intuition in that. And I always thought it was such a weird plot point that he literally hears it on the street through a conversation. I was like, what the fuck? That just yeah, seems so dumb. weird that the evils wouldn't let him know. Considering you have to consider this through the first two films, like you the evils have helped direct con- conversation. Exactly, with his dad, the evils. Right? The evils have been protecting. <laughs> maybe he's not though. Maybe well, no. he's not. Maybe we just assume that he is. But okay, maybe the dad finish. doesn't talk to him at all. So, like I'm saying though, like I'm saying, like I mean, the evils have been protecting him until his adolescent life and stuff like that. And when we, when he became, I'm sure they still helped him out and stuff. Why at this point do they seem to almost fail him? Because they should be letting him know. I mean, I know it's, it's probably maybe it's stuff that hasn't been explored. Letting him know, like lining up the stars. So you would hear it. Well, it's not because of the stars. I mean, that's how the, you know, that's how the, um, the priests find out that there is a second coming of the Christ and stuff. He find he literally finds out from the conversation on the street, right? It's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know, man. The narrative is a little bit, little bit wonky on here. I, I think it just doesn't explore well, what the, the evils are really capable listen, of doing. The whole, the whole damn plot doesn't make any sense for, for pretty much most of the Omen films, because it's all foretold. Nothing you do is going to change what happens. You can't stop him because it doesn't matter because he will be stopped later. The, the, the fact that the in the very first Omen film that it breaks the film by this prophecy is you know kind of pointless it makes all the films pointless because in in the original film you don't need to kill him as a child because he will die later 
there's no stopping this. This is what's going to happen. I know, it's but, it's, but, it, but it's also human nature to try and prevent something until it gets to the point where maybe it's not preventable. But the thing is, though, it's, <laughs> these are prophecies, though. These are not written, <laughs> not written in stone. I think technically they actually were written in stone, yeah. <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. But uh, but you know what I'm saying, though? I mean, these are still ideas within the prophecies i mean they haven't it hasn't happened so they don't know if it's going to go down like that for 100 percent sure right so why not try to kill him as a child or a 13 year old boy or whenever you can i mean it, sure you can make that argument but like even the damien you know he's like how the christians love their prophecies so much and stuff and but and they're like it? but would you chance it as as a priest, as a disciple, as somebody that, you know, is doing God's work. If I and could stuff, stop him? No, would, yeah. I would you would stop it before stop he yeah. might just get killed in this moment. And uh, uh-huh. I, I think it makes sense. I mean, this movie essentially. Well, I'm saying Damien. Like, when Damien's like, hey, the Christians like their prophecies or whatever, there's going to be. They, 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 uh, they're, you know, the, the, the Christ being reborn and shit like that. Like, he, he, what, I wonder if he thinks, like, he has to know that it's going to play out like it's supposed to play out like i mean i guess it and you know i guess he can the only thing he could do is still try to make it go the other way but but um that it's just so weird it doesn't make sense though because i mean you would think in your mind if you're this if you're this force if you're this evil that you can basically beat anything that's what makes the end of this movie the weakest end in a trilogy in the history of cinema he dies so fucking easy but he turns but he dies from the the knife thing that's I know, Special. I know, but like, dude, it's just, he, he literally turns his back because he gets caught up by God right there. And obviously it opens up the door for him to get stabbed in the back, but it's just, it's so poorly. It's fucked up. It's, it's stupid shitty. because it's, it's just shitty. supposed to be like that though. I know, but it's, it's, but it's so lame. They couldn't, they couldn't have expanded and done something a little bit more exciting. I mean, it's cooler. Super yeah, I think bad. they definitely, it's super bad. Know, and I've always it, had a problem with this too. It's like, you know, all this bad shit has happened. I mean, this is after. I mean, we've gotten way ahead of ourselves. This is after. So basically what's happening here, we have these disciples that are, you know, trying to kill Damien um, because there's also going to be the second coming of Christ is being born at the same time. And, you know, they need to kill him, right? Obviously, because Damien's going to be going after, you know, the, the baby and stuff. Uh, so what happens is these stars align and the prophecy is, you know, kind of foreseen. And so they know it's coming and the babies are going to be born on March 24th or the baby's going to be born on March 24th. But the thing is with Damien, he doesn't know which one it is. So you got to kill them all. So at this point in the narrative, you know, he's the ambassador and, but he also has this huge following of Satanists. It's just, they're just there. Like he's got a right hand man and he's got tons of followers and it's, everyone knows that he's the antichrist that's follows him and stuff, which is kind of interesting. They kind of jump ahead like that. They don't really develop that all in the narrative. It's just like, bam, you're 32 years old. You have this crazy following. You're the antichrist, blah, blah, blah. So what he does is he orders his, his followers to uh, kill every baby that was born on March 24th. Because like I said, they don't know which one is, is the second coming of Christ, the baby Jesus. And, um, so yeah so that's what they got to do at the same time you know he's being hunted by these disciples and he has to go and kill them and shit like that essentially what this movie is it's like it's your typical kind of evil bad versus evil type film or bad versus good film you know good versus evil film jesus i agree though the the end is like basic as fuck you like for for the trilogy you know this is the final moment like you expect something cool to happen but it's like 
<laughs> okay. I just, but, um, I just find a, a lot of aspects of this film are actually quite weak, though. I mean, just you know wh- where he's killing the disciples. Some of the scenes with the disciples, actually the the fox scene, you know, where they they kind of trick him with the fox and they they kind mm-hmm. of, you know, like all that shit takes forever to develop and stuff, and it's it's kind of boring. But I wish that it's when a he long, kills the disciples, sequence for lots sure. of drawn I like sequences, the fox sequence. But I, I think it just uh, it takes a lot of screen time up and stuff. And I think the payoff with him killing you know, the, the disciples and stuff is not really the greatest. Like none of those kills are even really that great. I know it's not mm-hmm. about the kills and stuff, but it, they, they seem like a little bit missed opportunities and shit like that. But you know, it's a very basic story and I think they do miss some points with, you know, they kind of have a montage, a little bit of a montage of like baby killing. Like there's this scene where this fucking baby carriage literally goes down the street and gets hit by a car. And it's like, that's a baby death, but they don't show the baby. So they kind of beat around Mm -hmm. the bush. It's, it's very, it's kind of downplayed in this. I mean, it's not as graphic as the previous films and stuff. That was like the baptism. Cause wasn't, did that priest like kill the baby in that too? Cause it's, it sounded like the baby started making choking sounds and then he turns back to the parents and the parents facial expression changes. I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude. There, there's some cool ass that, I mean, it's pretty dark. I I think what I would have wished is like this movie ended with like, like the final, like, okay, the hell is come to earth. Like, you know, the, the I wish he won. fucking brimstone and fire and people dying and stuff. And then that final sequence happens with the world on fire in this, in that thing. And, and then maybe, you know, stab him, but make it more, a little more dramatic. I'm with you on that. I think it could have been cool, uh, a lot cooler, honestly. But at the same time, I think that this movie is just like, I just like where the story goes. It could have been better. I agree 100%. But like, I just like that we're, we've, followed this story for so long and you know the the fact that christ is going to be born and like let's try to kill all the babies so we stop it and stuff like that and the the fact that he has this big crew of followers and stuff like that and it does feel big but it feels bigger than it ever actually gets which is is a problem i i, I agree with you on that but i still like it yeah mm. hmm. yeah i agree i like the aspects of this i like are the uh, again, the same that I said about to the progression of the story. I like um, how they show kind of Damien making the moves to consolidate his status and power. Um, it, it's it's uh, biblical in nature as far as you know how it works, but it still very feels very real world. The moves he's making, um, I, I I like that aspect of the killing of. When they said, like, oh, the only way to be sure is to get rid of all the kids, it's like he just executes Order 66, like, from Star Wars, where he's like, go kill every kid. And you're like, oh, what? Are they really going to do this? And mm. yeah, they actually go out and execute. I, I like the scene, you know, when he kind of is chanting out to his followers, because you see how they, we kind of get a, a better picture of, like, how vast his uh, his followers and that cult is, mm. um, where they start repeating. What do they repeat? Like, I can hear you or whatever. I, I can't remember exactly what the words were, but uh, yeah, that was creepy. And and the fact that it was like, not just, you know, it's not like scary looking people outside of the context of being in a satanic cult. It's normal, everyday looking folks. There's like kids in it that are chanting. It's like, damn, it's pretty cool. Um, and, you know, and I, I the ending, yeah, I, I totally forgot about that ending because I have seen this one before, but 
I think the ending was a little anticlimactic. I mean, I guess. Especially if it was just the first film or something, but we're mm-hmm. like three films deep now. Like, this is all, you know, culminates into this, like, big final act. You know, it just felt like it just didn't deserve to go down like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just felt lackluster for mm-hmm. what it was building up to because it's like pretty much through the first three films or the first, I guess, two and three quarters films, everything has pretty much gone his way as far as like the development and the, the trajectory of him rising to power. And it feels like almost a, like it wasn't quite complete enough to for this showdown to happen at this stage because it feels like he was just kind of getting to that status but we didn't go through the whole thing where like he's really yeah because like basically what happens is he gets he gets taken out before like i feel like the prophecy wasn't finished you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. isn't there supposed to be this massive battle of good and evil and like you know half the most of the people are fucking I just not feel, saved and stuff i just feel like god like he kind of shows up at the right time i'm like all this shit just happened i mean it's kind of funny when you think about it and you put it into perspective like you know <laughs> i mean like 31 fucking babies just died and like he shows up after all this bad shit just happened <laughs> it's kind of like i don't know <laughs> doesn't doesn't that just seem a little bit odd and fucked up well it's the hypocritic that's the, that's yeah, exactly that's the hypocrisy in the whole thing man i think it's i don't want to get too deep into the whole philosophy of that but it is the hypocrisy screaming at you right there it's just crazy yeah. right? he shows up at that and moment but he just let all these inf- these innocent babies well, fucking well, he die. shows up i don't know but like what does he do though like nothing right <laughs> well he essentially he i mean he's the one that kind of makes damien freeze up and he's allows him to get stabbed essentially right was that God? Yeah, it looked like a G- like Jesus, right? Well, I like thought it, it was like, like a, I thought it was like a uh, like a fucking angel or something. I thought it was supposed to be like God. I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't really look because like God I, isn't supposed to interfere. Not supposed to. Fucking cheater. Yeah, well, yeah, because I, I mean, I always I thought I always thought it was Christ, like it was the second coming of Christ, but. I, I don't know. It, it looks isn't that like, supposed to be a fucking baby right now. Well, but it yeah, looks like, like, but it I'm looks not, like I'm God. Old. I think I, I always thought it was Christ, but then if you look at the the vision, it, it looks like God. Like the way we, you know, the way they project God's look. I don't know, but I I think it's supposed to be Christ. Maybe it is the second coming because they. I think at that one point in the film, like the the ba- or the the baby that was born, the second coming of Christ was like out of his hands. Like they didn't actually kill uh, the baby. It's supposed to be christ yeah so is it the, it's the re, it's the new well it's christ returning to the to earth right? yeah i mean the yeah the second coming after because they technically don't i thought kill according the... you know i'm no bible scholar but i thought the way it goes is satan is supposed to basically rise to power unite most of the earth behind him with the seven like this i think it's supposed to like turn into seven countries because the seven heads of the beast and all that and yeah but it just feels yeah. like this whole showdown happened way too quick in the if if they're going by how it's supposed to be in the bible which you know who knows how, i don't know if they really cared so much about that but it it felt like through you know most of the movie i was fine with it, it just felt like that end was like holy shit like how is this already happening like it it almost feels like there should have been another movie to fill out some more of the story before we get to that. Yeah, it's like if the 
if they actually succeeded and stopped him before the prophecy was like how we were talking about like oh it doesn't matter if he did if uh you know in the original he tries to kill the baby because the prophecy says that he's gonna do this it's almost like well the prophet like it's like that that didn't actually matter yeah to your to your point yeah basically it's like if if the bible lays out a certain certain steps and you can't you can't actually change the future then essentially you can't change the prophecy is what it's basically saying and at the end of this movie made it seem like well jesus or god can just Kind of well, end, actually, he, first of all, it feel was, like it, so it was Damien who called him out, though. Like, he didn't just appear out of nowhere. Like, Damien said, face me. Yeah, because he, he feels, yeah, because he feels like he can like beat him. Like, he's ready. Right? Yeah, because yeah. if he beats him, then he then he wins kind of thing, right? Yeah. Man, well, he couldn't he, even beat the goal. <laughs> you should have been like, it's not time yet. Wait till part four, and I'll be back. <laughs> no, <laughs> so if that it is, definitely... So, I, it, it it sucks that it is like not big, but you know, I don't know. It's just weird though, because like, you know, if Christ appears before him, then, you know, looking back on the narrative, like, I mean, the second Christ was supposed to be born. It's yeah, still- isn't that supposed to trigger the end of the yeah. world when Christ comes back to kill him and then claim his kingdom again? Like, so it's like, is this the apocalypse or is this some side mission? Mm-hmm. That that he's intervening in because, but the baby does, was supposed to. Be- I guess it doesn't feel grand enough. It just feels like, oh, we got to end the movie, so he's gonna call out Jesus and he's gonna. Yeah. So when they say that the baby was out of like, um, you know, Damien's reach at that at that point, so then he faces you know, Jesus face on, or head on. Then when he kills what what what's the right um, hand man's name? What was it? Uh, uh, is it fucking? Oh yeah, Harvey Dean, because his baby, because he remember he had the last baby, and then he was concealing the uh, the actual birth date of it. Uh, yeah. He said it was born be- before that stuff, and then it comes down to it because they'd killed thirty one babies, and there was thirty two babies born on that day, and one of them had to have been um, the second coming of Christ. Uh, so when his wife gets under the influence and kills, you know, not only. With him. the iron and yeah, and the baby, oh, and kills man, the baby. Was, that was a creepy scene. And kills oh, the baby. Oh yeah, that is creepy, right? Cool. Yeah, so she yeah. kills him and the baby with the iron. Um, so if one of those babies was supposed to be the second coming, which where did because they they even say like it was because there's a conversation in the film about um, with his girlfriend and stuff that you know uh, with Reynolds or whatever saying that you know because they're gonna go and trick him and stuff like that about uh you know the baby was out of his reach and stuff and this is the way we can kill damien kind of thing and i'm like so where was the second coming where did it go see see that's the other thing and that's that's just me being ignorant about details of the biblical stuff because i i know satan's supposed to come back as Mm -hmm. like a baby and then kind of right grow up and rise through the ring singing but i didn't i never thought jesus was coming back as a baby too i thought what satan does well in this narrative triggers he, jesus to come back yeah like, i know as jesus not as well I, I don't think that these films are following the fucking no, no, no. bible anymore definitely <laughs> not but like he would like they i mean the priests and they had concluded that that baby had been born so it was one of those 32 but they killed all 32 so i was like what the fuck because then but they literally have a conversation about hey don't worry but the baby's out of your reach kind of thing and that's when they go to the church and all that shit kind of goes down. It's kind of funny, actually, when when fucking Damien uses uh, her child, Peter, as a fucking human shield. 
yeah. <laughs> and he gets stabbed up and shit. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Um, and right? he was trying to he was trying to have his own damn little antichrist. That, yeah, that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And you know, that's kind of a weird thing because you know it doesn't seem to me in the film that Damien is is trying to convert. I mean, a little bit, but it seems like Peter took upon himself to kind of convert himself. Like he was already evil before he really knew who Damien was kind of thing right it seems odd to me in the in the narrative yeah. but uh well I yeah, this I, one's definitely the even most though it was out. supposed to be that you know Damien was kind of you know he was pursuing Peter he wanted to turn him into like his own little whatever the fuck he was trying to turn him into it didn't really make a whole lot of sense but it seemed like Peter was into it before Damien was <laughs> I don't know well I, I think what I think what kind of makes it messy is through the first two films and some of this there's it's kind of like that uh, that autopilot feeling to it, where hey, this is these this is the prophecy of what's supposed to happen, and we get through the movies, and that's kind of what happens. Of course, there's like little events in the movies that help cultivate them, but it's basically what the prophecy says. Then you get to this yeah, one, yeah. and they just suddenly decide, okay, well, now the prophecies that we were following, well, we're just going to kind of divert off that and. Here comes Jesus and all this other. Uh, it's like what? Like okay, I, I get. I guess so. I guess you had to end the movie. I really don't yeah, like well, the whole idea of that. Like no matter what happened in this three movie trilogy or uh, narrative, that you know Damien had to die because the prophecy said so. I mean, I just I think that's so ridiculous, man. I mean, I mean it is you know fiction. I mean. Well, kind of change it and the stuff. The Bible but, fore, foretold, right? But I mean, it, it just kind of seemed like you know they were changing what the prophecy, how the prophecy went down. But then they concluded it with Damien dying so easy because that's the way it was supposed to go down. It's like that. Well, but that's, it's not. That's not how it's supposed to go down. It's supposed to be like fire and brimstone. No, no, no like, I meant not not particularly how the, just Damien dying. Oh well, I mean, right. I, I'm that's, fine with that. I mean, you got to kill the evil at the end of the series. I think it would have been absolutely masterful if he fucking he you know when he calls down Jesus, he if sees he him. He, he turns around. If he he turns around. Jesus' head off. <laughs> he turns around. He slugs fucking Reynolds. He takes that fucking dagger. That's the, the only instrument that can kill him, and he just fucking stabs up Jesus. No, I'm just joking, but <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Dude, like he I defeats, mean, I he would defeats the good. If and that kills happened, her, I would if, fucking if, love this movie. If, but if, I'm just if, saying. If he brought five nails to Could the you imagine if he starts Jesus. walking towards the camera and the carnage behind him starts blowing up fire everywhere and then that's the apocalypse, man. It's fucking hell, hell taken over. That would have been amazing. It would have been the best trilogy ever. Yeah, <laughs> even never though, happened. Even Kate though this Reynolds, movie, Kate Reynolds wanted her. Even though this movie Damien, is kind of sure. goofy at times. I mean, it's not. It's not terrible. It's not a terrible movie by any means, but it just it has points in it where it's like, okay, whatever. But dude, Kate Reynolds wanted a piece of the devil on her. Like she was pretty fucking verbal during that scene. I was like, damn, they're going pretty crazy. Hey, uh, I bet Carl, somewhere that he, he fucks her in the ass what? on that scene. Does he really fuck her in the ass? Because when he turns her over, I think so. I think that's is that what, what it's implied. Because he's on her stomach and he's like hammering her asshole. I think so. Because, because when she's like, don't stop, don't stop. And he almost feels like him. It almost like he had like some type of shame or embarrassment because like he wasn't I know, I was up to par or something. I'm like, and then he's like, okay, I'll give it to you. And then th- didn't it seem kind of odd and out of character considering like you know where she goes with this? Like she's willing to take Satan's fucking fucking red rock <laughs> up to poofer. Like I don't know, man. It just seems. I don't know if she was willing. I just think he he kind of went into like Satan rage or something and started. Like, she wasn't mad. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of like basic instinct when he comes home and the wife confronts him about 
beating on her with Sharon Stone. He bends her over the couch. <laughs> like, he just does it. Like, I don't think she was necessarily consenting to that act, but... It's it happens pretty obvious quick. She was. Yeah. yeah, it happens real quick, and then it's just like, boom, the next day she wakes yeah, up. Yeah, because she says she you're passed hurting out or something. Yeah. 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 Um, Carly, what, what? I mean, you haven't said damn thing. Yeah, I didn't really like this movie. I thought it was kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. I, I just i mean i i like aspects to it um the opening i tried to watch this one like a while back and like completely zoned out the whole movie this time around i did pay attention but i still just didn't really it's the whole story behind it i'm just not a big fan of um i do like the beginning the suicide um i do like the baby deaths you know you don't see them happen but you know it's implied and i think they're kind of the stuff that's implied is rather brutal so i thought that was cool the people doing the killing really make those scenes because they just look creepy mm-hmm. as hell, and it's like slow stop, like the the, the, the iron one we were talking about in the kitchen oh, when gosh. they do the shot where she comes up behind him. It's just so well executed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know what really pisses me off about this movie though, too. So after fucking Damien like gets killed in the most weak fucking way ever, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously, obviously, the the inevitable is gonna happen, and fucking Jesus is gonna you know pick up Peter and 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 you know basically bring him back and i'm like are you fucking serious man like how cheeseball is that it's almost as cheesy as the fucking you know the stars aligning you know earlier in the hey, film Th- those graphic hey, effects were and terrible saves. you know when the, the what was it, the Cassiopeia constellation or whatever the fuck it is um when the stars are oh, aligning yeah. and shit like the, just the effects on her super cheesy, that was but so the on end, the nose the end, yeah exactly well 1981 right yeah exactly <laughs> it was man uh fucking blueprint right um, but yeah, I don't know that, that ending is, is really, really cheese ball, but you know, he, he saves Peter, which of course his name is fucking Peter. Um, cause that's a, that's a Bible name. That's a biblical name, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, there's obviously there's a reference there, but, uh, it's just really, really fucking cheese <laughs> so cheesy. Right. okay I, but the thing, that piss, should... the thing that pisses me off okay is that you know he brings back peter but you know does he bring back the 32 babies that were dead no 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 he doesn't he's self well see, they I mean, were products of that whole situation too those 32 deaths were directly connected to damien's well damien being damien um, well, and, yeah, and, I think that, I think that's, that bringing Peter back is some bullshit. It is. Well, that's my main problem with diverting off what the supposed prophecies are, because the way the ending makes it seem like is that oh, well, Jesus. Are you saying you should actually follow the Bible? Well, to a certain extent, <laughs> only for the sake of the story, because the <laughs> the ending makes it seem like oh, Jesus can just show up whenever to take this guy out. So it's like, well, then yeah, why did you even wait? <laughs> like. Yeah. You could have done this two <laughs> an hour ago that, and saved some babies. That's the whole problem all the time. It's bullshit. I hate that. Um, okay, let's get into ratings. The, we spent too much time on the fucking Omen Three. <laughs> Did we though? Yeah, uh, I like the Omen Three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, who's up first for ratings? Carly. Carly. All right. Um. Yeah, like I, I, it's an all right movie. Um, not definitely not my favorite in this franchise. Um, I think the dude does a good job playing Damien once again, but maybe it's just like the fact that you're dealing with him as an adult. I just wasn't too into, and the way the story plays out, I didn't care for. There's not really anything memorable about the film for me, um, kill wise or anything like that. But I think I gave it, I gave it a six out of ten. I mean, I don't think it's 
a bad movie. I do like that it's a follow up once again and, you know, following his life some more. But story just didn't do, really do it for me. So six out of ten. Um, yeah, I think this movie, you know, it has one memorable scene, you know, with the, the suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I think there's just a lot of missed opportunities. This this story is a little bit. I, I I do like like I said before. I like the whole, you know, good versus evil type story. It's it's very typical of that and stuff. But I just I hate the way this one wraps up, man. It's just really not great. I I just think there's a lot of missed opportunity. I think they could have just done this part of the narrative a lot better. I really do not like a lot of things about this movie. But um, you know, with that said, it's not like a horrible film or nothing. I just it's it's. I don't know. Six and a half out of ten. I don't think it's great, but it's okay. Mike. All right. So honestly, I I liked it a little more than you guys. I mean, to me, I thought Sam Neill played kind of like the uh, a good uh, antichrist in kind of like the cunning, sly politician form of trying to you know be a mover and shaker to get power and do all that kind of stuff. I mean. The real problem for me, which we've already talked about a lot, is the ending and how it wrapped up. It just felt rushed and kind of sloppy and a bit of a head scratcher. But, uh, you know, that suicide scene was great. I liked the stuff with uh, the forming of his followers and cults. I liked, uh, I liked, you know, multiple aspects of it. Um, but it still overall is a step down from the first two for me. So I'm gonna come in with uh, seven out of ten. Damn. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I dig it. I, I think it's pretty good. Um, I just don't like the way that it's anticlimactic. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's not like I was mad at it. I was just like, eh, okay. Um, I didn't really. I guess what the thing that helped me a little bit is I didn't really expect much more. I just 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 I just didn't expect it. I, I don't know. It just seemed like a traditional studio way of kind of fucking up the end of a trilogy type thing. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, it's, it's, it could have been fucking epic, but it ended up just being like, whatever. Um, but I did like the, I enjoyed the ride. I, I liked finally seeing Damien as a doll, finally seeing him start to take over and stuff like that. He was cut short. You know what I mean? He was cut short from his goal. Um, I would have liked to see him succeed actually is as fucked up as that sounds, but we killed babies for it. Damn it. <laughs> 32. Uh, so, of them. Yeah. 32. Uh, I will say that, um, I, I actually really like this series so far. And, um, the third one really didn't disappoint me other than the end. Uh, so I give it a seven and a half out of 10. Yeah. I actually forgot to mention. Um, I think the best part about the movie for myself is Sam Neill. I think he's got some pretty good rants, man. I like the, I like the scene where he's ranting to the Jesus statue. That's a great Ooh. scene, man. And, and the, you know, the Jesus statue starts crying blood. Yeah. When he, when he comes mm-hmm. up behind it, I was like, what are you intending to do with this statue? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> exactly. But yeah, he, uh, he has a nice little fucking psychotic rant in that scene. It's nice. So, yeah, but that is The Omen 3, The Final Conflict. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. It was a story audiences would never forget. Damien Thorne is the Antichrist. About a boy with an evil so great. Damien! Who 
became a man destined to rule the world. My disciples shall inherit this earth. Damien Thorne is dead, but his prophecy is about to be reborn. Omen 4, The Awakening. All right, so moving 10 years into the future, into the 90s, specifically... 1991 you guys remember that we had about a half an hour talk about 1991 at the beginning of the show Mm -hmm. so this is a film that we watch by default omen 4 the awakening it's probably the thing that they did right in this movie they they named it properly omen 4 the awakening uh yes this is a canadian tv made for tv film um yeah synopsis two attorneys adopt a mysterious orphan girl as their daughter, unaware she is the new Antichrist. Next in line from Damien Thorne. Okay. This was actually supposed to be the first of several TV films. For it was they were gonna make like six of them bitches or something. Oh, that really? makes sense. Yeah, they were just they 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 were gonna just keep making them. Uh like that was the plan. Hmm. Yeah, but, I think I knew that that would have I think I did know about that. And that would have made sense considering this movie is kind of like on its own and the way it ends. It's just, well, I mean, the, the weird thing is, is that this movie, you know, of face value appears to be its own thing, but then it completely Mm -hmm. ties itself into, I guess, like the third one, right. You know? Yeah, I know. It's kind of, I kind of think that's cool. Cause I thought it was a standalone bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even it though being sequel was pretty cool, even though where it goes in that, it, it completely doesn't make sense. I mean, unless you assume that Damien got somebody pregnant before he was, you know, so masterfully killed in the in the end of the third one. I mean, I guess you could. Well, he was boning. He was boning. What's yeah. her name? I mean, yeah. she, she. I mean, it's never. It's never. You know, it's never stated where she comes from. Really, I mean, kind of. I mean, it, it would have made more sense if they said that she was her daughter, right? Like that. Yeah. But you know, at least there's enough I'm, there to like. There is enough there. To but say, it actually well, he was fucking people. So yeah, but I think they actually do say like where Dahlia comes from in this too. I believe so. Um, so, but it's not even related to, to Reynolds from the third one. So, um, but, uh, yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on this one? You know what? I like it, man. This one is, it's kind of nostalgic for me because I used to watch this on TV when it would be on TV as a kid. And, um, I liked it back then. Um, I think I actually, it's probably the first Omen movie I actually saw, um, watching it now. I don't think it's. Yeah, it's definitely not a great movie. In a way, it's pretty much a remake of the first mm-hmm. one, just with like a girl. But the, the way that it, I described it mm-hmm. is, if you took that scene where the the nanny kills herself, like Damien, it's all for you, and like the idea that like, oh, the the essence of this little kid is causing havoc around him, and you just made that into a whole movie. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of what this one is, right? It's it's literally more of a killer kid film. Yeah, it's all like that girl <laughs> is totally evil and aware of what yeah. she's doing in this one, as opposed to yeah the yeah. Orig- the first. But it, it, you know, it's not great. But for a TV movie, I actually I get enjoy. I think it's a fun film. Nothing I think special. It's really with- fun. Yeah, I, it's I don't got know. Some I just I, it's something fun about it. Like whenever the they're going to like crazy pray with snake lady and the fucking snakes just start biting the shit out of everybody which by the way one of those snakes actually did 
bite through like the protective gear of the person and it wasn't supposed to and it like actually punctured their their skin with their fang mm-hmm. <clears throat> which by the way you could totally tell they weren't rattlesnakes though like the, they're they're filming rattlesnakes but notice how it's like almost like stock so, footage like it doesn't yeah. why is it that you know like when you know i mean is it because you know who dahlia is that she's able to have these powers and stuff because i mean if you look at the previous films with damien around that same age you know he didn't he he couldn't use his powers like it was more the forces that was doing work for him and stuff but she's like yeah, straight up maybe just, almost time, play her maybe as this... one of the forces like she's almost like the demon dog in human form where she has like kind well, of protective power she definitely is a demon i mean she comes directly from one so but it's just kind well, of interesting. I how think she... she's maybe like the devil's like, well, that shit didn't work. Maybe I need to get, <laughs> you know, give him a little bit more to work with. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was like, okay, this is pretty much like a remake of the first, just like what Carly said. I was like, this is, <laughs> it's very similar to like, you know, the first film has aspects of the second one a little bit. And, you know, it's just kind of doing that shit. And then it just takes you for this fucking total 180 in the third act with mm. you know how it ties it into the third film and stuff and i was like what the fuck <laughs> like, yeah. but the explanation yeah, and it's weird too because what do they they say like that she, she had an embryo of her, okay like, how did how do they okay. say it okay I so so this is this is <clears throat> what the twist is in the film um it you know it appears through the whole film that delia is the new antichrist like she was born and you know this unfortunate family adopted her and because she's yeah it feels like they're doing the female twist yeah she's yeah they they basically just created a female um antichrist kind of thing and she is Uh a fucking little bitch fucking brat child that does shit because she actually has powers in this you're like holy shit man she's the fucking spawn of the devil Mm -hmm. um but it turns out she actually is the spawn of damien so what had happened is I guess there's some kind of weird prophecy. I mean, I guess this, I don't know if this is actually a real medical thing, but the way they explain it is that, so Delia is actually the birth child of Damien and she but it needs to be a boy or some shit, but the, the Antichrist has mm-hmm. to be a boy. So what has happened here? And apparently this is like a real thing. I don't know. So what has happened is when Delia was hit the age where she was able to menstruate, she menstruated eggs. And what she was doing, she was actually carrying uh, the devil's seed egg inside inside her so when she menstruated that's when that's that's what the embryo then you can remove it and what uh the doctor did who was part of the whole cult thing oh that's right yes he puts it in the mom so he puts Mm -hmm. it in the mom and that's how the mom gets pregnant because what a fucked up end we (laughs) do we do learn we do learn that you know in the beginning of the film the reason why they adopt is because they can't have kids and stuff but they do explain like we didn't have any problems you know we just were those people and i've actually been through that shit too all that testing blah 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 um and uh so they're like well it's not you know completely weird that you got pregnant blah 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 so um, but yeah, so that's what happens. The embryo gets so, planted into the mom only, or into the mom, but not only do they have this child and stuff, the other fucking crazy twist is that, um, yeah, so it turns out that, you know, the baby that she gave birth to it actually is the new Antichrist. And Dahlia was um, born. No, she's not. Well, she's not. The, she's not the mom, but she's <laughs> no, actually. She's, she's like she's the, the twin sister. She's she's the twin sister of. And protector. Because in the in the medical exp- explanation of it, sometimes you can 
somebody can be born and have their twin actually inside them as an egg and stuff. So anyways, it turns out that Delia's twin oh, brother actually so is the fucking Antichrist, but she's actually sent there for a job. Like she was born for this reason. I thought and what it she was, was there to protect. See, at first they thought the parents thought that Delia was going to kill the baby, but we learned that she's actually there protecting her job is solely to protect that baby so yeah. he can grow up to be it's the new good. Antichrist. That's honestly a good twist. It but, is. A lot. But it's honestly, cool. when you get into medical shit with like removing eggs, see, the only part I was confused about is there's a process with, uh, you know, the whole, you know, inserting eggs and, you know, doing that in vitro and stuff like that. Obviously, there wasn't sperm involved here. It was just, you know, it was already kind of fertilized, well, see, I guess. Hold up. Real quick. I thought what it was was that um damien like you know had some semen or whatever and just kind of implanted it into his daughter's fetus and then when she got old enough to have eggs those semens impregnated her and then she had a no, fetus i think they what they're implying is that it's already fertilized it's like already ready to go the oh, egg just damn it. To be... see i think it would have been better if there was some incest there no no i think it's already <laughs> fertilized it's just like this weird medical phenomenon they try to play off is that it's already fertilized so they remove the egg which you can that's i mean that's how people save their eggs and get pregnant later just in case whatever so they impregnate but i was i kept thinking to myself i'm like but it was when? the embryo it wasn't the egg what the f- yeah the embryo so I'm like thinking to myself, so it was I'm like already pre- impregnated. Yeah, it's it right. Already semen and egg. It was an egg that was semen. That's right. Yeah, that's the embryo. And then they I, I actually said I accidentally said egg, but I'm just saying you could do that. And I was using that yeah. example, but you know what I mean. And then but she carries it the term, and it's cool because you think that she's trying to kill the baby like Damien did. I kept thinking to myself, when did the they? Threat. When did that happen? Like she was in the hospital. Like when did he? When did the doctor implant it into the mom? Though, did I miss something there? Because I couldn't yeah, remember. Even after I watched she, the film, I was like, I don't remember. Does she when... lose a baby at the beginning or something? Or no, wait, what? Well, no, there was she's th- in the hospital for wait. Why is she in the hospital? They put her. Uh, no, she sleep. was in the hospital for an unrelated reason. I think she got hurt. What, or oh no, no, no! She fainted after that woman fell out the window. Is that when it was? She like fainted, and then she ends up in hysterics, and she's in the hospital, and they like put her to sleep. I don't know if that's when that was supposed to happen, but yeah, she's in the hospital then. Mm-hmm. And she like spends the night. She even spends the night because it's like the husband's like just rest or something. Yeah, I can't remember. And that's when they find out she's pregnant. Yeah, so yeah, that's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it must be when. Yeah, because when. Maybe like, they okay. found out she's pregnant by making her pregnant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just did it kind of sneakily in the film. Though. Yeah, like, that's also, the whole thing. The doctor put the embryo in there and then went, and then announced the news. Yeah, yeah she was it's, it's so, it, it's just, I thought this shit was crazy, though, done. dude. It's awkwardly done, but you know, lo and behold, I mean, they do explain that whole thing in, like, in the scene. It's like one of those movies where they kind of have to explain the whole thing, like, straightforward to you. Because <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's such never... a crazy twist. You're yeah. like, what the fuck? But I give them mad kudos for doing something fucking nuts and outlandish. It's outrageous. It's yeah, honestly one of I, the craziest twists ever. In a, like, I mean, it's involving medical procedures, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's I also just I, involving the fact that, like, you know, she carried this embryo because it's a boy because it needs to be a boy. They fucking implanted it into the wife, and yeah. she's not trying to kill it. She's protecting it. That's pretty cool. Um, other stuff that I like the effect of the like. Okay, I, I actually really like the the detective that she hires the ex cop who's like trying to like figure out what's going on he goes to like the snake handling thing uh and but oh, I'm like, like a learner. okay yeah what like th- they're doing this crazy prey with snake shit and he comes up on the one girl and he's like 
here's a picture of Dahlia or whatever. <laughs> but it's funny because like he's all like she's like instantly just gets she like freaks out and gets bit and then everybody gets bit. And I'm like, dude, this guy just fucked up everything. And he it's gets funny how bit he goes up shit. to her too and he's like, hey. Yeah. Um and also, you know, he does this thing where um, you know, the, he goes and sees her in the fucking hospital and she's so fucked up. And then yeah. when then he she doesn't tell him shit except for like pray or something. And, and you're like, okay, that was pointless as fuck. Mm-hmm. Then he leaves and she like dies and <laughs> Yeah, like cause she tells him nothing. Like literally nothing. It was so pointless. You know what I love about this film though? <laughs> That's actually really funny to me is like you know, they they totally overplayed, like, you know, Delia's fucking role and, like, what she really is and shit. And, like, there's a lot of angry-ass parents in this film. Like, she's beating on kids. She's biting them. She's just, like, the fuck. She really is, like, the devil Dude, child. The parents I, are pissed I, off everywhere. It's, like, so over the top. Like, your kid I, needs fucking yeah. help. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Dude, I call, the, I call this one. It's, it's like the anti-omen omen because it does everything the opposite of what the first where the the first one was like subtle like yes you know Danny's yeah, an evil kid yeah. but he's not overtly out there dude this one was almost like you know what we cannot make the omen again so yeah, well, we're gonna make her this crazy killer film, kid right yeah, yeah exactly want to do the same fucking thing again like okay we already did that way it's great it's fantastic let's be a little cheap here and just make something ridiculous yeah, yeah I love the like fact a that she look on her face the whole movie too oh yeah like, just, I'm oh, evil dude yeah that kid has a like face that no one could love like you just I, I love i love the scene where they take her to like that f- the it's almost like a fair of like or a carnival or mm-hmm. whatever you would call it of clairvoyant people and every time she walks by someone's booth like regardless of their religion or what kind of magic they practice as soon as she gets close they all like are like holy shit there's there's evil in the presence of blind guy when he's like oh yeah and, like I, I was cracking up with that but i i yeah i gotta admit like i had way more fun with this movie than i expected and i like by the end of it i was like wow like sh- I, I was sitting there before like starting the remake and i was like should i have liked that as much as i did like it, it's definitely not like it's because it's great fast it's paced fun. It's, it's not fun. slow like the other ones um, and it feels cheap. It feels like a cheap sequel. You know what I mean? Especially, it just feels like some bullshit. Coming, yeah. After coming off three, Omen, or coming off the trilogy where it's like pretty much, you know, serious that style of film, serious and like a specific thing. This one was totally just a different style of movie. So maybe it helps that it, it it's it, funny. It came at the right time. It's funny because this movie, like, you know on the outside it's very much like you know portraying itself as a remake i mean but they do things completely different there's a lot of different kind of things like with the nanny instead of like flying out the wind or hanging herself and crashing through the window like she fucking flies out on the fucking merry go round (laughs) (laughs) it feels like some 90s bullshit is what it feels like yeah (laughs) well it feels it feels like made for tv stuff where you got to come up with these things that you know you don't have dude is it not kind of graphic for made for tv yeah, like I actually think it's scary TV. when she's laying on that. I, I think these releases are—they must be like the uncut versions or something, man. I don't know. I, I can't imagine that shit playing on TV. It seems a little bit crazy. Oh, it did get a theatrical release in in Australia mm. and the UK. There you go. But I don't know, man. I don't know if it like I need to. I, 
like it does things the same in it you know like the mom is the one that's you know digging around you know trying to find dirt because she's the one that's like got the problem with the fucking i don't know man there's just there's certain kind of subtleties in this film that are a little bit different but it's pretty much the same film like they take a page out of the first one and and that was actually one thing about this film i thought was pretty funny like you know they're they're not really beating around the bush with what they're trying to do. I mean, what is it? 10 minutes into the film and you get that fucking decapitation scene, which is okay. You know, the dude, well, driving. They, they do the classic thing where you got, where you, you can't be graphic. So they cut it and then they show the ball yeah. rolling by to represent that, exactly. which is fine. I mean, that was funny. So th- I, I think, I think this movie is ridiculous, but it's to its credit that it is like, it, it, they almost realized we have to make it like that. Cause we don't have the structure in place to try to make another, omen proper film so let's just go batshit with it yeah i mean it's almost like trickery though man you know like when you're watching it's like okay this is a remake of the first one but then it goes in a completely different area and stuff which is it's kind of funny man it has funny moments like i love the scene where the kid's up on the ladder and he fucking pisses his pants and and if you if you watch a scene closely like the kids on the ground are a bunch of gingers and they're pointing and laughing and and it's just like hysterical it's so yeah, fucking mean spirited. Pretty long. It's like a so mean shot of him getting teased. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny too because you're expecting when that scene starts playing out, and she's climbing up the ladder, and he's going after her. You're fully expecting like she's gonna do something to make him like fall off and die or something. But instead, it's like almost worse in a way where he just gets like ultimately embarrassed because he's pissing his pants because he's afraid to keep going up the ladder, and then everyone shows up to laugh at him. I think the death with the investigator, for some reason, that death I find funny. Or the, Dude, the can- bulldozer. The, the fucking, uh, I feel like the way it was What do they edited, call those things? The wrecking cra- balls. The cra- yeah, yeah the like I thought ball. the way it was, uh, to me, like it seemed like he had time to get out of the way. Dude, just, thank like, you. I have this written yeah, down. I'm I like, like, I'm like Inspector could have totally got out of way of that shit. It was like... <laughs> I don't know, man. It uh, did like he, he see it? I didn't think he saw it. Right it. It's, it's like in slow motion. It's coming at him straight on. He's like, the camera cuts to him and he sees it. And he's like looking and looking and all of a sudden, bam, it just takes him over. Pretty loud. No, too, no, but... because it goes through the house, right? And then it comes out the other side and kills him. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it does. But he sees it. I didn't think he saw it until it came out the house. No. Yeah, but like, no, I think we I, see it the way the it's edited, the way it's edited, he sees it coming down, and it's supposed to happen so fast that it goes through, and he can't get out of the way. I mean, he is a fat fuck too, but I mean, at like the same show, time, it just shows like this big scene of his mouth like gaping open, like, oh no, and then it just kills him. It's the way it's edited. It looks yeah, like he could like hit the ground and got out of the way. I mean, it's but still the, it's still the, a fun the, kill. At least they did something like that because oh, yeah, he gets fun. he gets taken the fuck out in that. You know what scene actually makes me laugh is the scene where they're at the carnival or whatever the fuck they're at there and Dally uses her powers to like light that dude on fire, but it, it seems like the whole thing went up like gas and matches, man. <laughs> like the whole fucking thing is just engulfed in flames within seconds, man. That whole carnival setting. I'm just like, what the fuck was everything made out of like super dry hay or something? <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous, man. I don't know. Um, I like the, I, I like the weird like vision of like the dead ass kids, like singing, Oh yeah, you when when uh, yeah when the uh, uh, detective is um, tripping out when they have the influence yeah. on him yeah. Oh, yeah yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just like creepy as fuck. Like I, that's what I always remember on the back of the VHS cover because I owned this on VHS. As I don't a kid. even understand and the it, point of that though. I mean, I understand that they want him to kind of trip out and shit, and maybe that was what made him kind of stumble out in front of this moving uh, wrecking ball kind of thing. But like <laughs> when you when you look at it in hindsight, it's like was that really needed? Like you could have just influenced uh, him to walk in front of the scene it, and he gets it's taken. It's completely out. not needed, but no. it just looks cool. So they're like throw it in. Uh, the actual director of this one. Um, is the same director of Halloween five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the French dude, Dominique, Othione, whatever he got replaced on this film because they said he would just, he would like film a open window for like 25 minutes straight. And they kept not meeting their, their, their time. <laughs> like he would just aim the camera at the window with the girl and just do like a 20, like just keep doing like takes over and over again for like 25 minutes. That's because he was enjoying like, the beautiful city he was filming. Cause they filmed it in Vancouver. So he's like, ah, oh, see, so awesome. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, but. they replaced him on the film with a, another director, um, like halfway through filmmaking, which is just funny. <laughs> yeah. With the, the George Montissi. I don't know. Probably some, is he French too? I, I don't know. Um, don't have a clue. Chile, he's Chilean. Chilean, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, no Canadian directors in the Canadian film. Weird. Um, but yeah, this film, uh, The Omen Four, was supposed to be the first in a long line of sequels, uh, and they just, uh, uh, yeah, they didn't do it. Fair it enough. wasn't. It wasn't successful. I don't. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, dude, I mean, it, it's a fun film, but honestly, dude, it's it's not a good movie by any of the stretch of imagination. I mean, especially when you come off of the first three, like they're all like proper well, you can movies. Just, you can just see, like, you can tell, like, the cinematography is choppy at times. It's really not great. I mean, it has really no atmosphere. Um, you know, I mean, even the narrative, I mean, it plays out like a remake and then it turns into its own thing. It, it kind of connects itself. I give them props for that. I mean, to me, it just, I don't know. I mean, Three I think quarters, it's my favorite one. Three quarters of the movie is seems pretty damn pointless. I mean, some of the kills are okay. What? What's that? I said I think it's my favorite one. <laughs> oh my god! Um, the mu- it's not the best, but I'm saying like if I was gonna watch one, this fun wise, I guess. Yeah. I'm like Crazy. I just kind of I like had a blast with this one. It was so ridiculous. I was just like this is. I was like this is like this is really fun for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, uh, if I, mean, I was gonna watch, one, yeah, I would watch this one. This one almost is too fast in in you know pacing, man. It it seems like things are just happening so fucking quick in here. Just like there's no time to have any suspense in it. Well, because build every, any... everything feels yeah, everything feels, feels so forced. on the nose from the start. It feels forced because they're trying there's to stuff. be something and then be their own thing by the end and stuff. But it it clips along and it's kind of showing you it's like okay, this is what we what we're trying to do but it's ripping along and you're just like what the fuck man the music is so fucking terrible in this film too the score is atrocious <laughs> it's totally it's totally like studio catalog music that they put into this there's no original score to this at all I, I, at least i don't think it is but it's horrible it's kind of goofy it's childish it does i mean it kind of works because there is no atmosphere but it's at the same time it's still trying to play itself a little serious and the music really is kind of jarring throw another loony in there <laughs> dollar um I don't know, man. I don't really think it's that great. I honestly don't really care for this movie, to be honest. But I do like the little girl that plays Dahlia, man. I thought she was awesome in the film. She just looks like a little mean, bitchy brat, man. I don't know. I, think <laughs> I didn't think her acting was that great, but I thought no. Her, her... No, no, her acting, but she kind of looks like she looks the part, you know. Yeah. Um, to, me, to me, honestly, I do give him kudos for... 
attempting to tie this into the original franchise, which is totally cool. Like I all the respect in the world mm-hmm. for that. But I mean, to me, the twist is almost knee slappingly funny because it's like, it's one of those, what the fuck? Like, seriously, that's what, that's what they did. You know, that's I mean, what you needed. It's for this so kind of movie, though, exactly. You do need it to save it. Like, but at the same time, you can't help it. Like, <laughs> it's one of those jaw dropping moments. You're like, fucking seriously, like embryo, you know, like <laughs> m- medical, uh, Oh my god, it's it's just so fucking funny to me, man. I I laughed my ass off at this shit, but well, because because there's nothing subtle about the movie leading up to it, you almost need that kind of like twist to like cap off the hour and a half that you've just been watching of this little girl going around terrorizing, only to find out she's not even the actual Antichrist. Like, I I, I thought it was yeah, she did way goofy, more damage than goofy in a fun did. way. <laughs> and that's what she's not even the real ball, but it's like fun goofy. And the last thing I don't really care for is, you know, the mom by the end of the film knows exactly what's going on. I mean, she knows what's, you know, what Dali is, what, you know, her baby is. And, you know, she has a, there is a point where she, she has a gun yeah, and she can shoot them. I, I, I don't know at this point if the bullets are going to work because, you know, <coughs> the mythology of the franchise, I mean, the only thing that can kill Damien and, or that could kill Damien was the daggers and stuff. So I don't even know if the bullets would work, but I don't feel like there was influence for her to shoot herself in this point because they're, the kids are just kind of looking at it like, what are you going to do? They're not like focusing on trying to use their abilities to, to actually kill her, but she turns a gun on herself and kills herself. And I'm like, don't you think at that moment, did we you, see that where or does would, it, or does it cut away? Yeah. It's it cuts impli- away. I think you hear the shot. It cuts though. away. And we yeah, hear the shot. For all yeah. we know, fucking the daughter could have, Dude, she put the gun to her head, and then we hear the shot. So, oh, did she, does she? Yeah, I, I thought she yeah. aimed it at her, and no. then it just cuts away, and you don't know what happened. No, it goes up to her head. Yeah. You sure? Yes. Yeah, I'm like pretty. Sure. It does. Did it def- like it definitely goes okay. up to her head, and then and then it obviously cuts to the. Did you like the totally? Did you like the totally awful cabbage patch hand with the six six six? Oh, dude! <laughs> oh my god! That's you know so what? Bad. That's the other thing I never understood about that is, okay, if the symbol was on the hand, how come it wasn't noticed before? because it's understandable wait 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 wait. it's understandable that you would miss it under some kid's hair because let's face it come on man like it's fucking covered by hair but if you're gonna have a 666 tattooed on a hand or not tattooed but i thought that was on the baby's hand no that's what i'm saying on the baby's hand that's why it's like cabbage patch he was joking cabbage patch doll arm or because they didn't mark the real baby they used a fake hand when they showed the close-up of the 666 but the point is as a parent would you not notice that it's literally on the fucking yeah they hand. probably are gonna notice it but they unless didn't. it just started to materialize what do you but... mean it just there's a fucking two second scene where it shows it yeah later on no but they're saying why did the characters had not already have seen it like when the baby was born dude basically when they didn't had the, the baby... baby just get born yeah, Not dude, that. but like it's your child. No, but <laughs> your baby comes out of a of a womb. You're gonna examine it to make sure everything's cool, and oh. they always check for dude, ten fingers, ten home. toes. It's like days later. It's like days. Oh, later. I thought it was in the mm-hmm. hospital where you see the hand. No, no, it's, no. Yeah, they're at home and they've already the baby's yeah, they, examined. Yeah, they probably should have noticed that. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, sister, the sister's like, I think. It, yeah, the sister's protecting or it's doing fun. something. I mean, but if you did notice it, what would you say? I would be like, gotta kill this thing. It's the Antichrist. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I might, I might not hundred percent jump to that, but I might be a little weirded out. Like, why is there a six 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 on my kid's oh, hand? Fuck. 
You know what else? I mean, I hate it. It was shaped in a way to where if you didn't know it was 666, you wouldn't be like, that's 666, but you'd be like, hey, this kind of looks like 666. Like a fucking bird. So, JP, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. You know, like how you're like me, man, when it comes to the holiday seasons and stuff, you watch, you know, Halloween films around Halloween and stuff. Are you going to watch this around Christmas time now? Because it, it does kind of turn Christmassy, you it know, does. at one point in the film. It's literally like music, and I was like kind of getting the goose. I was like, oh, Christmas, man. I love Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would throw The Omen 4 in, in there. I like The Omen 4. Okay. You know, you know what a funny part is? In this, and it, I think it's like everyone's dream to do this. <laughs> when fucking Dahlia answers the door, and it's those like religious peddlers, and they give her the flyers, and she fucking tears <laughs> them up in front of their fucking face. Dude, that shit's great. Dude. That is the they're, funniest they're like, fucking part. In the they're movie. like, she just snapped and uh, <laughs> tore up these things. And I like lies. that they bring back the Rottweiler in this one too. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I forgot to mention that they actually bring back the dogs in this one. Yeah, um, two's the only one without the Rottweiler. Yeah, because they, they have it in three, two. Yeah, yeah, the, I think the dogs. Yeah, no, the dogs back in three, and they they have the dog in this one too. So I always, yeah, it's awkward that they use the raven in two, but yeah, whatever. I don't know, man. This is a bizarre Rating? one. This is a bizarre film. It is. Whose turn is it? Moods. Is it my turn? Yeah, man. I'm honestly not a big fan of this movie. I mean, it's I, I find myself laughing through this whole fucking thing, and it's just so me too. That's why I am dude. a fan of it. I don't know. I, I I just I don't know, man. I've the music really hurts this movie. I mean, not only not because you know the narrative doesn't either. But it's ridiculous. I think it's not great at all i'm four out of ten i've said everything i need to say about this, the film I, i'm not a big fan of this at all mike whoa woods whoa um you know so i'm i'm kind of torn because like i don't think it's like a great movie but at the same time i'm i had fun with it and when you're to the fourth installment you know it's a made for tv movie i feel like it was way better than i expected on a certain level of just absurd fun um it if this could have been like somehow you know not a made for tv movie like something in modern times vod where they really just could have gone over the top with the kills and like showing stuff on screen it, it would have well i mean i yeah, feel like it's way i feel like it's way more than a made for tv movie for me like more than i expect no, it it was in in some ways, yeah, I would agree with that. But you know, I can't rank it higher than any of the first three. But I still had fun with it, and uh, I would tell people check it out just for the fun factor and the ridiculousness of it. Um, so I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. I uh, really like this movie. I think it's good. I think it's a good follow up to the, the, something different, but still something familiar. Uh, I like that for it's it, it's not as serious. Um, I mean, I think they were trying to make it serious, but I I don't interpret it as as serious. I think that it's. I mean, the stuff that is wrong with it could be used as criticism for it being bad, but because I like that, I like it. I'm not going to dock it too many points for that. Um, I think that it's a, uh, a very entertaining movie and, and I'm be honest, like I would probably watch this one over the other ones most of the time because it's just easy to watch. It's, 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 you don't have to think too much. It's, so it's good stuff. 
it's good stuff, man. Uh, and I loved the ending. Like, uh, Moods did talk me down on Omen 3 a little bit. And my original rating for that was an 8. Um, and I, he talked me down because of the ending. I forgot to mention that. But this one, nobody talked me down. I'm still coming in as high as I am. Uh, I give it a 7 out of 10. God damn. The highest rating ever given to the Omen 4. <laughs> well, you see what I give the Omen 5. God damn it. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I said, this one's a little bit nostalgic for me. Um, I used to watch it when it would be on TV, and I like it. I don't think it's fantastic by any means, but, um, I, you know, I kind of agree. If I had to pick through any of the Omen movies and I was, like, in a shitty mood or something, I would probably pick this one out of all of them because it's easy to just kind of throw on and watch and have fun with, and it's not super serious. Um I actually like the mom character in this movie too. I think she's kind of likable, but Faye Grant. Um, yeah. 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 I think she does a good job, but yeah, I, I dig this one. Um, I give this a 6.5 out of 10. Damn. All nice. Right. The All second right. highest rating ever go. Yeah, yep. So. <laughs> yep. All right. All right. So that is the Omen four. The Awakening. What's wrong, sweetie? It's just a church, that's all. She's sick. As cold as ice. What's the matter? Those other kids didn't want to play with you? They're afraid. Okay. So, moving into the remake era. Right in the middle. Wait. Are we not not doing the Omen 5? What is the Omen 5? (laughs) From 1995, the Jack Shoulder one. Are we? I, I mean, I watched it. Are you joking right now, dude? Where, no, where, the TV movie from '95. Where? I have no fucking idea. I laughed when you said that because I thought you were referring to the remake, bro. That's I thought he was too. That's why this I is a joke. Him. I'm looking this up. There's Wait, hold on. I'll, 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 listen, is that actually a fish? That's there actually there is an, another omen. I know that, but that's hold not. On. Click the click the link in the chat, you fucks. Bro, I'm already on here, and I know we've seen this one before. <laughs> This isn't the same type of movie, though. No, is forty-five it? minutes. What the fuck? Yeah, this is this is this is official. It's in the Omen documentary. So, I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> it's on our website. Oh shit! It is on. Hold on. Um. So actually, this, this is a real it's thing. Not a. Yeah, but technically it's not a TV movie. It's listed as a TV movie on IMDb. It's actually a pilot, in a, a pilot, an unaired pilot. Or no, it did air. It was a aired pilot for an Omen TV series yeah, that did not get picked up. I think I remember fucking reading about this a long time ago. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, they talk about it in the documentary. Um, it is a it, William Sadler stars in it. <clears throat> it's not good, and it doesn't really follow the omen at all it, it doesn't follow it at all um it follows a um epidemiologist who is trying to stop a demonic entity from unleashing a biological weapon at a saint patrick's day parade it is a saint patrick's day film though so mm-hmm. you can you can take that for what it's worth um it's the copy i watched was obviously like horribly like quality like visually just didn't look good um but yeah it's it's very forgettable like 
it feels it, it, it what they they were going for an anthology TV series. So every week it would be like something like a different story, like sort of Friday the 13th ish. Um, but it didn't really have much to do with the omen. Um, I did watch it. It wasn't, it wasn't anything special. All right, bro. But did you watch Damien, the TV series See, from, uh, 2016? I did watch it all 12 oh. episodes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but okay. no, I didn't know about that until we were doing the show. And I was like, <laughs> there was a fucking another TV series from 2016 for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. And this got one actually to follows 80, so. Damien like the whole time. Like it's, 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 it's a remake it's like a remake of the omen that's funny it says it's about him as an adult so. i can't believe i didn't even know about the tv so that's crazy huh yeah two tvc there's a tv pilot from 95 the jack shoulder directed and then there's uh the damn tv series that was on lifetime i assume you watched that mike that was evil episodes era yeah i know we started i don't think we watched the whole thing because we used to have a rule that like any new show we we had to give it at least like three episodes and the problem was that came out in the era when like there was just so much stuff to watch where like we kind of had to like decide like okay what are we actually going to fully cover and that did not make the cut yeah so there's a lot of omen out there (laughs) there's a lot of everywhere you turn there's an omen yes Mm -hmm. So on to the real fifth film of the night. <laughs> I yeah. just threw that in there because I thought dish. I was cool. That's really that's really bizarre. <laughs> I'm like, what about the one from Everyone 95? Went silent. <laughs> I thought he was like, fucking. Jo- I did, honestly had like, wow, that just blew my fucking shitter out. So <laughs> there we go. Wow. Okay. So let's um let's jump forward from the 90s again from 95 to 95 to 2006 with uh the omen remake uh directed by john moore um i think he's the guy yeah he is the guy that did max Payne. that's where i know the name from which max Payne sucked so not a horror background um synopsis it's an american official realizes that his young son may literally be the devil incarnate so um, this one, the most notable thing about this one was when it came out. And that was June 6th of 2006. And I remember it very fondly. I was in my friend's basement on a bed and he was on the couch and we were just like chilling. And we were like, hey, didn't that Omen film come out today? And it was like we were like talking about it because he's like <clears throat> telling me that like he read like uh on in the newspaper or something uh that like the night like that people were like doing crate because he was real religious but he was like they they were like you know getting abortions and all this stuff like trying to stop from having their baby on 666 and uh yeah like he was telling me all this stuff like where people are like um holding their pregnancies back like trying to induce labor early like a week early or like days early and stuff to not have their their date be on six six of oh six and i remember it was just like kind of a big deal like i remember hearing stories like yeah there was a baby born in um you know france that bit the the doctor when when uh, it was born and stuff. I remember hearing all the shit because right. like six six of oh six was like such a you know it's the mark of the beast. So all these religious people are telling you like and who knows like right now if there wasn't if there if the antichrist was born on on that date how old would he be? 
if it was born on 2006, it'd yeah. be or just turning 14. So he, it would be Damien from Damien too. So he would just now be finding out that he's the devil's son. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember the whole hype. Of, I mean, I, I I think that's honestly it was cool. I give them props for. It honestly, doing that. is a fucking mm-hmm. cool idea to actually do that to have the ability to release the omen on 666 that's that's really cool i mean it's it's a different story when the movie turns out to be an abomination <laughs> um but I, do, I i do give him pro i mean honestly man i i mean i use the term loosely don't get me wrong don't get me wrong okay so let's let's put this into a little bit of a perspective now if this was the very first omen film ever made would you consider this movie to be a decent movie? Yes. Because I would. It's actually mm-hmm. not that's, bad. That's the bullshit thing about certain remakes where you're like, well, technically it's going to be good no matter what because it's working with fucking a pre-written script. From it's great. An objective <laughs> you know what I mean? point It's of like view. Psycho, right? The Psycho uh, remake. It's like, well, they literally just made Hitchcock's film again. So it's like, technically, it's not a bad movie, but it's an abomination it, it, of an existence. It is a good mm-hmm. point, because that's exactly what I wanted to say. I mean, from, you know, that perspective, I mean, the movie is actually decently made. It does have its flaws. I mean, you know, with some of the poor CG and stuff like that. But objectively speaking, it's a, it's a decent movie. It's actually not bad. It has some pretty good cinematography. It actually has some really good shots, man. There's a really great shot of... Uh, when he meets up with the priest and um, you know underneath the bridge and stuff, it's it, it does have its really decent like atmospheric the moments. The snow that scene's really great too. Back in Italy or whatever, with the snow in the in the courtyard and stuff, that's another really good scene. I think the casting of Damien is really good too. I thought uh, you were gonna say no. He's actually really good. I think the only I miscast you were say Leave Schreiber because I was gonna <laughs> no no. I think no. I think the casting <laughs> of Damien's fine. I think Lee Schreiber, which I cannot see him as any other character besides cotton weary um, which is Julie, funny because that's not even a big character but me too yeah I, know. <laughs> I think it's because you know with lee shriver is that you know the very first thing i ever seen him in was the was scream you know he hadn't done much up to that point and it's very iconic of who he is and you know he played in all these you know stuff. what what sucks I can't is get now on that. my letterbox my most watched actor of the year is lee shriver <laughs> <laughs> It's yours too, probably. <laughs> I personally think that Julia Stiles is horrible in this film. Like Me some too. of her acting is fucking brutal, man. Like there's a scene where she's sitting on the couch and Damien's playing video games and stuff. And uh, Robert's, you know, talking to her and shit. And they're, they're having this back and forth. Like she's, you know, kind of pissy and stuff. It's just horrible. It's fucking terrible acting, man. Um, she seems way young, so for the world, and she does seem a little bit too young. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's always oh yeah, dude. She seems totally too young. It, 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 I'd maybe it's just because of the. Fr- I mean, I guess she's not too young to have a baby, but too, no, no. they're too young to be fucking the the ambassador of the fucking U.S. And like yeah. they're using like I agree. the script. I agree. Some of the script is exactly the script from the original. So some of the lines are saying sounds dated. Like they're trying to sound like how you would sound back in the seventies as like a forty year old. But like she's like she's like, I can't stand that racket or she's like, Isn't that <laughs> like, any injury? Strange, isn't it? Thank like you. it's just so proper. Thank you, Carly, for bringing that up because I actually have that written down too. 
um, not only did they do most of this movie is like shot for shot with the exception of a few kind of I would describe it as scene for scene it's yeah it's that's what I meant scene for scene shot for whatever yeah Mm -hmm. scene for scene works a lot better so it's scene for scene kind of thing Um, but they do man there's a lot of dialogue in this movie that's verbatim man it's literally word for fucking word and some of it doesn't work like the way she talks to the nanny about like you know, getting Damien ready to go to church and stuff. It's literally the exact same lines, but it comes out so piss poor. You're just like, ah, oh, man, people. So this c- is, I don't this know. This is the perfect example of the, I think Mike was kind of alluding this earlier, like of this era of films, just this glossy yep. look to it. Very it's polished. so weird. It's like, they all look like this back then. And I like some of it, like, Very like I said, the snow scenes and stuff like that. It does have a, a little bit of atmosphere, it's like dark, the color correction is way darker um, than it was in in this, like this whole film just reminds me of glossy darkness. Like I don't think there's any real light in this film. Um, but and Which normally a that's thing. a good thing. I uh, like that, but it just seems pointless. Everything feels flat in this. Like even with the the hanging, you know, Damien, it's all for you. The worst like, scene in the such film. a classic mm-hmm. moment. And it's just like, why did you do that? Like, do it a little bit different or something. So, because <laughs> well, I say the same thing in the Elm Street remake, right? When you remake exact scenes and they're not better, it just points out that they're not better. Yeah, that's yeah, the and, and that scene. If you're going to do a scene again, you got to do it better. That scene specifically this... too is a perfect example of if you're going to do it, you need to try to one up it. Not, I mean it's so bad because first of all when she jumps that rope way too fucking long way See, too long i kind of like that a little bit no, cuz there's more it's neck done, snappy it, thing it's done fucking poor i don't know man this, yeah, i just don't like it man bounces this, off the wall this remake it has a lot of uh missteps that were typical in that era where they would remake a movie try to modernize it but then also at the same time be like okay but we got to have this checklist of things because it's the omen and when they try to recreate things from the original it's like they lose kind of what was so impactful about those scenes in the original and they try to like add some more gloss or add some like more like longer shots on it or try to like add little things in it that are just so unnecessary and to me, like the way I approach remakes is like, is there anything? And I know they're their own movies, but hey, it's their fault for the being the ones that want to remake something. So it's like, is there anything about this movie that makes me like it over the original? And if not, well, too bad. Then I don't no, like the movie. No, there's really nothing in this. There's, that makes you know it. what else makes this movie a product of its time? I mean, obviously this has been a thing going on for a long time, but really kind of solidifies its time too when you know when you're making pretty much the same movie scene for scene and then you incorporate these nightmare scenes and they fucking put in these really cheap jump scares you know when she starts dreaming about the jackal and stuff like that they really are trying to cater to that time because these are very very blatant fucking jump scares and i'm just like you know what makes the original omen so good it doesn't have any of that gimmicky bullshit it plays off the Mm -hmm. atmosphere plays off you know just the pacing and just that build up, you know, it's just, it's a freaky ass film. It's, it's a horror movie. This one gets cheap at points. It gets really, really cheap with that type of moments. And it really solidifies itself at that time with the CG and and the shitty fucking, you know, jump scares and stuff, which don't need to be there. Like you just don't have to do that. Yeah. It's not that kind of a movie. And it feels like they didn't have, exactly. They didn't feel like their, the script or whatever worked 
Viking script they modified, they didn't feel like it was strong enough for modern audiences. Oh, let's throw in these little half dream sequences, these little jump scares. These little things that were so unnecessary. It's just like ridiculous. I'm like, that's not the kind of movie this is. And you shouldn't be. And if, I think what what gets frustrating is like when they try to halfway, like you guys say, scene scene for scene. It's like they kind of half want to do that, but then they're like, oh, but we also got to throw in this stuff because it's year whatever. I can't even remember what year it was made now, but uh, two thousand six. It's two thousand six. We got to have this flashy stuff in it too. It's like no, you don't actually. If you want to make that kind of movie, fine, go make that movie. But it's just this is why I, I usually you know i get annoyed with remakes in general and i know there's plenty of good ones so it's like i'm, I'm not trying to have that the debate about remakes overall but i love i remakes. just get skeptical I think well, remakes the, cool. the thing is i mean we've co- i've come to conclude that you know most people just you know they just automatically assume the remake's going to be shitty it's it's kind of inbred into them and stuff and a lot of people just talk shit on on remakes in general without really analyzing it properly which is kind of a problem because we've come to the conclusion, you know, when I say we, I mean, me and JP have talked about this. I've talked about this with other people too. And if you really sit down and look at the, you know, if you start comparing remake or, you know, the films and these remakes and stuff, there's a lot of really good remakes out there. You know, there is some bad ones. There is, there is some bad ones, but you know, in my, you know, you know, just, looking back on it there's almost more better remakes than there is you know well, i mean good remakes not better I, remakes than the original but there's almost no, no, i i agree there's a lot of really good remakes out there and they, they break, get a bad rap from shit like this this there's is some well, shitty no. ones like the hitcher and and shit but dude they're, yeah. no, I, no, no i'm I not saying there's that really there isn't good. bad ones i'm saying there's a lot of good ones no, but I think a lot of people just assume that remakes automatically are going to be shit like and some people just that's the way they go into it. it's like this is being remade fuck that movie you know well yeah no i dude i'm very pro remake (laughs) for me when it comes to remakes i usually have like skepticism i don't assume i used to be really bad with shitty but here's the thing like a lot of the good remakes it's like okay well what made like if you consider well i guess like cronenberg is a fly i think i don't like count count that era just so different because well, you're remaking is, a film from the 50s, you know what I mean? No, in the 80s. Well, it is a completely different era, but what I, what I see is something like The Fly. I think that it's, it's very driven by the director's passion probably for being a fan and wanting to have a different vision it's as opposed to a studio. Film. It's a special effect. Well, no, but it's also opposed to a studio itself being like, what can we do to make some money? Oh, I know. The Omen was big in the so 70s. You th- I don't think Cronenberg was like this massive Fly fan. Well, what would make him want to even make actually Cronenberg was actually the fly is actually responsible for his I mean, entire it, it, career. Heads, body horns. Unless, right? unless really? you're a fan, yeah. Of, unless you're a fan. Well, if you of look at Cronenberg's history of films, he does a lot of body horror and stuff like that, right? It's, yeah, but do you think that's because of the fly? Well, I think it could be. It's one of his influences. influences it's, it's it actually is. Yeah, that's why he. Remade but what I'm movie. saying is, like, the, I don't think that that necessarily makes or breaks a remake is if, if the person's passionate about the source well, material. It's not like, well, I mean, I think that can he get away sometimes because you want to do that film almost. You know what I mean? Like, I look at a film remake like Maniac, right? And it's like, you just took like the core concept and you did your own fucking thing and it turned out brilliant. Like, yeah, this, but that's, but that, that's because Elijah Wood wanted, like, as opposed to some big studio saying, hey, 
we want to like we, we want to do the maniac or maniac remake to make money. Let's just hire a bunch of people, slap something together, and put it out. And even that, I would say, a hundred percent doesn't automatically mean it's gonna be bad. But a lot of the remakes that are good, it seems like it's because they are passion projects of the filmmakers, and there's something deep rooted within them that want to recreate it and make it really good. As opposed, you're telling to, me John Moore wasn't passionate about the Omen. Did you uh, even watch the special features? Well, the, just put it just put I mean, it this way, man. I'm John Moore, I didn't watch him either. Hasn't yeah. been in, Wait, ha, didn't do any like horse. I can't imagine he was passionate about the. Who knows? He could have been a big Omen fan. Who knows? I doubt it though. I mean, he seems like he was hired on to direct this movie by the but, studios. Yeah, even if he was, even if he was, pa- I mean, he could have been passionate about it. But if it's very studio driven, the studio doesn't care. I mean, as opposed to these smaller films that were remade. It feels like they were driven by the creativity, and you know this. This film was definitely not driven by any creativity. Obviously, yeah. like yeah, but the, in fact, the only creativity that is there is probably influenced by the director. It's like the the atmosphere. Yeah, and the like biggest problem with this movie cool. is not the direction. It's, it's the, the fact script. that it's it's the script. It's literally the same movie as the original, but just not done as good. Right. Well, it feels like it came out of you know a factory floor. That that yeah. that well, type of movie. I mean, yeah, no, you're right. It, the studio even wanted it to be um, PG thirteen, but the director insisted on it being R. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and uh, he said people would suggest. Uh, he said that people would call it a cop out if it was PG thirteen. Which so I mean, he well, probably playing off the whole. The, fuck! What was it? Uh, prom night at the time. Uh, that was PG thirteen, and what was the other one? April, April Fool's Day. That was another PG rated film, I think, around the same time too. And those got just hammered on by uh, critics and shit, right? When so, a stranger calls. That was another one. So they were downplaying remakes at the time. So I, I, I don't blame them for being like, "Hey, we got to keep like, this shit legit." Like so. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call like John Carpenter's the thing, the same, like type I don't count situation as a Platinum Dunes remake where it's just a studio trying to throw something out there and oh we'll hire anyone who will do it because they'll do it for the money and make a piece of shit but put the name okay here's an okay but we those are so different though use a different comparison like the hills have eyes which came out in the same era you know what i mean i think that if you're going to compare the situations of remakes like it no the studios weren't remaking films for to capitalize on a popular thing in the 80s right they weren't they didn't remake the fly because they thought that property was very successful and they would make money because of that property so yes you're right they all the people that were making those films back then were making them for the creative purposes Mm -hmm. but when if you're going to compare them to something compare them to the films that were actually coming out at this time you know what i mean like the ones that were being because there are some you're right there are some that are like factory made like when a stranger calls and prom night, those feel very just studio capitalized on the April Fool's day. Um, stepfather's another one that's stepfather's stepfather's definitely. Oh, the fog is Um, another one too, actually. That one just is. There's a lot of bad films that were put out in a a very small time period. That window, that window of like, Oh six to like, you know, Oh five to Oh four to like Oh six yeah. or something like that. Yeah. The hitcher. I know that one's around there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I like that one. I like it. Amityville horror. Uh, I, it's like weak to me now, but think of like the good ones, right? Hills it's like Dawn of the, it's like the Dawn of the dead, like the Dawn of the Dawn of the dead. You know, I mean, 2004, I thought it was, you know, Dawn at that time was even my favorite horror film. And then the remake came out and I was like, yep, I actually liked it over time. Mm-hmm. Nope. 
depletes me. I, I, mean, I, I still even... like it. I, I do. I I cannot. Strong. I don't have the same feelings as I did before. Yeah, um, I think, dude. One of the things about seeing Dawn for the first time is that fucking opening. It's yeah. just so good. It yeah, is the opening's good. the best it, part it, of the movie to me now. It's the editing, man. I mean, it, oh, it's like the it's remake. Just so well executed. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The overhead shot. Yeah, of her like climbing out the window and shit. Yeah, yeah the yeah. opening credits um, when she runs out in the neighborhood and then gets yeah, in the car. No, it, and, yeah. yeah, it definitely is cool. But think of think of like other ones that came out in the area, like like I said, The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left. I think both of those are very solid Wes Craven remakes, and and I still think they were kind of studio driven, you know. So I don't think it's always if the studio is is the driving force. That's that it seems weird that a studio that a studio would be like last house on the left. We got to put that out. <laughs> like it seems like a weird one for. That's a remake I actually them. don't care for though. Really? No, I'm, I'm not. I've never been a big fan. I think it's you know it has elements that are okay, but I think you know it's another one of those cop outs because, um, like in the remake, one of the girls actually lives, and there's a ridiculous microwave scene, and fucking just. Well, the, the 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 microwave scene is sort of like a post end scene, right? It's like a final blah. But yeah, that that scene sucks. I hate the microwave scene, but I don't mind them changing the story. I kind of want that, you know. I don't no, want. But the I think what story. really the one thing that really works for myself in the Last House on the Left is that it is kind of it's kind of brutal in the fact that the girls, you know, they die. It's brutal. You know, in this one, they kind of save one of them, and I'm just like, ah, oh, fucking typical. Yeah, but still, outs. that violence that happens to them is still pretty awful. It is, it is. But I think what makes you know that movie kind of always stick in my mind is that wow, man, they killed off our fucking main protagonist here. It's kind of nasty. <clears throat> All right, so um, this yeah, one, I didn't, though, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent. But. <laughs> yeah, this one is just like it's painful because, like, okay. It's it, it's accentuated by the fact that we watch them so close together, right? Like, let's yeah. say you watch that this film. I think it makes it better um, for you know a real opinion on it, though, too, man, because you're directly comparing it to the original film, too. I mean, which you be, can't help. That's your intention, but you, but you if you're going to remake a film, take it by the burden itself. should be on the film to be better. I know, but if you but the thing is, though, in my I, you're right, JP. But in this in this this situation, though, where they have made a shot for shot remake. I think it's totally plausible to to compare the two because if you're going to do that and not change anything and not make your own. See, when we do Maniac and Maniac, you know, 80 and fucking 2010 or 12, 11, 13, 12. <laughs> I forgot that you're on it. Um, you know, it, it's different because like you mentioned before, it is literally its own thing. Takes a core idea, yeah. makes it all. I think it's, it's unfair. It's not fair to compare the two because they're two different movies. This is a perfect you're opportunity. Apples to apples. Yes, it, it, this is exactly. You're comparing one apple to the next apple, and they're the same fucking movie. Just one is very poorly executed. So, it, it's it's so interesting because, like, but honestly, if I if I did never see the original Omen, I would probably like this. Just like maybe I recently watched Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. I've never seen That's the why original. I opened up this review with saying that too. <laughs> what did right? you say? I said if the original Omen didn't exist, oh yeah, I this thought movie you were would be about good. Baby Jane. I was like, I was like, you. No, I mean, that's why I, I guess purposely opened up that with with stating that because I want people to understand that you know, yeah. coming from that point but, of view. But if you do watch them so close together, it really does point out like how much better the first one is. Exactly, tedious to get through the remake. 
it after is, watching. It, it honestly is. I remember people really liking this one when it came out, though. It's funny. I remember all my friends talking about it and saying how scary it was. You know, if you're going to do yeah. shot for shot, like, at least But do I heard you... the same thing about Amityville, too. The... See, I knew about the originals, and I had seen those back... Well, not the Omen, but, like, I had seen the original Amityville at the time. And... Still making a habit yeah. of watching remakes before the fucking originals. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? Are you kidding me? I think once you go back and watch the original one, you, you'll be like, okay. You might still but like it. Have the you other... seen the remake of Baby Jane? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, and you didn't like you thought it sucked. Well, I'd seen the original Baby Jane, and I was like, honestly, man, the dynamic in that film is it just... the same film? Like, is it the same thing? No, like, I don't know. It's similar. It yeah, it's similar from what I remember. Yeah, I mean hmm. the story. Yeah. Well, so. that that I mean that that might be a prime example of how like because the script is so good to start with, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're gonna like it no matter what. If you've never seen the original, yeah, it's been a but while. once you see the original, it's going to be like, boom, because I really like the remake of baby Jane, but of course I've never seen the original. Um, so anyway, yeah, this one, I don't know, man, the, I didn't think the kid was very good, honestly. Yeah, I actually I was not a fan. Was lame and didn't have any, um, charisma at all. Super annoying at the end too, when he's just like whining the entire time when the dad's <laughs> taking him to the place. I can't. And, uh, but he the, looks the, like a good you know Damien, what? though. The, the, yeah. I think, I, yeah. I, like, I don't even like, I don't know, the end shot where he, you know, recreates a shot where he turns around. I, I don't even think that's good or anything. I just think he's like. Yeah. I will say that I the posters know. and like all the, the promotional stuff for this one was really good. Like, yeah. I, oh, I think course. that the, the, the tra- even the trailer, because they have that scene with all the crosses on the houses that never made the movies, yeah. um, the upside down crosses, but it had good promotional stuff. I think for me, honestly, the worst part of this film is having to spend the entire time with Lee Schreiber as the lead. <laughs> I can't in, stand him. I can't stand looking at him. He looks fat from the face up, but if you see him from a distance, <laughs> he looks like a skinny dude. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Is that the same dude? And he doesn't have the screen presence of like... A lead uh, man. He doesn't have a lead, lead man, man type for like the role he's supposed to be as some big time guy. As too like, young it, too. It too young. Like the casting's horrible, man. I, I said that right off yeah. the start, man. Lee Shriver, Julia Stiles. What the fuck were they thinking, man? Like they're so bland, and uh, I don't know. Just the beginning yeah, scene, he's like crying. He, they're like, he's like, I lost my child, and he's just like. <laughs> yeah, the original. <laughs> like, so the last dance film, and fucking... Jim Carrey. I much would have rather seen that. Jim Carrey, you said? <laughs> yeah, he what? was originally the lead. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god. That's fucking That would have been interesting. I didn't yeah, know that. I'd rather watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they. Fuck, man. This what movie. about Mia? What'd you think of, like, Mia Farrow? See, I like that nanny. shout out to the rosemary like it's obviously done purposely with rosemary's baby mm-hmm. just oh, yeah. that kind of that kind of con- or that kind of angle and stuff I, I thought that was kind of cool her death was <laughs> was actually pretty funny in this one because it's that they, they changed that nanny death in the first one she gets stabbed i think in the head or the neck or some shit like that and um this one she gets fucking run over by the car which actually made me laugh out loud because it's just like so cg and shit. <laughs> but do you do you want to touch on the horrible zoo scene oh the oh, zoo yeah. scene. so in the, the, the cgi glass break shattering the, the, the spider film they're actually not in a car they're actually indoors this one, like they're in the in part of the zoo and they're looking at which aren't even i think it's just monkeys in this one isn't it a gorilla yeah, yeah gorilla oh it's been gorillas and stuff yeah, and they start attacking the uh, the glass, and it's just like CG broken glass. And she, oh, it's, it's horrible. so horrible! It's such a yeah. bad scene. It just has no. 
it doesn't have that same effect. I mean, knowing that you know that shit wasn't. Dude, you know what it looks like? It's even even crazier. But this is just that, it has no emotion to it. It's so bad. That that glass that glass spidering reminds me of like when you're playing like an arcade game in the arcade and like something comes up on the screen like to show that the screen's <laughs> fake breaking. Oh yeah, that's yeah. how bad it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, did, did, is it me or like did they like? plan on possibly post converting this to 3d or something because i feel like some of the shots were like that weird like intentional 3d look that you get like mm-hmm. i'm like this looks like this shit was supposed to be in 3d or something uh, man i never noticed but no yeah like when the pole falls and stuff you get a pov like of it yeah. falling through the air and stuff hmm. and and like that glass and stuff i it just i don't know there's something about it it almost seemed like it was supposed to be 3d or something but and then you got that what's the what do you call them snoke oh yeah uh for, for anyone i guess listeners have who's seen some of the new star wars movies the character of snoke the dude in the hood in this one looks like pretty much like him which was pretty looks shitty yeah, I was just like, "What the hell is?" I, I know. Going I was like, on? "What the?" Fu-? I was like, "Why is this here?" <laughs> I, this is one of the hardest films to really like. I don't know what to really rate it, honestly. But um, I do. You know what's fucking lame, man? Is the scene the with well, the whole movie? I mean, the fact. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, like you're doing shot for shot, but then you're changing certain things. Like you downplay the mom's death, you know, in the hospital where she doesn't fly out the window in this one. She gets suffocated, but in like in such a cheap way too it's like hand over the mouth and she fucking dies i'm like what the fuck that was lame i thought the scene where you know julia styles um gets uh basically tossed from the banister and this really horrible cg scene <laughs> where she's oh, falling yeah. to the ground mm-hmm. she's kind of looking out it's just like, like the way the fall looks oh it, my the God. way the fall it just looks so bad um, I think the only fucking memorable thing I took from this movie is when in the beginning of the film, when they kill, when the forces kill the ambassador, the ambassador dies in his car. Uh, he gets flooded with gasoline and he explodes. But right before the whole shit kind of goes down, he looks at his clock or he looks at his wristwatch and it says uh, six minutes, it's six after six and six seconds. And then he gets fucking yeah. blown up. I thought that yeah. was, I thought that was actually relatively cool. Because it's different, it's actually a completely different scene um, than anything that was in the original film. So they, they you know, they, they did a couple original things. You know, they start out the film in Italy with uh, with the priests and the disciples and stuff. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit of things going on there. So it starts out a little bit different, but then completely just turns into the same film besides that ambassador kill. So this is a tough one, man. This is a really tough one because I personally can't stand this movie. I think it's <laughs> like, I mean, if I'm going to watch an Omen film, I'm watching the original film. I just, I hate the fact that this movie is exactly. I'm watching Omen Four. <laughs> I, I I think the pro, like for me, you know, again, it's that whole argument with Psycho. You know, Psycho is like shot for shot, scene for scene, kind of thing, and you know, it, it doesn't. It, it's not technically a bad movie, but everyone hates it because it's the same fucking thing. It's what we have here. It's pointless. And I think that's what it really comes down to. This movie, to me, just seems completely pointless. And I think the only reason why this movie was even made was to capitalize on 666, the date 666. We have to do this. You know, this is really the... This is the the absolute meaning of producing a movie strictly to promote it to make money. They didn't give a shit at the end product of this. It didn't matter what the end product was. They could have made the shit shot on video. 
the promotion was so fucking good in this movie. The movie was so damn good itself. I mean, the promotion was so damn good itself. It could have been shot on Betamax. It could have been shot on Betamax and people would have ate that shit up and went and seen it. Still would have made money regardless because of that damn promotion. Smart on their part. You know, in our world, it's, I mean, it's very transparent. We can see right through that bullshit. And, you know, as watching movies with critical eyes, it's, it's, it's shitty compared to the original you know so it's just mediocre that's a problem and it's like why why even strive to make a remake if you're just going to put out a mediocre product yo motherfucker it it seems it seems to yo. be it seems this to be this fucking dude did, they didn't even get it they didn't even hire anybody to write the script see unless the same <laughs> dude wrote this unless he came back and wrote it in which case he fucking pulled one over them because he just gave them the same thing. The same is this the same writer as the original? Yeah, it is. I never oh. even noticed. Actually, no, I did notice that, but I, I never thought about it. Maybe they just used the original script and then gave and him just fucking did, credit. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure they built it right off the original script. Well, there's literally nothing different. I think different. they wrote another script, dude. I think they literally just used the same script and had to give him writing credit for it. Yeah, man. I mean, it makes yeah. complete sense, right? Holy shit! Yeah, I actually Someone noticed was the same if they writer, did but... have him rewrite the script, he fucking totally fucked him because he just gave him the same exact. He just Someone... went, made, he you... went to his desk drawer. He's like, "Where is that old fucking?" He wrote the opening scene a little bit different, and and uh, the ambassador's death was different. And he's like, "Oh, there we go." Yeah, like, <laughs> he just erased the front of it and just and just fucking gave it to him. Is like, yeah, it fuck took me all week. <laughs> I think we got something really new and good here. No, it took me all weekend. It took me all weekend to do wipe the dust off of it and shit. All weekend, like dust. It's the same. He's got a Swiffer out, and he's fucking literally dusting it off. Like, oh man, shit, that took me all in five minutes. Yeah, I don't know if he wrote. The, if he rewrote it or they just re- like they literally used the same script and just gave him the writing credit oh dude that's so fucking stupid but that that is the fucking that's literally sums up the whole movie right there that conversation we just had <laughs> yeah pretty yeah. much right yeah pretty much oh that's so funny that is ridiculous but um <laughs> this is so stupid <laughs> like damn bro they used like the literally the same exact fucking script man <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up <laughs> i was just gonna say um during like that scene where the mom is killed in the hospital doesn't she like do something to her iv and that's what actually killed her yeah like, they, it, they they put some poison or some shit no in she IV like or... gives her she like puts air in it so the blood like goes in and then there's like an air bubble wow like, oh that yeah. actually grosses me out a little yeah, bit like actually, it wasn't just and, and then and then basically yeah, it suffocates her in your blood and yeah that like her. that's the type of shit bothers me so that was like the only yeah like yeah. Decent part but i mean you either. know in the original film i mean she goes flying out the fucking window and yeah i mean brutal. it's much better. It's such a better scene man mm-hmm. they were out of budget at that time i guess from all the rewrites <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm surprised they didn't they didn't just start like patching in footage from the original <laughs> <laughs> like corona zombies fuck <laughs> oh, alright uh, is it time is it fucking uh, time with this piece of shit it is time yeah 
think it's back to Mike now. Yeah. Uh, well, this was my least favorite out of all these ones. So it's getting the lowest rating. It's a five. I say there's no real re- – I mean, other than curiosity, you've got a pretty good one through four to uh, add to your collection or just watch or whatever. Um, there's no reason for this one, not really, unless you want to see how not to do a remake. So five out of ten. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, it's me. Oh, okay. You're, it's you. Oh. Um, sorry, I didn't say anything because I was thinking. Um, all right. What did you think about? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what to give this film because I'm gonna be honest. Like the whole argument of like, well, if I just seen it by itself, I I, I don't think I would have loved it though. Honestly, I th- still think I would think it's not that good. You know what I mean? I I think that I would be like, oh, it's all right, but I definitely yeah. wouldn't be like, oh man, like how I felt when I watched The Omen. That's the original. Exactly. I think you explain it well right there like if if this was the only omen that there was you might not hate it but would you think of the omen as such like this great movie probably no. not. and that's saying something because i i saw hitch i saw i never admitted this but i saw gus van zandt's psycho before hitchcock's and i loved it <laughs> but that was just because it was a really good story you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, so uh yeah but, you know, th- th- this, I don't think that would be the case. I really don't. Like, I think fucking Schreiber, Shriver sucks. I think uh, the it visually, like weary. some stuff. I, I did like some of this visual. Like, I th- I like the snow atmosphere. I really did. But honestly, like, I don't think it's a good movie even because the, the, there's all these casting missteps and, and just a bunch of bullshit, man. It's just it just feels it just feels cheap and and not really and the, the even the kills right like that's that's a big difference too right all the kills suck all of them mm-hmm. so right there that takes a huge step down the script being the, exactly the same might be okay you know what i mean well like, the decapitation scene script. wasn't over at least that was probably the best use of cg that they had in the film I mean, if I had to put one moment of decency, I kind of like the way it went down, you know, the fucking thing swinging down and it locks them up. Conceptually, it was not a bad kill, but it was just painfully obvious that it was like overly CGI'd like like that. Mm. That's a problem, like especially for a beheading. Like, I mean, I know it costs money to do practical effects, but that even the way they did it, it costs money to do CGI, but they but they used to do it, though. Like, Here's I mean, the thing about the practical effects. People say, well, it costs money. It's not about the money that they're worried about. It's the time that it takes to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they care about, the time, which I guess yeah. time is. And if you don't get it in like the first shot, it's like, oh, we got to <laughs> But see, that you group. lose something in filmmaking. And I've said this before, too, when you go to digital versus film, because when, when, when you're f- shooting film as the uh, you know pr- film canister is like... <laughs> Like that's money burning, you know what I mean? But digital, you can shoot all day. But when you could shoot all day, it sometimes eliminates the importance of the shot. You know what I mean? No, it, so, it eliminates the. That was a good it, film. It eliminates the Im- importance of. Uh, you know what it does though? When you go from from film to digital, it eliminates the dailies. And I think dailies was a big help in making good films because you had a bunch of people sit down that were important to the film. You still get dailies with digital. Yeah, but I mean, fuck, dude. It's not the same. You're not sitting in a theater watching them, probably. You're sitting at a laptop. 
Exactly. Um, it's not the same process. I think it, it was taken. I mean, like you said, you can just keep shooting and shooting and shoot. You got like a millions of things. You think they look at all those things? Probably not. Like all the, well, yeah, too, okay. but also like, think about it, right? You're setting up your shot. <clears throat> you know that you, you know, you only have one or two shots because you don't have time, the money to do more than one or two. So you make sure everything is perfect and we yes. got to nail it guys. We got to right. nail it. That's but right. you go into it all half-assed when you can shoot it over and over again until you get it right. And that I think that you lose something a little Plus bit there. Same thing looks. goes with practical effects. The same uh, argument is you have to make sure it works right because you only get one go at it. You you have to make sure that it looks right. Like you, if we're going to explode this head, we only got one of them. We got to make sure we get it right. Well, depending but on what in, your budget is too. Well, I mean, yeah, so, I'm sometimes saying, yeah, but there was more of like a, you know, we have to try to get this. Sh- thing to work you know one or two or maybe three or four times but with cg it's like eh, we'll do it in post you know what i mean and that it just ruins the 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 creative aspect of it which usually it makes it look shitty plus your whole shit looks better on film let's face it film yeah plus plus the guy that's doing the effects when he's like at the computer is probably someone who like honestly doesn't give that much of a fuck. Of course he doesn't. Versus, man. He's like, just Tom he's Savini covered paid blood to do like, it. trying to do shit for his boy George Romero versus the editor of the digital effects who might have never even met the director. Exactly. And they usually don't. And it's not always the case. I know that job's important and it's hard too, but you know, just in general. Anyway, yeah, the I, Omen I know remake, what it's like. <clears throat> I I don't even want to give it a passable score. Um so I'm not I'm I'm going to give it a 4. Um, well, I mean, I gave the, uh, part for the awakening of four, four for a four. Um, you can't go higher on this one, asshole. So <laughs> exactly my point, man. I, I really was just, I was squirming while I was watching this shit, man. It's just like, oh, and I kept saying it's so pointless over and over again. That's the worst thing. You can ever just say like pointless, and pointless. it's two hours pointless. Yes, too. it's just fucking. There's nothing here that's engaging. You know, it, it, seeing it, you know, in better quality. Um, yeah, this this is this is oof, man. After doing this, this is a remake I absolutely loathe. This is a yeah, shitty probably, fucking honestly, movie, man. This is I. I think my least favorite remake ever is The Fog. Oh, and I don't so even bad. like the original Fog all that much, but that one remake my, sucks. It's like my second, third or favorite <laughs> Carpenter film. <I> love <laughs> but it. Th- this remake, I'm with you. It's literally probably one of my least favorite ever. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, give it a three out of ten. Um, I can't go higher than a four, so I'll give it a three. You know, I mentioned a couple things I liked about it, but uh, it's very far in between. Pointless. I give it a pointless out of ten. Oh wait, we skipped Carly. <laughs> a P. I give it a P. No, because I'd be passing some language. Fuck. Oh, we skipped Carly. Okay. Um. Yeah. Eh, it doesn't. So matter. first I mean, you tried to skip me, and then you guys skipped. Yeah. For some reason, right. I thought Carly gave a rating. I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know. <laughs> it's all right. right. Um. Fuck you. Um. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Dude. Fuck you. I Are get you the last. Fuck a you. Relationship Shh, fuck right you. Now? Fuck you. Okay. Fuck you. Dude, stop. Come they're on. Gonna have, they're gonna have the SS. The Skype. Yes. 20 who, who won 22 fuck yous of moves 22 fuck yous and then ends up in skype sex anyway this movie sucked um major dick um <laughs> Speak i think that. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the, you know, it's horribly casted or, you know, horribly acted. The script is obviously the same. It's super outdated. The freaking effects suck. Everything about this movie sucks. I would never want to watch this again. I don't own it. I don't plan on owning it. Um, I gave it a three out of ten just for being a watchable a, a movie, I guess. Man, our ratings were pretty much the exact same. What'd you say? A three out of ten? Yeah. You're like, yeah. it had a beginning, middle, and end, so it's a movie, but that's yeah. not it. <laughs> it, it, uh, it only misses the pain by 0.5, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shit, now I feel like I raised it. I forgot, I forgot about the Hall of Pain, actually. <laughs> what, what did you give it, I feel, I feel like. That? What did you give it? A four? I gave it a four. I feel like this deserves to be in the Hall of Pain, so oh. I'm like, gosh, I, I went too high. It's not too late to change it, man. You can change <laughs> no, that I shit can't to do three. that. I can't. I can't. The fuck did you give it a four, man? What do you give it? Mike gave it a fucking five. <laughs> God damn it, you two. Because I don't do number ratings usually, so I'm like five sounds bad enough, and then I'm like, wait, you guys are going even lower. I was like, and well, with our I logic, have all this, I have all the same criticisms as you guys do, Listen, so I'm like, damn. Uh, if you change your rating for Omen four to a six. I'll change this one to a 3.5. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> See, well, the thing is about a 5 out of 10, like, for me, it doesn't have to be for you, but my logic is, like, 5 is middle ground, so it's just average, right? I, I would See, I've not I've changed a little bit where I think 7s are good films and under are, like, dirt to not dirt. No, but, like, I mean, average is not a good thing, though. Like, you don't no, – no, wants no, to be not. average. Like, what you kind of girl wants to We're be average? Under we're under the average on IMDb. All of us. Wow, Riley, what's the IMDb average? 5.5 Holy out of 10. fuck, it does have wow. a 5.5. I never even noticed that. That's <laughs> a lot of people that haven't actually seen Omen, I guess. Yeah. The original. It's, yeah, it's it's all the millenniums that have never... Wow, the Omen was a really good original film. <laughs> fuck off. Okay, so I think this has gone on long enough. Um, I don't know how many hours we're into this, but it has been a while. It has mm-hmm. been many, many hours. Um, I, I'm really liking the fact I'm remembering the end of the show to this week. It's pretty cool. I have to go back and completely re-listen to myself slurring my words. I, in fact, I didn't drink at all. All the, the only thing I drank tonight was a lot of water, hence a lot of peas I had. So, uh, Carly, I want to thank you for coming on the show. You did an excellent job as you usually do. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. It was fun. No problem. You're right. There is another documentary, uh, Omen Prophecy Fulfilled. Yeah, that one, The Prophecy Fulfilled. And Mike, thank you for not falling asleep. I guess it's because we didn't do any dub-dub-dubs tonight. I so. mean, it's only about to be 10 o'clock our time, so it's it's way earlier than usual. Yeah, it is. Could man. you imagine if we did this show at midnight? Dude, it would be a 7 a.m. right Dude, now. we literally seven hours we've been recording for. Well, yeah, we've been on Skype for seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, spent an, we spent a good hour pre-gaming. Uh, nope, Two. six hours and fifteen minutes. So, oh, so that's the Skype call right now. It's that's the time that we got on. We've been recording for I don't know what I don't know how many because I did this in different files. So I have no idea how long it's going to be. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> Let's uh, continue on with our Friday nights. I guess you guys are probably going to bed because it's early. Yeah, I, gotta I mean, late for much. you. It's early for us. But so JP, you want to take us out here? Yes, yes. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed the Omen discussion. Uh, it's a fun franchise for me. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the reviews. Check it out if you have never seen the Omen. And uh, follow us on all the social medias, 22 Shots Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, slash group, slash 22 Shots Podcast. Also, 
the Patreon, you could hop on there and watch our 11 through 25 or 25 through 11 countdown of 85 moves and follow his and hers movie podcast if you would check that out me and carly show uh check out fresh cuts and um no more room in hell and check out moods youtube channel mood 616 mine double shot j and we'll see you guys next time deuces later peace <sighs>